Who are you? A friend, or lover, or wife. Kate. Had a boy. Except I'm Faith now. Part of the makeover. What are you doing here? Remember our wedding day, Duncan? I do. The way we danced. I felt like we were flying. Of course, we did come down. Didn't we? Somebody order a club sandwich. Welcome to the Highlander Rewatch Podcast, the podcast where each and every week we talk about another facet of the Highlander universe. I'm one of your rewatchers. I'm Keith. This is Kyle. This is Eamon. Two, two things. One, I don't actually remember when that line happens, so someone's going to need to remind me. Oh, and it's two, the part where Duncan's in a deli. And the- yeah. he orders a club sandwich. Mm-hmm. Uh, and also, like, the thing that makes a club sandwich a club sandwich is that it has a middle layer of bread, right? Yeah. It has three layers there's of bread. Three, okay. There's la- layers, right? Why? Layers. Like, you... is that ever really necessary, or is it just like a thing? Oh, I see. Like, there's no like, str- like if you took out the middle layer of a club sandwich, it would just be like a big sandwich, like a Dagwood. Like the the difference between a Dagwood and a club sandwich is the middle piece of bread, maybe. Right? Maybe I don't oh. know. Mm. Also, oftentimes I feel like a lot of club sandwiches I see, like they're not so big that like the third piece of bread seems to add anything to my experience. Adds more bread. Adds more bread, I guess. Love those I carbs, love more right? bread. That's right. Well, here Cargo we are load. talking about sandwiches. Yeah. Highlander and club sandwiches. That's right. <laughs> That's our favorite character, Cracker Bob. That's right. Uttering that line. Do you guys have a favorite sandwich oh, you like? See, that, that expo- Sorry, Kyle, I was like, what? go ahead I, I was using club as like a verb like do you like to like which sandwich would you like to club like like to take no. out just remove with, yeah to like, just like clubbing it like a seal no like you, you're like you know what this ham and cheese sandwich would be great with an extra piece uh, of bread like i've clubbed it Ooh. or peanut butter and jelly right yeah yeah for me it's like a turkey it's a turkey based deployment turkey it needs based? to be like the, the meat itself needs to be neutral enough that like I want a lot of it, and like, it it'll it'll be tall. You know it'll what I mean? It'll be tall. Okay. Mm, it'll be tall. It'll be tall. Very Dredge good. Tall. Well, I'm glad we learned all about. So that explains why I didn't remember because most of my reviews of this have been of the theatrical cut in which Cracker Bob says zero lines. <laughs> mm. So that would explain why I did not remember that line. A club sandwich. Mm-hmm. It's because he has a baseball bat. Yeah, this character which fights is... with a spiked bat, which notably is a weapon that's incapable of decapitating something. Yeah. <laughs> yep. But I digress. Yep. yep, we'll talk about it. Uh boy, oh boy. Okay, so um before we get into a recap of our previous four episodes, 
uh, let's play the old catalog game. Let's right. do it, baby. So the way this works. Uh oh, I didn't actually bring it up on my thing. I can't believe it. I blew it, guys. I oh blew, my goodness. I my first question it. is, how dare you? I am. I'm upset about it too because you know. Uh, but why don't you tell uh, our listeners about how they can view the Highlander Rewatch podcast, podcast, oh. YouTube, etc. Oh, you can find it. If you want to listen to us, you can find us wherever you get your podcasts. But recently, since the onset of this pandemic, we've been recording them. So you can either go on Facebook or on YouTube and find us. You can watch our smiling faces. That is probably the optimum way to view these episodes, because especially as part of our endgame coverage, we've been showing a lot of clips from the movie. They are all baffling. They are all nuts. Uh, buckle up. We'll do our best to describe them for the people who are just listening, but you know, seeing is believing when it comes to this uh, monstrosity. <laughs> Very That's good. Right. Which, right. Not unlike whatever monstrous image we're about to see in this catalog. Oh, I, I I cannot wait. The reveal of this is going to be so good. There are two pictures I'm going to show you. So the way the catalog game works, uh, this is your first episode, is I'm going to read an item description out of the Highlander catalog. Kyle and Eamon are going to do their best to try to guess what the price uh, of that item is. If they guess within 20%, uh, higher or lower, uh, they get my respect for the rest of the episode, and they get to give their opinion first, uh, which is what a treat. What a treat, right? What a Everyone treat, Everyone cannot indeed. wait. <laughs> so um, today I'm going to be reading out of the 1996 catalog again, uh, and we may have covered this item before. This might be a different description, and certainly there's going to be a different picture that accompanies it. So this is only Ooh, part baby. of the picture. Uh, some floppers. Yes, yeah, so you got some floppers there, right? What do you think right. of, uh, look at all the rocks and stuff. We talked about that last time, that the aesthetic of this catalog is so different than the others, that like everything is staged like it's jewelry or something. Like, I don't, I don't know. I, I don't know what you would call this, uh, like desert aesthetic or whatever, but it's something, Got it's it. a choice. Uh, oh boy. This right. is, it looks, it looks like what? fruity pebbles. It oh, looks yeah. like the bottom of a lizard cage. Yeah. All right. Putting a Especially seed... with the floppy disks yeah. involved in this beautiful image. Good I, God. I like right. that the floppy disks are spread out like a like a hand of playing cards. That's right. We gotta be able Dealer. to see them all. Yeah. Also, I don't know how big a, a floppy disk was. Uh yeah. Is it, is it like how much? Do you remember? I'm trying to remember. Oh, uh well, I guess there are different kinds. There were like bigger kinds, but then these kinds, I think they just fit into like the palm of your hand, right? I didn't mean like how like large they were. Oh, I mean like, like the, how much the, data. The, like yeah, the these data? are what, like oh, three I don't and a half uh, yeah. floppies or whatever they were called. Is it like three megabytes? Is it even less than a megabyte? I don't remember. Ooh. Three point uh, five sounds right to me, but I also could be getting that confused with inches. All right, who wants to? Well, prices write this. Keith and Amon, how much data was stored on the average? Could be stored on the average floppy disk. I'll say five megabytes. I'll Amen. say three. The answer, 1.44 megabytes. Holy crap. On the wow. average, three and a half inch floppy disk. So every photo my camera, my phone takes is bigger than an entire disk. Yes. Sweet. That's amazing. It's Wonderful. All right, so here we go. I'm going to read the description for the Highlander screensaver, item number 153 out mm. of the Highlander 1996 catalog. Your computer patiently awaits your commands day after day, week after week. An eternity of patience. It deserves some excitement. Wow, this is, what? Uh, now, with your command, it becomes a warrior at the ready. Give it some muscle, give it the fury of the quickening, and the what? action of battle with the what? blockbuster Highlander screensaver. 
Blockbuster Highlander screensaver. Morph through hundreds of production stills from Highlander movies and television series. Select from three movies, the television series, or computerized action scenes. Witness the quickening. Wow. wow. Good God. Yeah. Computerized action scenes? What does that mean? Uh, I... Would you like to know? Would you yes. like to know the accompanying image? I have not seen this in forever. Uh, this this is like my favorite Highlander image ever. Everybody buckle up. Let's see it. It's not changing. Why isn't it changing? There what? we go. There we go. It, oh my god <laughs> what <laughs> what what let's what talk about this, is this like highlander tron or whatever this is reboot this, this is, is amazing this this is an actual uh this is production art for the, the highlander reboot guys yeah so for for the our, our listeners wow. it, duncan mcleod is <laughs> in, his, in his famous sword holding stance and part of his body is like a computer like wireframe. Uh huh. Yeah, as it's all being struck by lightning. Uh huh. In particular, his left foot is really getting yeah. it. Oh, but boy. like it looks like it's burning through his clothes. This is nuts. This is ghastly. <laughs> and if Keith zoom in on his hands again. Uh yeah, the cutouts. Yep. Yep. So like, this is really bad. Like Photoshop lasso tool. Like. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. They, they, they the end game <laughs> poster is better than this shockingly this is, this is something right oh my it's god literally at least the end game poster looks like a thing look at yeah. look at duncan's like computer abs and stuff right? yeah he's they're, got computerized abs added in this is crazy. they're very erotic it is very erotic wow i love and it. it's like yeah this is great i want this on a t-shirt <laughs> on a t-shirt <laughs> this would be good on a t-shirt wouldn't it yeah it would be good i want this tattooed on my body that can be arranged. Okay. Yeah. Do you want this tattooed on your entire body? Like, yes. I like you need to have a wireframe mm -hmm. all over. I would love yeah. it. This Whoa. is amazing. So, I'm is in. this on the screensaver? Like, I you get so. this Duncan computerized Duncan. Why would you? Yeah, guess... Why would you pick this image over other images? I don't know. I don't just either. a blank screen. I don't know. <laughs> I don't understand. So, what did they? What did they refer to it as? They called it a computerized action scene. Ooh, I love it. <laughs> good, good. Well, Eamon, you get to guess first. How much would you pay in 1996 for the Highlander screensaver? Oh, my God. I, I have to imagine this is expensive, uh, but I've been overshooting it. Yeah, you guess like $60 for that watch. Uh, yeah. Well, that was high-quality watch. Mm -hmm. uh, I'm going to say $40. All right, $40 for a screensaver. Kyle. I'm gonna guess $24.99. All right, $24.99. Eamon, you are the winner with $40. Oh. This uh actual retail price was $35. Wow. This is more expensive than the watch. More expensive than the watch. Uh today you would pay the price of $58 for this screensaver. Very good. Computerized action scenes, man. Look at that. I wonder what else. Does it like I want to see the rest of these? Right? Yeah. So if Good anyone dog. out there uh, has access, like I think I have the screensaver, but I've been able to get it to work. So if anyone has any of the images from it, especially the computerized action scenes ones, like get yes. them over to us because these are incredible. And yeah, is, they should definitely go on a t-shirt. Uh, it is very reboot, but it doesn't. It don't like the proportions are wrong. Like it doesn't look like his legs are like. 
matching up with the rest of his body. No, and like it looks like he's got like the Batman the animated series shoulders that are way, <laughs> yeah. too, way too wide, right? Yeah. That's wow. amazing. Good find. So congratulations, Eamon, on guessing it right. You have gained my Thank respect you. and you get to give your opinion at the end of Ooh. the episode. So I can't wait to hear that glowing opinion. Who, yeah. Who All right. So now we're wait. in episode five now of our coverage. Uh, we've gone through our trailer reaction plus, uh, I don't know, about like 15 minutes of the movie so far. It's been longer than that. Uh, so why don't we recap what has happened so far? Uh, we get an exciting, boring uh, open. Exciting, boring. I just said we get a very boring opening credit sequence mm-hmm. where it's just clouds. Uh, Duncan buys a hot dog. Mm-hmm. Uh, Rachel, Rachel blows up, blows to hell. Right? She's done. So, yep. uh, what else happens? Uh, Connor's is... mom also blows up. <laughs> That's yeah. right. Uh, in a flashback, we meet Jacob Kell, who apparently doesn't care about the rules of the game, and he and his group of like his world's lamest motorcycle gang uh destroys what may be a monastery probably not right a sanctuary if you will uh duncan has bad dreams about this event connor Mm. has apparently placed himself in the protective custody of this sanctuary and we are led to believe that hell has killed everyone Mm -hmm. and And neither knew about it and there's a mysterious woman who calls duncan on the phone we don't know who that is, and some watcher is following Mac around. We don't know what mm. that's about. Nope. So that's where we are. Great. Great. All right. So let's continue with the movie. Uh, so our next cut after I guess what what happened in the the previous scene? This was Duncan met with Mythos, and yes. Mythos like told him finally like what is the sanctuary. So the final scene we got was like explaining that people take themselves like out of the game, right? And that the sanctuary has been annihilated. Annihilated. Uh, like Mortal Kombat. Um, Mortal Kombat annihilation. That's right. So now we get a smash cut to Mac is like flying to New York City. And so we get some like Mac's in a cab. Uh, there's mm-hmm. some like some stock footage, uh, I guess, is so, used. Although I, I think from the, the commentary, they, they did film in New York, which is yeah shocking to me that like more is not filmed there. And it's just like driving around in a cab. Although I guess yep. I can kind of see why that's the only footage you can get. Like, yeah. hey, do we need a shooting permit? Maybe not. I don't know. <laughs> we can probably get away with it. One thing I actually forgot to mention uh, during the last scene, during the Mythos exposition, mm-hmm. is a difference between the theatrical cut and the... Uh, producer's cut. The producer cut being the DVD version, the theatrical cut being what's on HBO right now. So, as you may recall, in the theatrical cut, the opening scene where Duncan McLeod orders a hot dog and they have, he has like this awkward interaction with Connor Mm -hmm. does not start the movie. Some of that footage is punched in to the description uh, that Mythos gives of the the sanctuary. Hmm. Um, where all of a sudden Mac has this interaction with Connor where he goes like, I've never seen you like this, but we don't actually, in, in the context of this cut, we don't actually see what Connor is doing. Right, he, right. It's like, I've never seen you like this, Connor. And Connor goes like, people change, Duncan. And that's the end of the flashback. And that is punched into that. <laughs> that. It is insane. Uh, so, Watch so I thought that happened after the conversation with Mythos. It actually happens in the middle of it. Uh, so that was technically also New York footage, which is what reminded me to mention it. Good. 
All right. Uh, so Mac is like looking out the window. I mean, part of me like likes the use of voiceover here, weirdly. Like Mac's driving around while he's being driven around. Uh, and we hear some dialogue with him and Connor talking about like Scotland and how the English have ki- like destroyed all the clans. Uh, and then like, I guess Connor's saying like, it'll always be Scotland and Mac will get to go back one day. And like, mm. as soon as he said that line, I was like, oh, is that going to be important to the movie? Like going back to Scotland? Like it seems important enough, uh, at least the way it's presented here. Like, that might be thematic. No. Nope. Said. No, it is, it is not. not. Uh, so this triggers a flashback. So we go Watch to you back. <laughs> Kildare, Ireland in 1712. What happened? So Duncan and Connor come across uh, some, some damsels in distress. Right. Yes. And uh, uh, all right. <laughs> go so. on. Oh no, we're we are about to meet our spe- a very special guest star, we are. WWE superstar, The Edge. The real right? baby. Now we did not talk about his IMDb credits no. earlier. I don't know if we want to take this opportunity now. That Why don't you tell us a little bit about The Edge? I have some stuff I'd like to share as well because he is what a guest star, a special guest star. Yeah, the what Edge a special guest is a, uh, a former WWE champion who, like so many wrestlers, uh, attempts to make the transition into film. Uh, and oh boy, has he been in some absurd films? Uh, wow, I don't know of, about this. I didn't look at his credits. This is exciting. Well, the most notable one that everyone should just go see—it's available for free on YouTube. You won't—it won't be a waste of ninety minutes. Is the movie Money Plane, starring? Ooh. Oh, that's right. He's other, in that. Huh? I forgot he's in that. Yes, he is in fact the main character of the film Money Plane, which uh, also boosts. I'm sure they only got him for one day each, but Kelsey Grammer and Thomas Jane are both in that film somehow. Wow. Uh, the Edge's real name is Adam Copeland, by the way. Uh, you could also see him in a WWE made some of its own movies back in the day, uh, as a way of like helping promote these crossovers. Uh, so he's also in a, a film called Bending the Rules with Jamie Kennedy, in which uh. the Edge plays corrupt cop, uh, <laughs> Nick Blades. <laughs> God damn it. (laughs) He has to team up with Jamie Kennedy, who is a district attorney. (laughs) Some bad guys. Wow. Um, I I, I have some just like info on the edge I'd like to read. Uh, Oh, by all means. So this is is the edge or just edge? I think it's just edge. Oh, it's just edge. I I suppose it is just edge. All right. The edge is in you too. Uh, Oh, you're right. That infinity guitar, man. That's right. Bono and the Edge. Watch that video of him falling off the stage. <laughs> Very good. Then watch the video of Kelsey Grammer falling off the stage. All good. They're all great. Uh, so all this is from Wikipedia, together. and it says, Edge utilizes the spear as his finisher. WWE Ooh. announcer Michael Cole praised the psychology Edge in, in, uh, included in the move, since he knew that the longer he made the audience wait, the better it was going to be. He also performed other finishers, including a lifting DDT called the Edge Q. I can't even say it. Edge Q. Edge Cution. It's Edge Execution. Edge Execution, right? <laughs> uh, and, an, and an inverted sharpshooter submission hold called the Educator. I love Ooh, that. Ooh, I like that. The That's way, that is a much better bit of wordplay. Yeah. 
Yes, yeah, uh, but this is this is the real meat of it. Uh, no pun intended. Mm. In 20, uh, 2006, after performing a segment with Lita where they had sex in the ring, nice <laughs> Edge became uh, began to use the nickname of the Rated R Superstar. Uh, also, he is nicknamed the Ultimate Opportunist due to how he used the Money in the Bank briefcase to win the world title. I have no idea what this is even talking about. <laughs> but like, I'm like, what? Um, but the sex in the uh, in the ring, guys. I got a clip. I couldn't help myself. This oh is boy! Like, of course yeah. not. Let's see it. So this was like. Is this found... rated R for our people at home? No, it is not. Although it's like uh. it's still not that suitable. I mean, nothing we're doing is very suitable anyway for work. Uh, here's here's the bed, R for and anything. I love all there's that. A, there's a bed involved. Well, it's got to be comfortable. Uh, I like all these these matrix numbers. Right? Isn't that crazy? Um, so somebody edited this for YouTube. So it like cuts around a bunch. Uh, we also don't have to watch it all, but I, I definitely think it's worth uh, a, a glimpse, right? A glimpse. Ladies and sure. gentlemen, please Ooh. welcome There he is. Uh oh. So Edge is. Well, you don't leave the it's gotta be great. Champ is here! <laughs> <laughs> this man None is the king. Put him in a movie. Right? Yeah. Happen inside this ring. I outsmarted all of you. Contract after Edge. the elimination chamber. Let's, let's match. skip ahead to the juicy bits here. Yeah. Look oh. at right. He's got it. I guarantee you. This you watch him now. Oh. <laughs> So Edge is taking this woman's clothes off. Is this supposed to be like family entertainment? Yes. I don't think wrestling is supposed to be family entertainment. Rob's gone. What? He's going down south. Oh, no. Here comes Rick. Ric Flair. This is so Flair is joining. Crazy. So Edge hits Ric Flair in the head with a folding chair. Yes. So this, wow. John Cena shows up a little later as well. How about oh, that? good. Of course. Uh, I, I like all these people. John Cena, Edge are all like they saw what The Rock did, like how he actually did transition into being a like a very legit actor, and they're like everyone. They're all trying to like recreate that. And sure. just no one pulls it off. John Cena, Cena comes way, much baby. closer than the Edge, yeah. though. He's going to be in Suicide Squad. Edge? Or uh, John Cena? John Cena. All right. Who's Kelsey Grammer play? And Edge. Who, yeah. would, who would Kelsey Grammer play in Suicide Squad? Joker. Uh, I, say, I would watch <laughs> Joker, Joker. Joker, really? <laughs> would he have all the tattoos? The, yeah. the Jared Leto tattoos? <laughs> I, so I am a... I, I would scrambled. It would say scrambled. <laughs> <laughs> that's very good i would go on record saying i'm just in general like a joker skeptic like it is not a character i find particularly interesting just as a rule like i don't think that anything about the bones of that character is very worthwhile he's a crime clown he's so yeah, deranged like, man <laughs> shrug and like anytime a, a human in nature indicates they're very interested in the Joker. I'm like, you are probably a dangerous man. I agree. Uh, yeah. But 
there are few things I find more distasteful than Jared Leto's Joker. Oh, wow. I fucking hate it. It is back. He's back, baby. Snyder cut. Yeah, I find it so uninteresting. Like, it is just grown. Like, it has none of the charisma of, like, a Jack Nicholson or, like, the moodiness of a Heath Ledger. It's just pointless. Yep. But I, yep. I'm really looking forward to the Snyder Cut. Nobody send us any messages. We love the Snyder Cut. Snyder Cut all the way. <laughs> yep, there we go. We're That's like one of the Snyder most divisive cut, topics on the internet, isn't it? Snyder yep. Cut stuff, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, especially now that well, now Joss Whedon's in trouble too. So, oh yeah, maybe oh, we yeah. do need a Snyder Cut. All right, uh, back to Highlander flashback, seventeen twelve. Mac, I see, I keep saying Mac, Duncan and Connor are riding on their horses and come across a stop carriage that has Kate in it and some other woman. Uh, a, a character, who's Kate, Keith? Oh, I don't know. I guess it's this person. Some woman, yeah. yeah it has uh, a, a woman who kind of looks like a hot mouse. I don't know. <laughs> she's like, I don't know, she's got a very mouse-like face. Oh, boy. Uh, but this is the pop star that we've been discussing. Lisa B. Lisa, Lisa B, B, whose music right. we heard last time. We come to learn her name is Kate at some point. At some point, not at this point, I don't think, not right? Not at this point, though. Yeah. And, we don't know and... who characters are. It's so hard to like figure yeah. this out. Uh, so they are, their carriage has been stopped by these like highwaymen or whatever, and mm-hmm. they are pretending to be, I guess, uh, you know. Representatives of the king. Right. They're they've got to collect the toll collectors. Right. Yeah. And of course, this is all made up bullshit. Uh, they've got yep. like some fi- like forged document from the king uh, that's just signed with an X. And I guess Connor makes fun of them for that. Anyway, it's so like, oh, does the king in the habit of signing things with an X? Right. Uh, so Mac at this point pays the the uh, the toll, uh, but what we don't know is he's stolen. I guess his like purse or whatever. So like he gave him a you know you know one penny Roll and tall. took all the money. Uh, yeah. So then we get this like swashbuckling scene. What do we guys think about this? This is among the more fun scenes of the movie. Mm-hmm. Yeah. My note at this scene is, can Christopher Lambert actually do any of this stuff? <laughs> yeah. You mean like roll around and, you know. Well, the, if you look at, especially in the theatrical cut, what they have him doing, Connor is like doing all this really dexterous stuff. Lambert does like nothing. He'll just like flick his wrist and like a sword will go flying. Like they don't oh, okay. actually show him really doing any sword fighting at all in this sequence. Like I Duncan is like they beat like a number of people, but Duncan is yeah. actually working and Lambert is just like punches someone in the face and then <laughs> right. Uh that could be like time, you know, time restrictions or something. Like, did he not have enough time to like learn all the I mean, there are, like, I guess a lot of sword fights in this movie, question mark? Yeah, but it's, like, it's a little stunning, honestly. Like, when you view, if you look at it again through that lens, it's, like, what is he, like, it makes it look like he's not up to it. Yeah. Especially because this is the first Connor sword fight of the film. You're right. Yes, it is. So I was, I was pleased to say that the the future times Connor fights in this movie, it looks better than this. Mm Mm-hmm. But Connor's piece of this does not look great. But they're like having fun. They're like, let's just take out these goons. Right. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I, I kind of like this too. Like, at least the music's yeah. like a little fun. Uh, it's lit. Uh, like, there's some 
it like there's some more ambience to like the lighting i guess like it's like at dusk and the, there's like some fog and stuff like it's this is better uh i, I, I like everything fun. except for when they punch the guy in the face and he makes like a goofy like, ooh, like yeah, i don't like, like that weird slapstick components in this movie like we it's saw like, it yeah we see it when i guess connor has sort of sword fought before in that flashback it's not really a sword fight but he's at least like fought with people uh and like when he when the guy hits his axe into the ceiling and then there's oh, like right, another right. slapsticky beat in connection yeah yeah that's i mean which had immediately followed him cutting someone's hand off <laughs> right. record, but uh and, and i will say this again i th- i actually do think this is one of the more fun scenes in the movie and i think it shows like our relationship with connor and mac which is fun yes this yeah, fight, that's important yeah this fight does not even though they're killing a bunch of people this fight does not exist in the same movie as the clips we just watched in our last episode of Kel's goons clearing out the sanctuary. No. It like exists in a different movie or yeah. like a different yeah. thing. Like this feels like a fight that exists in the Highlander TV show. Right. Yeah. Like it doesn't have like people's body parts being dismembered <laughs> or like There's weird blood bloody just splattering. Yeah, like none of that is here. Like this does not exist in a movie where you see someone's severed foot. This is like a scene out of like Hook got stuck in this movie <laughs> or something. Yeah. Which, you know what? Hook is a way more fun movie than this. So fine. Yeah. <laughs> like, fine. It's okay for this to be like, have a little lightness to it. Yeah. Um, I'm glad this scene exists. This... Like, at least we get camaraderie between them. Like, that is so important to show us. Like, don't just mm-hmm. tell us they're friends or kinsmen. Like, we need to see it. Like, Yep. And this is uh, one of the only scenes that actually does that, yeah. I think. So it's like very important for that reason. Yep. The way it ends is a little fourth wally. All right, tell us about that. So how how's who's the last person they take out in this fight? Well, so the so Edge doesn't actually do much in this at all, frankly. Especially uh, to be called out as a as a like as a special guest star or right. like well, if if you call somebody out, yeah, like you think, oh, he, he's someone to look out for. He's going to be special, right? Yeah. Whereas this seems like it's really just more for cross promotion purposes, exactly. But he just like trundles over to them, holding a rock over his head, and Mac is some for some reason on the ground, and he like rolls over and like puts his sword to his dick. Yep. Yeah. As Edge is just standing there, like frozen with the rock over his head yep uh which i i was i don't know enough about wrestling to know if the rock is supposed to be a joke like he's holding the rock oh that was supposed to be a Dwayne the rock johnson gag of some capacity interesting that seems too subtle but in any case you know it's not too subtle the lines dated here go on go ahead keith what is that line oh well they put their dicks to his uh (laughs) (laughs) yeah everyone just puts their dicks on the edge uh no they put their swords to his dick taking sword to dick and they proclaim the line losing your edge or whatever Uh, i was just like no No. why no not good (laughs) uh yes it is very bad (laughs) uh so Uh, i guess highlander has a loose connection to wrestling in the first one they're 
you know, at a wrestling match. Well, I was that- curious, like, do you, how do you think this came about? Do you think this was WWE wanted a wrestler in it and they saw like an opportunity for cross promotion? Or do you think this is supposed to be kind of a reference to the, the vibe of the first movie? Like the first movie had wrestling, our movie's going to have wrestling or a wrestler. The first movie had like an opening text scene. We're going to do that too. Uh, we had Queen. This is going to have like a pop star in it, like kind of like the show did. Like, I don't know how much of this stuff is supposed to be self-referential, like within like the context of like, this is what Highlander does. Uh, or is it just, you know, uh, a random thing and we shouldn't pay it any mind? Uh, yeah, I don't know. It's a good question. Weird. Yeah, I, I'm asking all it's these questions. Baffling. It this is baffling. This is just baffling. Yeah. Yeah, and once again, we do not know who this young woman is in the carriage yeah. at all. Like her D- during the fight, she and her like school marm or whoever it is, they ride off, and she like drops behind like a favor or like hanky or something. Right. Uh, also, in the I believe in the rough cut of this, uh, this scene is extended a bit, uh, and we find out a small detail that Kate in this carriage is that woman's seamstress. Ah. Which I guess is supposed to be a you know a hint that like, she's oh, a fashion designer in the future. Fashion in the future, right? So that's something. Wow. wow. Okay. All right. Yeah. I I forgot that detail. And I guess like Mac and her have a, before the fight starts, they do have some banter. Like she, Kate is initially upset, like that Duncan is going to pay off the guards. Right. Like shouldn't you stand up for our honor? Like this is absurd. Like yeah, this injustice will not stand. This is absurd. <laughs> uh, but yeah, that's the scene. I mean, like, so this scene doesn't really accomplish much. Like, what does the scene do? We get to well, it shows us that Connor and Duncan are buddies. Right, that's a good thing. I'm I'm on board yeah. that. Right, a scene that shows them being buddies. We and it meet... shows the first meeting between Duncan and this woman, which will become important. Which I think will become important. Do- so I, like, I think this it, it does some work. It does a little bit of work. I think there could be more here because uh, I don't think we like we learn too much really. Uh, but it's okay. It's no, at least fun. It's, at least it's it, fun. It's That's better so than good. <laughs> it's better than almost every other scene in the movie. So <laughs> it yeah. does work in that sense. And it's not like hor- people getting horribly chopped up or burned alive. <laughs> like, <laughs> That's true. Yeah. All right, so that's the end of that scene. So next we cut, uh, we're back to New York City. We're taking that cab ride and Mac arrives at Connor's antique shop. Uh, and yes. I get this, like he feels like he should start the search for Connor like at home, right? That makes sense. Mm-hmm. It uh, does. So how's a, how's this all go? Like what, what well, do we think a, of all this? It's a busted out, like they haven't, it's been 10 years and they still haven't like repaired the building or done anything like right i'm surprised like the city of new york didn't like condemn this building a bomb went off and like it's still it's just destroyed at some point it looks like max sneaks in by climbing through a hole in the wall right like i'm shocked in my notes because this is like rewatcher style i'm like who's paying the taxes like did max take over the property these are the (laughs) things i want to know yeah (laughs) no one else does i guess very weird and like but there's still there's still Connor's secret room from the original movies mm-hmm. that nobody has found. Yeah, right. the silver room is undisturbed. Um, I'd also like to mention Though some other stuff. I oh, confess, I liked it when Duncan busts into the silver room. Oh, like, yeah, it's cool. That's like a great scene. And like seeing this character and like step into an iconic locale from the first movie is great. It is. Yeah. 
no, I think they do a really great job of recreating, like, they recreated the loft in the early scene of the movie, and now it's, like, mm-hmm. all destroyed, which is cool. Uh, yeah, and then the Silver Room, it's a cool reproduction. It's, like, fun to visit that place. Uh, I do have some other questions, though, before we get too far into the scene. I do also wonder, like, here's Mac returning to Connor's loft. Mm-hmm. Like, what do you think he's looking for? Like, I guess I'm wondering, what is he looking for that he didn't look for 10 years ago? Like, yeah. Connor was supposed to show up at the bar at 8 o'clock. What, what happened? Like, what did Mac fucking do? Like, I, I just don't understand. Like, he suddenly just is back here, and he's like, well, I guess there must be some evidence. And he didn't, like, look for look for Connor when he missed their meeting and, yeah. like, go to the same place or, right. like, see that it was blown up or he didn't go to the silver room and look for clues before now like yeah he just it's just really it strange uh but i mean i years. guess i get it i don't know whatever uh, yeah <laughs> um that's a little weird oh <laughs> if, also if there's think about it for longer than three seconds it doesn't really make a lot of sense sure uh <laughs> yeah like and also like is it almost like mac did, mac must have known it happened right like this would oh, he knows it news, happened because right? he knows about rachel's death and all that oh i guess so right i don't yeah. know it's, um, yeah, it's weird. <laughs> oh, they also show a flashback of the antique store exploding. By the way, in mm-hmm. this cut, co- like, like you yeah, forgot, which we just, which we just saw. Yeah. Right. yeah. Uh, and once again, this this calls into question, like the the narrative structure of the whole movie is what is that flashback? That's the movie telling us this happened. Not like Duncan wasn't there. Duncan doesn't remember that. Right. So it's not his flashback. Like the movie yeah. switches between these two like devices too much. It's very strange. Uh, so anyway, um, I also like, uh, when Mac enters the silver room, like one, it's got like a secret entrance, which I kind of thought was cool. Right. That's like probably not in the first movie, but I enjoyed that. But this, uh, the movie continues Duncan's long tradition of like not respecting books. Like the very Mm. first thing Mac does is he picks (laughs) a book up off the shelf and it's probably some beautiful antique book. He just holds it and he just throws it on the ground. It's like, what? (laughs) And before he used an ancient chronicle to to block a dart, block a dart or whatever, right? He Yikes. hates reading. Reading sucks. Yeah. Uh, so anyway, he goes around. Uh, I like that. Like, there's like uh, their use of like audio cues in this movie. I think are good. Like that's maybe the one of the best devices this movie uses. It's like it just like replays audio. So Max sees like a busted picture of him on the floor. Uh, and it has like a flashback to World War One, but it's just like audio stuff. Although mm-hmm. I'm questioned, I, I have a question. Why is the picture shattered on the floor? Good question. It's in like some fire room. Nothing is touched except randomly. There's just like shit that was on the ground. Yeah. Who did that? Don't know. Fuck. Maybe. Oh, <laughs> are we supposed? To, we're about to see the entrance of Kate. Did Kate do it? Because uh, she hates ooh. Duncan. Oh, interesting. Like she was in there first and was like, fuck your picture, you piece of shit. Yeah. Yes. I, 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 okay, I can dig that. Also, did anyone uh, catch this little gem in the background? Here's a, a little picture here. So Wait, can I try to guess? Is it the, or is it in the picture now? It's in the picture now. Oh, so the painting of uh, Heather? The, the painting, the fo- the photograph still from Highlander <laughs> yeah. One that Connor has framed on his wall. Like, yikes also did is it am i misremembering did they use that picture in highlander 2 as well i think i feel like we maybe noticed that in the background of yeah max apartment or whatever maybe like what the fuck guys 
anyway. Spoiler uh, or not a spoiler, but I watched the first three Highlander movies this week. Uh, in one of them, the Confederate flag is like in his silver room. Huh? <laughs> that that just popped out at me. What <laughs> like, about uh, that? Something weird. I don't remember which movie it is though, or that or that appears. That, yeah, that explains so, Connor's famous catchphrase, the South will rise again. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Whatever you say, the South will rise again, buddy. <laughs> I have, I have a, a weird thing here. I don't know if this is going to be controversial or not. Ooh, That's everything let's you just hear say. it. Uh, anyway. Yeah. Um, but before we get into like the meat of the plot of what happens. Ooh, the meat. The, yeah, getting into that meat. Um, like, it is cool that they recreated the Silver Room, right? Like, mm-hmm. that's fine. But, like, does any – again, I might be a, a weird outlier among the fan community here. Does anyone ever just kind of, like – I'm going to say get bothered or just bummed bummed out. Like, aren't we always going back to the same well? Like, like things have become weirdly iconic in the first Highlander movie. And I'm – like, sometimes I'm like, that's the iconic thing? Like – uh, and I think the silver room is really cool. I think that's pretty neat. But like, I also think like people will often be like, "Oh, Connor doesn't have his white sneakers on." I mean, actually, I think Eamon, you made a joke about that mm-hmm. uh, when we we're watching. It's like, is this like, are we grasping at straws here? Like, what are the iconic things about this character? His white shoes, like, <laughs> or the silver room? Like, I I feel like we don't think of other characters in pop pop culture quite the same way and perhaps that's because there's been kind of more of a a mythology around them and there's maybe not too much highlander like in the scheme of things but it does seem like i'm like uh, not to quote south park but like is this like member berries for the highlander fans like remember the silver room remember the sneakers like they're all here and it's like i don't care i don't (laughs) care like how about a plot that was something the first movie had this one doesn't seem to have a good one like maybe put that in, in the movie instead of a silver room I mean, it's Sorry. it's not either or. No, I know, I know. I'm being a little harsh on it, like, but I I sometimes feel like these things take perhaps too much uh, importance uh, in some of this stuff. Uh, I don't it's know, a- or is, or it's like things that fans seem to be like clamoring for, like I want that in the movie, and it's like, uh, whatever. Like, I don't I mean, know. I feel like everybody would like it if this movie's plot were better. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Like, wouldn't it be cool if this movie had new iconic things that I could reference, not just the old things? Like, I don't know. Well, I will say, Keith, you often call out that, like, oh, it's cool to have, like, a cool shot just because it's a cool shot. Yeah. It's cool to have a good, cool set piece just because it's a cool set piece. I mean, that's why the Silver Room is becomes iconic in the first movie is because it's shown to us in such a interesting way. It's like, whoa, what is this? I've never seen something like that. And it, like, it also tells us about, like, the plot. Like, the Silver Room shows us Connor's history. That's mm-hmm. not the device. That's not what this is doing here. This is well, just showing us that he's got all this it? stuff. Isn't it? Because we're about to get a flashback inspired by an item Duncan finds there. Oh, that is true. That is true. So I don't know. I, I, I disagree. I think it's doing work. And if nothing else, it's a cool visual in a movie that doesn't have enough. Okay. Cool no, I, I shouldn't be coming to, down too hard on the silver room. It, you're right. It does do more work here and it does trigger this flashback. But I don't know. Part of me just with the whole like going back to Highlander one, like I'm just yeah. do we need to be going back to Highlander one? I don't know. All the time. But, I mean, I know you'd prefer more visual references to Highlander two, but <laughs> this movie's got those two weirdly. So anyway. Zeist. Okay. So this flashback. So Duncan sees a sword. Right. And we are all of a sudden transported back to 1631 in what appears to be Italy. Yes. Uh, and Ravina. what happens here? 
So well, we Dunk- get. Oh, go on, Amen. Duncan and Connor are are sparring in some grand hall where other couples are also sparring. Mm-hmm. Other couples, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Other couples, right? <laughs> and there's this. They, weird... they all got a group on. They're doing this yeah. as like a good third mm-hmm. date. It's the sword experience. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. <laughs> anyway, and there there's some different cuts here. So in in one in one version, there's this weird little like henchman who's like tickling He's them in the back like this. yeah <laughs> yep for some and reason connor and duncan like this is a very like obi-wan kenobi like luke skywalker type thing totally or like ramirez and connor to be more highlander but mm-hmm. it's like duncan duncan isn't like an expert swordsman now and at this point connor's better right yeah, if we, he, if we want to get deep into the like ages and timeline, Duncan would be, I believe, what is it here? 39 years old here. Oh, he's still a youngster. Right. And also to put this like in contrast with like how we view the character, if we thought like the samurai in the TV show was like a turning point uh, for the character, uh, I believe that flashback takes place in 1778. Oh, okay. So well in the future of what we're looking at here right before he starts to kind of get a code and become maybe more sophisticated and this and that like he's still very very young right yeah and we proceed to deliver some of the clunkiest exposition on film do you want to see it yeah just i could tease it but we might as well show it we'll we'll show it and then we can tease it how's that sound everybody there we go yeah all right here we go and Here we go. Duncan sparring. So we'll, we'll get a, a little bit of their training and the music, too. Yikes. Also, the little guy in the back is holding a giant quill for some reason. Yeah. I believe this guy was, was he his, Adrian's makeup dude or something like that? Like he was asked to, he was like, I want to be in this scene or something. Wow. We love it. This is great, right? I'm just being gracious. I like it. Yeah. They got cool now costumes. Remember, you're only immortal as long as you can keep your head Ooh. on your shoulders. <sighs> All right. Duncan, oh boy. What you give up to your adversary in defeat is everything. I know. And at that point, I'm very, very dead. Come yeah. on. <laughs> Not just dead, Duncan. Empty! What? I, Connor, I know. It's called the quickening. As strength and knowledge of <laughs> essence flows into the victor, feeds him, and makes him stronger. Okay. Yes? It's what drives the other immortals to kill us. And what like forces the little... us to be smaller yes. and better than the rest. They're speaking so loudly about this. I'm, yeah. I'm like a group of people. In front of a guy with literally a pen. Yeah. <laughs> All right, let's write you this do. down. Oh, All right. Good, there Good we God. Go. Uh, so, so in- I know, Connor, it's called the clickening, is the clunkiest thing on the planet. Yeah. That is so clunky. Uh, one thing I think is kind of cool here, uh, we could probably thank uh, Mr. Efron McAsh, Swordmaster, for this, is, well, here's a picture of Connor fighting. Uh, but if you recall, 
here is Connor in Highlander 1. Like, I Ooh. love that they give him, like, the same uh, stance with his hand out, like a Jedi, right? That's cool. Yeah, I think that's pretty I'm digging neat. it. Boom, boom, boom. All right. Good. All that's right. good visual cueing right there. Yeah. Like, uh, so, um, in, the, in one of the cuts, like, this little this little man, like, he doesn't speak English, so that's why right. they talk in front of him. Uh, oh, right, right. Because Duncan... Duncan's like, what the fuck? Like, <laughs> That's right. Why are we talking about this in front of this guy? But this is, yeah, this is just like, what's Highlander? Here you go. Right. <laughs> like, here's all the rules. Did and... anyone, was anyone bothered by, like, this, the, the dude with the quills, like, portrayal? Like, I was having flashbacks to the Boston Common scene in Highlander 1 where there uh, is like a kind of flamboyant like dude that's watching the fight i was just like what what is this like it's a little why? weird it is a little weird right yeah mm. but you know who who knows <laughs> very good uh all right so kyle we now get your favorite thing mm. fucking ever here a signature special move this Wha so i will confess i love me some signature special moves mm -hmm. like Goku needs to learn the spirit bomb. All about it. Like, great, fine, wonderful. This secret move, I understand less than anything I have ever seen in my life. <laughs> we see this move so many times, I do not understand it. So uh -huh. far as I can tell, it looks like you use the sword to make your opponent give you a hug, <laughs> and then you take a step back and attack them. Right. That appears to be the move. Uh, I Let's don't know. I guess we should just see it. Yeah, here we go. Listen, soon you and I will have to part. There is one more thing I have to I give to you. <laughs> cool. Vavia. Vavia. Oh. Vavia. Oh, I. Oh, I. I like Mac takes his hair off for this. I think that's like <laughs> AP is number one for that. That's awesome. I love that and how stoked he is to get the two-handed sword. Yeah. Like, it's great. But you've got your back to me. Got you. It's not always about strength, Duncan. Attack me. See, like, here's like, he's trying to teach him a lesson. Like, it's not about strength. And it's like, is that going to be relevant? I don't know. Oh. It's about the manipulation of the mind. <laughs> as well as the body. Aye, but now I'm in control. <laughs> Are you? Yes. It looks like it. Very much so. It's... Remember well, my friend. Properly executed. This move is unstoppable. Okay. What? Okay. A couple things. One, I want to say, so I guess Efron came up with this move as something they, they thought could be plausibly uh, done. Like, that this would be very, very hard to stop, right? So I think mm -hmm. it's supposed to have some, like, realism to it. Uh, I do want to point out this. I won't be able to point out every uh, circumstance this happens, uh, but I'll call it out a few more times. There are like, I'm not joking, guys. There are missing frames of film in this movie. Missing, I'll say that again. There are missing frames of film in this movie. Uh, watch when Connor talks to Duncan and you will see his face like shift over. It's, here we go. Remember well, my friend. Properly executed. This move is unstoppable. There it is. Then we catch it. Properly executed. This move is unstoppable. See it? Properly executed. This move is unstoppable. Oh yeah. 
It's it's very small, but it's just like, where did that? Where's that piece of film? It's I yay yay. Sorry guys. <laughs> Interesting. That happens often. That's L- nuts. Love the costumes though. They look costumes great. are great. This location costumes cool. are great. Found this place Locations was I guess great. in Hungary or wherever. Like, it was a big hall. I guess that was maybe a municipal building or a government building. Uh, Romania. Oh, what did I say? Hungary. Hungary. Sorry guys. I am very sorry. Whoops. Um, Whoops. Uh, all right, so let's talk about manipulation of the mind. What do you think, Kyle? So more Jedi stuff. Yeah. Uh, so like, this is like you're tricking your opponent into thinking they have the upper hand, and then you do this weird spin move, and it chops their head off. Right. I don't really understand. I don't understand the move, but whatever. Right. Yeah, I, I, I don't understand. It also, it seems like it's two move. Right. There's, There's the move the, like that- locking behind the head. Well. Maybe it's even three moves. Oh. There's the move that Connor, like, there's the move that Connor initially does to get the drop on Duncan, which okay. is Duncan thinks he can attack. Connor's able to, to turn the tables. I guess that's like step one. Then there's the weird, like, sword headlock, which I don't understand how you don't just accidentally cut your own head off with your own sword. <laughs> that seems like the most plausible outcome right. of this location and then i cannot for the life of me figure out how you get from this sword behind your head move to your sword at their neck like your sword is literally stuck behind your own head like i just don't understand how you get there i think it's that like spins him around yeah i think the spin is like the crucial thing it's like the way they they're like released from the move makes them turn their back to you or something so you can get like a strike in I, i i don't know i mean it's also a movie i get that also, this move is used more times in this movie. This is the cleanest and most sensical it looks of all the times it is done. Yeah. So we'll just—I imagine we'll have more to say about it later. Uh, I have a lot to say about this later. As much as I'm like defending it now, I'm like I'm okay with this. It's yeah. fucking crazy later how it gets yeah. used. So, mm-hmm. all right. Uh, well, at least like there's more camaraderie in this scene. Like I want them just together, right? I want more of this. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Yes. Well, this is there good. We go. I like this. This is a good part, <laughs> even though it's kind of goofy. Yeah. Oh, well, although also minus, minus the exposition. Yeah. Yeah. The exposition so, is really clunky. Like we don't know about any of this stuff earlier on, and it's I, I don't know. I again, who is this movie for? Mm-hmm. You know, uh, this should have been a lot earlier. I think if they thought this was going to entice anybody new to watch this movie, and if it's for people that know about it, you don't need it at all. So. Yeah. I don't know. Uh, although, you know what I think is good, though, about this move? Like, he teaches them the move. Like, it's much like uh, any movie that has, like, a plan or something. Like, uh, to show the plan first. That way, they can do it in the movie, and, like, the audience, like, knows what's up. Right? Yeah. Like, we understand now how the mechanics work, allegedly. All right. Cool, cool, cool. So now we cut back to the Silver Room in present day. Uh, we get this like reflection transition in the sword, which is not in the theatrical cut. They put that in later. Mm-hmm. Uh, so apparently, like also all the transitions, I think were like kind of cut out of the movie. Uh, like I believe the director Jug did film a number. Like they knew how they wanted this all to get pieced together, and then in the re-edit, yeah. they were like, "Well, none of these things make sense anymore." So right. we just kind of get, I feel like, late TV show series transitions, which are like, mm-hmm. "Oh, it's just a reflection in the mirror," and it's like it's it's fine, but like it's nothing like uh they know they can do so I don't yeah know. it's not like the first one right uh so this is the clip at the top of the episode where kate walks in uh and you know 
she gives Mac a little speech. We finally get to know, like, who is this person, I suppose, right? Yeah. He's like, who are you? A friend, a lover, or a wife? And he's like, oh, you're my wife. Duh. Which, big question. Wasn't Mac cursed by some Roma woman to say <laughs> that he would never be married? Yep. Yes, yes. That he would love many but never wed? Isn't that a major plot point in the episode The Darkness? It is, Kyle. Very good. But here it is. He's married. Cool. Cool. Funny how this never came up. <laughs> yeah. Also, On like, how show. insane is it that, like, Max, like, well, who is that? Who is that? Like, yeah. It's his, he didn't recognize, like, he has seen people in the show or from wherever. Like, he recognizes people. This person was his yeah. wife. And he's like, I don't know who this is. Like, yeah. that's nuts. <laughs> Well, she did get a haircut, so. Well, yeah, that and is. And she changed her name, man. It's all part of the yeah. makeover, right? Her name is yeah. Faith now. What do we think of the name change? Faith. Bad. 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 <laughs> bad. Hang on. Bad, 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 bad. Okay. okay. Bad, bad. Uh, also, it's there's buzz. like hardly a wishing. Oh, did you just say buzz? I said, well, I said because. Oh, because. I think it's said buzz because I was going to call that out. Like, there's not quite a buzz here either. It's yeah. wishy washy, right? Yeah. The. <sighs> So there's all this religious iconography in the movie and all these religious buzzwords, like her name is Faith now. Kel Mm -hmm. wears the crosses in his shoes. We're going to see his lair is in like a a cathedral of some kind at some point. Like he hangs out near crosses. He used to be a priest. Right. This stuff is littered throughout the entire movie. It is. Like, it seems like it should be central to this character or to, like, what this thing is. And it's not. Like, it's actively distracting because I keep on trying to figure out why these things are there. And the answer is it's an empty puzzle box. Like, there's there's nothing. It's, this guy's just a loon. (laughs) All right, so. And, like, happens to like the the picture? I don't get it. Uh, yeah. Okay, so I'll I'll talk about more of this. I think towards the end of the podcast, uh, I will say I agree with your assessment, Kyle. Like, what the fuck is all this this religious stuff? It is in a weird way my favorite stuff in the movie. Sadly, it's not actually deployed at all. It's, are you sure it's your favorite stuff not in the movie? <laughs> yeah, it's my favorite stuff not in the movie. It's stuff I wish <laughs> like we'll talk about uh, some of the initial uh like script ideas and stuff like that and how all this evolved and why like you are right like why is this stuff there you're correct in wondering that and it was there for a reason and somehow they dropped all of it and i'm so bummed about it because it's like at least a little bit interesting uh but we'll we'll get to that later uh oh boy oh boy oh boy um so (laughs) remember our wedding day duncan's like why are you here and she just goes into this weird speech about how ooh like when we danced we were flying can I can I play this one clip that's from the uh the rough cut because it is Should my favorite line of dialogue so this is cut from her uh her speech that makes it into the movie holy shit funny how time slips by huh you wake up one day and oh my god airplanes Oh my God, airplanes. <laughs> no, that's not how that works. Like, you're talking about the movie, right? Yeah. Okay. Because because oh that guy could Zucker see, Brothers. Um because <laughs> I, I I could see you just waking up and realizing there's a movie no. called Airplane now. Wow. Wesley Nielsen. Yep. Yeah. Wow. Is what? He, okay. 
he's not in that, is he? Is Leslie yes. Nelson in Airplane? Yes. Yeah, he absolutely. He's the yeah. doctor, right? Yeah, yeah. Don't call me Shirley. That's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. I don't know what I was thinking. Uh, this is She's horrible. She's I'm bad. so glad this got cut, but like, yeah. what? Oh my God. No. Airplanes? Airplanes. Magnets. How do they work? Like, also, like, I'm a person that will live a normal life and I see things invented and I don't go, oh my, like, I don't, like, this, this idea, like, I don't know, like, uh, oh my god venmo <laughs> right <laughs> and she doesn't even pick an old-timey invention like she's not even like oh my god the printing press right yeah. i mean i guess got- I, I get her point of like you you live through like world-changing things yes. right mm-hmm. but like this is so oh my god airplanes shut the fuck up <laughs> and then uh, she fucking so- Kicks Duncan in the face. Yeah, right. She yeah. kicks him, and he's like coughing blood and shit. Yikes! It is weird seeing Duncan McCloud like bleed like that, and he's about to say, "Oh shit!" And I was like, "Huh." It's weird hearing that in Duncan McCloud's mouth. Yeah. Just you after seeing, a... oh, seeing ahead. him on the show, like where he's not doing all that cussing. This is such a, a strange thing, and I don't know what happened in the editing room or with the production to 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 make this happen, but like. In the trailer, we get this kick is like a, mm-hmm. a, a hot part of the trailer. I think she kicks him and then he flies out the window or maybe yeah. I can't remember if that's the, the, the way it's edited in the trailer, but whatever. We see her kick Duncan in the trailer. In the movie, they crop the shot. It's like really Ooh. tight and you don't really see her leg. And I'm just like, why did they do a zoom crop on this shot? Like, I don't understand. They have the full wide shot in the trailer where you see it looks way better it looks way better i just can't there's a lot of that in this movie like where they seem to artificially be like zooming in on people's faces and like i just don't understand why that happened i'd have to think there was some reason but weird yeah i don't get it (laughs) all right now get one of the major action pieces of the film which I guess, why are the goons here? I guess they're here for this scene and only this scene, really, yep. is why they exist. Yeah. So the- This is weird. <laughs> Tell us why it's weird, Eamon. What happens? Well, first first of all, the, the goons, like, drive their motorcycles into the building. Right, on the second floor. Like, I, like, yeah, what? I don't understand the physics of that. What? Yeah, How what they are- get their motorcycles in here or why. What are the logistics of this? Yeah, like... <laughs> They drove them up the fire escape. Yeah. It's it insane. No sense. Um, and it's just like all the bad guys rush in and they all have like different weapons and like they have the most cartoonish array of weapons. Yeah. Just insane. Like when nobody has like claw- Winston has like yeah, claw the Jamaican swords. guy has like swords on his hands. We meet Damon Dash whose character's name is just Carlos. Damon <laughs> Dash is, was Jay, one of Jay-Z's record producers. Right. Uh, who, a whole uh, new who, ball game. Yeah, who recently got dinged, uh, or recently got arrested because he had like $50,000 in child support. Uh-oh. Mm-hmm. But uh, some se- weird si- IMDb side notes on on Damon Dash, if we have a second for it. We, mu- sure. we have seconds. We have, we have a couple seconds for him. So he does not actually have a lot of credits, uh, but he's done some producing. One weird, uh, one thing that's strange that stands out, he was the executive producer on the Kevin Bacon movie, The Woodsman. Oh, I heard that's really good and very dark. 
where Kevin Bacon returns to his hometown after being in jail for 12 years because he's a child molester. Right, yeah. And Damon Dash is the producer of that. Wow. Uh, Most Def is in that. Another another rapper. Mm, I wonder if there's some connection. I'd have to assume so. Yeah. Uh, especially because other things he is uh, involved in producing are Chronicles of the Anunnaki. 450,000 years ago, advanced beings came to our solar system to strip mine its planets and moons for resources. During their mission, they labored, they loved, they thought, they fought, and they created a slave race. Holy Yikes. shit. <laughs> it kind of has the, it, there's very little on this, but it looks like it's probably some kind of Stargate ripoff. Wow. Interesting. Uh, and he also appears to be involved in what I can only assume is a remake of the 80s action movie, Steel Justice. The only reason I mention it is because the 80s movie, Steel Justice, involves Highlander star Soon Tech O. Nice. As Ooh. Vietnamese general. Soon Tech O. <laughs> Very good. Wow. Yeah. All right. So we get anyway. a bunch of like bizarre one liners in this whole mm-hmm. thing. Like, like Mac makes fun of Cracker Bob's outfit because it's insane. And he's like, I look like a fucking orange or whatever. And it's like, whoa. But he says that to Kate. So we need to talk about this. Kate is a fashion designer because she was a seamstress Mm -hmm. in the past. Kate has designed their outfits outfits for the gang. That's what we're supposed to think here? Yes, that's what this is. Like, that's why they all look like insane. Like, this is all the faith fashion line of like immortal uh, fight garb or whatever. I don't yeah. understand. And then Max like nice bat. No it's like sense. he says it like it's like a line, like it's a yeah. pithy line. Oh, nice bat. Yikes. And this is when he says, anybody want a club sandwich? Yep. But yes. like also Yeah, so Cracker Bob is using a bat with nails in it. Carlos is using like little claws, and he actually at least has a sword. Yeah. Mercifully, yeah. one guy has a sword. And then there's also like the guy with the scraggly hair who have we seen him before? Or is this his first appearance? Might be his first appearance. And he is actually uh Adrian Paul's like uh trainer, I believe. Yeah, his like martial arts instructor. Yeah. Yeah. So that's kind of cool. Also I guess. At least has a sword yeah. and he like throws a chain. Yeah, he's got a chain. Why why yeah. is it like this? Like he's off the chain. Oh, yeah. Okay, that makes sense. Sense. Uh <laughs> and these guys all suck. Yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> Like, they are not doing well against Duncan. Like, they get, like, the drop on him occasionally. Yeah. Uh, also, uh, Carlos says, Duncan's like, wait, it's a team sport now? Because the rule is, you know, no, it's one-on-one. No, right. it's two-on-one. And then Carlos says, didn't you hear it's a whole new ball game? Shouldn't the guy with the baseball bat say that? Exactly. <laughs> yes. Yes, he should, because it's a ball game. Right. Yeah, like, yeah he doesn't say on. club sandwich. He says this line. Yeah. Yikes. Ay, ay, ay. Uh, I also want to, this is from the Rough Cut. This is a uh, deleted uh, little quip from uh, Mr. It's Damon Dash, right? You said, Kyle? Mm-hmm. Yeah. This is, this is insane. Also, because, uh, like you said, he's a record producer, not a martial artist or actor. So, right. like, he doesn't really use swords in this, uh, but he reacts well. Yeah. god what, like a mirror comes out of he's like what the fuck was that all about like what the uh, fuck he's, uh he's very bad <laughs> also he also has my favorite 
quippy one-liner in the whole thing, which at some point he slashes Mac with his kitty cat claws. Yep. And he says, I told you I was going to cut you. No, yeah. you didn't. No. <laughs> you, you didn't say that. That is not a callback to anything. Yeah, that, that was like edited out. <laughs> yeah, they, <laughs> they Whatever kept, that line is. They kept the, 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 the callback. Right. <laughs> without the first thing. It's like, I, I told you this. Mm-mm. Nope. Yeah. So we're about to enter, th- this fight is about to change phases. It's about to go from a group fight for some reason to a one-on-one fight, which it normally feels like things go the opposite direction in like the way things are shot. But regardless, that's what we're about to do. How do we right. feel about the group aspect of this fight? Is there anything cool that we really like about it or the opposite? Uh... <laughs> Yeah, I don't know about this. Um, there's some cool parts. I feel like the the producers cut like they chopped this fight up, and it just feels kind of small and weird. And then the like the the rough cut, it just seems to breathe a little more and seems a little better to me. Yeah. Um, but the some rough cut, I believe, is closer actually to the theatrical cut in this yeah. instance. I feel like the theatrical version of this is better though my notes are not detailed enough to capture all of it but like i don't know there's some moments that are fun like when the what's his name winston comes at him with the two blades and is like swinging at him repeatedly yeah. and mac has to like fight them all off like at least yeah, that that's looks cool. visually interesting mm-hmm. and looks at least it like gives a reason it's like oh you did something different with these little two swords than you could have done if you had just given him a more sensible weapon right i yeah. guess but all of this comes crashing to an end uh, with the arrival of Donnie Yen. That's right. Jin K. Uh, which we, we, we get some awkward exposition here when Winston goes, let's let my man Jin K deal with him. And I'm like, why? <laughs> yeah. You seem to be winning. Right. Like, yeah. Why did you just decide to stop fighting? Also, Kate is not participating in this fight anymore. Like, she kicked nope. him once and she's. I guess she's yeah. mad at him, but not mad enough to actually fight him. Right. Shrug. That doesn't make any sense. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. Uh, oh, sorry. Good. He's like, oh, Jin K, you served the Emperor Chin. The same man. <laughs> okay. Yeah, like Mac knows all about this dude, and yeah, I, I can't remember in in both cuts. Is it like let's? Do they say that line? Let's let our man. Up, oh, Eamon, you're gone. Oh, Eamon's back. Whoopsie. Uh-oh. Touch the mess. Uh-oh. Uh, is that line in, in all the cuts? Like, let's let our men Jin K handle this. Or, like, I in my notes, I wrote wrote down that, like, Mac just recognizes Jin K. And mm. is like, oh, is it Jin K? Because in the scene prior, he didn't know who his own wife was. Like, and I'm just yeah. like, this is crazy. Like, yeah. And he knows this man just by sight and reputation. Right. And he's wearing, yeah. like, a snakeskin jacket. And I'm just like, this is, how did you and recognize And a see-through that? mesh shirt. Wow. That Kate dressed him in. He, she oh picked those God. colors for him. Oh, the whole thing. It's yeah. nuts. Uh, and he's like, I thought you were, or some people say you were a man of honor. And Jin K's like, what do you know about honor? And I'm like, what? <laughs> what yeah yeah and then they also fight. like i feel like a man of honor doesn't roll with these people right these are yeah. not good people yeah nope. like who looked at cracker bob and was like <laughs> whatever he's part of i want in yeah. this <laughs> is an honorable man this right. orange <laughs> yeah no one honorable has that facial hair no yeah. one. <laughs> you know, to, to my point earlier that like it should be kel and 
uh, Connor and then Duncan and Jin K. Like, mm-hmm. it's, I don't know if Jin K really has that much honor in this movie. It seems like they want that to be a thing, but it's like, that's more evidence that those two should be fighting because, like, Duncan yep. has a code. Jin K has a code. Like, mm-hmm. let's get that going. That's what the series is about. Like, I don't know. Uh, yeah, not so- good. <laughs> yeah. So Jin K fights with a spear. Mm-hmm. Which again, that's, like, okay, all right, yeah, I guess that's cool. I'm on board. At least it this can chop fun. someone's head off, I guess, like, unlike a bat, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, and, and I don't like, know, this fight is fun, like, they're yeah. both obviously very good at this, right? Yeah, uh, he does some cool, some Donnie Ann does some cool moves, Duncan does some cool moves. There's this weird video effect they do where Jin K does like a backflip. And they like stagger, they, you know, oh, they do yeah. the thing where like you see the transition between the frames. Right. Uh, it's, I hate that. But yeah, that's not in the theatrical version either. I don't know. Yeah. Like they added that to be like, let's make it like pop more. Uh, I just want to play a very, very quick clip here uh, because like I'm going to call it a bunch of technical stuff that happens in this movie. Like check mm. out the goddamn lighting in this scene. Like it's constantly changing. So there's only five seconds long, but you can see how like weirdly this, this is called like color timing in, in film, like where they have to adjust the hues and all this sort of stuff to make all the shots match. Uh, this doesn't like it's like kind of orange and yellow and now it's like blue isn't it look at it blue orange blue orange like it's like these are two different things like it's just there is so many like problems on just like a technical level in this movie it's a very upsetting (laughs) stupid fucking thing anyway there we go so at some point this movie does something that but this this is about to do something that I, they people do in things all the time and I never understand. Mac manages to disarm Jin K. And I feel like we've had this conversation before, but Jin K's like, well, honor is not in the weapon, it's in the man. Does so does Mac, Mac does Mac disarm him? I thought Jin K like puts it down. No, in oh, the okay. Mac, like they have like a tussle and Mac manages to knock the sphere away. So then Mac like slams his own sword in the ground, which must be very oh, that's what I'm thinking of. And then they continue to fight. That is so different than like, it's one thing of like, oh, don't fight an unarmed man with a weapon. I don't feel like that logic applies when you disarmed that man. <laughs> right. Right. Like if you cut that man's arm off, which I imagine was your intent, you wouldn't be like, oh, all right, let's yeah. wait. It's like, you did it. That was your goal. It's because you wanted to win the fight. And by the way, like you just won the fight you did what you came there to do you're not being dishonorable because you won i don't know right it's all very silly to me yeah uh, but maybe i'm just a dishonorable man i don't know right and this is again just an excuse like this is riding the coattails of the matrix like we need to have more kung fu like that's why this Mm -hmm. fight exists like why are they fighting without weapons that doesn't make any sense like and there's no good like story reason like other than like they say this like honor lies in the man and i'm like cool is that a theme no like that's not part of what drives this story uh it's just so they can have them slap each other so yeah yep uh, so they have a, a kung fu fight which is, is again, like they cool, both do a great job. Uh, yeah. Kyle, so you're, you're, you asked earlier about like, what do we, how do we feel about this like group fight, all this stuff, like all these fancy martial arts? Like, I just don't care. Like, because yeah. I guess I wonder why are they fighting? Like, what, what yeah. is the point of the fight? Like, there's nothing extra to this other than 
like the razzmatazz of fight choreography. Like, which sure I can enjoy on some level, but like, it's not like when Connor fights the Kurgan, it is a battle for the soul of mortal, like of the earth. What yeah. is this fucking fight about? Like, why should I care that the, the, these dudes just show up? to fight Duncan like there's no history like this needs to be about something like at least Kel has like there's something about his like revenge uh with with Connor but like I don't care about any of these things anyway it's all hollow nope nope it's not good so who comes down the stairs Jacob, Jacob Kel. Kel how can we he tell has... it's him <laughs> oh his little shoes. shoes you get his shoes again <laughs> as, as though we needed more hints on it but right. he yells stop Right. Uh, and then Duncan and Jin K give each other like a nod for some reason. Like, because they're being honorable. They're dudes. being honorable, right? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Uh, yeah. And, <laughs> and then there's some quip about like, ah, oh, discipline, boys. Like the first hundred years or whatever are the hardest. And I believe this is a concept that was cut early on. What is this line? All right. I think what they're doing, do you remember the episode Little Tin God where, sure. Uh, what's his name? Gorka? Gorka. Gorka, not Gorka. <laughs> Uh, Gorka, like, Sebastian Gorka. He takes all those like young immortals and he like teaches them like the wrong rules of the game, right? Like yeah. they do like like to me this feels a bit like that. Like so I guess the idea is that Kel has recruited younger immortals that don't really know the rules and he can mold them into whatever. But that doesn't yeah, explain we, Jin K's role in all this. Or... Yeah, we know yeah. that's false. We only have one we excuse me, we have two examples of this and we know they are both false. Because we know Kate is older than that, and we <laughs> right. know Jin K is older than that, so this makes no sense. And also, it doesn't make any sense because it's not set up. Like, there's yeah. just right. no, there's no real nothing to dig into here. Uh, yeah, to I just, understand yeah. what that means. It's the most baffling line. Oh, I'd also and, like to point up, uh, point out that not only did those motorcycles bust through the fucking second floor, uh, you know, windows, that Jacob Kell comes now from the third floor. Third floor. And yeah. I'm like, how is, how does anybody get anywhere? Like, was he waiting up there? Did he climb up a fire escape? Like, what is going on? It's just pretty dramatic. It's so yeah. blocky. Yeah. Uh, so at which point Damon Dash now pulls out a gun, which he's apparently had the whole time. Which yeah, I don't understand this. He they're willing to fight this guy as a group, but he had a gun the whole time and he wasn't willing to use it. It makes zero sense. At which point Matt gets blown out of a window <laughs> and gets impaled on rebar. Yep. Oh, like there's some construction project outside that. In, literally impales them. Right. <sighs> Insane. Uh, and, so I mean, this is this is the movie's way to like. They need to get Mac out of the fight. Like he needs to escape, obviously, because if he doesn't, he'll lose his head, and the movie's over. So like, I get the movies need to have these devices. Like, how do we get the the characters to meet and fight, and mm -hmm. then like move past that? Uh, but it's just so random with the gun. Also, that's because like once again, he's not a martial artist. Uh, so they were like, "What can right. I do? Shoot him! Just shoot him!" Uh, yeah. So uh, what's Kel do? Well, David Dash first goes, I guess I'm not much of a sword guy. <laughs> just so <laughs> cool. Uh, and Kel's just like, hey, I thought I told you to stop. And he's like, well, I stopped. And I'm like, what does that mean? Is that a yeah. joke? <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Like the lines in this this script don't make any sense. Like you nope. could take almost any line in the script and go, why did that person say that? And you would almost always go, I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> Because somebody wrote it down is usually the answer. That's it. Well, th this entire exchange is baffling. So I guess we are now <laughs> supposed we're now supposed to think, I guess, that like Kel keeps these people 
Like these, like these, his gang is perhaps involuntary. Yes. They, they may be there against their will. And like, Kellen's like, well, you know, like you're going to need to beat me to so be free, to gain your free. freedom. Right. My first question is, why don't you just shoot him instead? <laughs> right. Yeah. Also, if all of these people, like they're, if, if apparently we're not honoring the only one person fights rule, if they're like his fucking slaves, why don't they just turn on him right now? Damon yep. Dash can shoot him. Also, are, like Jin K is obviously a badass in his own right. Like, are we supposed to think that these five people can't beat this stooge <laughs> and they're willing to use guns and cheat? And right. like, we know that if you're getting a quickening, like if he kills one of them, like he's going to be down and out and you can kill him. I don't get it. Yeah, I don't get also, it at all. to your point, that's never like exploited. Like that actually might be okay fodder for the story. Like, oftentimes when you have a group of criminals, there's infighting, right? Like that's mm -hmm. the the movie trope, right? Like, uh, like nobody trusts each other and who's really in control and blah blah blah. Like that doesn't come to fruition later in this movie. Like we never see people turn against each other or like you know what I mean. Like it's yeah. just stupid. Uh, all right, so what happens outside? A black van, a, like a, a morgue van or whatever it is, or the corner. <laughs> I think it's just. And it says corner. On it. Uh, yeah. Oh. I think it says corner on the back door. And okay. these dudes bust out. So Duncan is like impaled on this rebar. And I, I at least like this editing. Like I like that it's like them cutting the the the, the steel is yeah. mirrored with like uh Damon's head getting chopped off. It's like, yeah. okay, that's so fine. Does, does, but who are what, these people? Yeah. So Somehow Jacob Kell like gets behind Damon Dash and is gonna cut his head off with his own sword. Right. I don't really understand the mechanics of how this happened. It's a special secret move, Kyle. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Which which he names. Keith, what does he name this move? He names it? Oh, yeah. he calls it a decap with a twist. No sugar. <laughs> what? And cuts off Damon Dash's head, yep. which then lies on the ground and is like, oh no, like yep. it yeah. like blinks. All right, we gotta play it because this is this is this is the best. And this might be from the is this from the rough cut or is this uh no I guess this is the actual movie. I'm like oh also because we're on a freeze frame of the movie, I want to talk about something else. What is up with the Chinese on graffiti? The, walls? the graffiti. It's everywhere in Duncan's apartment or in Connor's loft. Uh, this is not a real space. Like, this isn't like they found a place in New York that was empty and they were like, well, everything's just on the wall. We'll shoot it as it is. Like, they constructed this place from scratch. And so uh, someone in the art department said, we need to put stuff on the wall. What should we put? Chinese graffiti. I'd love mm -hmm. to know what it says. And I'd, I'd like, wh what is going on? Like, why is it Chinese? What's, like, is there Do we know it's Chinese? I don't know Did it's you... Chinese. I apologize. Uh, it could be a different language that I am not, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm no expert in this. Uh, but it's just, it's whatever there. it is. Yeah. Like, I, I guess I just <laughs> like- Jin K do it? Yeah, I, I just, I would love to know like what again they were thinking of this, like what is this world they all live in? Like, I don't know. It's, it's a strange little uh, detail, but let's watch him lose his head because this is nutso. <laughs> what? <laughs> what? <laughs> Oh, and the sex, the yep. sex store. Corner. Great. This place explodes again. Yeah, you and, think that the, you think that the authorities get upset about this. And yeah, let's take a peek right there. What is up with this? So we get like a weird portal into his tummy where the quickening goes. Uh, 
and also it's kind of weird like kel just stands there right like i guess yeah. is the idea is is there was there any sort of motivation i'm curious like he's so powerful right like that this quickening's like you know uh, a potato chip to him i'll just have one that's fine no, my theory is that they didn't shoot that to be a quickening. That was just a regular shot, and they added in the video effect. <laughs> that was my theory on it. Oh, that's that's good. Later in the movie, when he has quickenings, he does appear to react right. in some way. So, interesting. That was my theory. Uh, so <laughs> wow, and everyone just watches this happen. No right. one's like, yeah. "Oh no, he killed Carlos!" Like we should be concerned about this when he they're also apparently they're like his unwilling servants uh wow what is up guys what is up with this movie <laughs> yeah and does that know. mean that cracker bob is not actually a bad guy if he's like oh. this guy's dumb right mm, interesting he's just a a, a regular run-of-the-mill weirdo wow. <laughs> yeah well good job we got through two scenes today i think How about that? great what a thing we did. This movie has a lot to sink your teeth into. Yeah. <laughs> it's a lot of grizzle. Wow. It's a yeah. made of grizzle. Well, before we wrap up, I think it's time to play a game. So that brings us to the end of the uh, two scenes we're talking about today, which is pretty amazing. We are we are getting our way through this movie. It's going to be fantastic. We're on uh, a journey. We are on a journey, but we have to interrupt that journey with a game. A game. So this is going to be a new game. Uh, I'm calling it the end game. Oh, uh, even I though this why. isn't the last episode. Yeah, I'm confused. Keith and Kyle, you have to buzz in to make your guess, but you're going to guess whether this quote is from the movie Highlander Endgame or the movie Avengers Endgame. Nice. So okay. I'll read you the quote. You buzz in with your name and guess which one it's from, and you'll get a point. And whoever wins. <laughs> wins i guess great nice are you guys ready for the first quote i Let's am do it. some people move on but not us kyle not us kyle that is uh avengers endgame that's correct kyle gets one point very good quote the second look on the bright side at least you went down swinging keith keith um that would be avengers endgame Incorrect. What? That what? is Jacob Kell. That Jacob When did he says say that? that? I, don't I don't think he said it yet in the film, but That's he does true. say it. What? I don't even remember that. I've seen this movie so many times. Highlander Endgame. You have to watch it a few more times. I guess so. Apparently. Sunk in yet. Is in the lead. It's true. Quote the third. Men, for the most part, can mend their ways only after they have made a mistake. Keith. Kyle. Oh, suck it. Highlander Endgame. That's Jin correct. K, baby. Jin K. Yeah. It's tied up. B baffling line, but. Yeah. <laughs> Very baffling. The next clue. Life brings hope and pain, but revenge never brings redemption. Kyle. Kyle. Highlander Endgame. Yes, that's correct. Two points. All right. Hooray. Hey, man, make love, not war. Kyle. Yes, Kyle. Avengers Endgame. That's correct. That's so, set, said by 70s Car Man. Ooh, <laughs> I love 70s Car Man. Very yeah, good. Like, who, who is that character? He has all the powers of a 70s car. <laughs> That's true. The next quote. 
Who puts mayo on a hot dog? Kyle. Yes, Kyle. Say Put it. Mayo on a hot dog. Yep. I, I guess it, I was going to say, say Highlander Endgame, but I thought it was supposed to be ketchup on a hot dog, but Ooh. whatever. It's it's Avengers Endgame. That is correct. <laughs> what? It is said from Lilla Barton, who is Hawkeye's daughter. That's right. As I do remember does. that scene. And Linda, what's her name, uh, is his wife. Is she in other movies, by the way? And like Avengers movies? Or is she just in that movie in this one? Never I'm mind. Like, they have a picnic outside at the I, start of it. I think she's just in that movie. How about that? I think you're right. All right. Oh, but I, no, she might be in, um, no, I think she's in uh, Age of Ultron. Wow. I've never seen that movie. Isn't that something? It's, it's bad. Okay. Yeah, it is not good. It has James Spader in it. How about oh, that? I love sure. that Spader. Crash. You can't really recognize his voice. No. Oh, that's a great, good, good to have a voice actor. You don't know who they're, whatever. Anyway. Uh... No, no, I don't think I will. Oh my God. Uh... No, no, I don't think I will. Keith, Highlander yes, game. Incorrect. <laughs> oh, God damn it. Yeah. Hey, that you is... had a 50 50 shot, baby. That is from Avengers Endgame, Steve Rogers. Oh. Oh. All right. Last clue. Kyle wins. <laughs> yeah, buddy. But this is the final one. What you seek lies in front of you, as does what you fear. Kyle. Yes, Kyle. Avengers Endgame. That's correct. For five points, that's the Red Skull. It's very true. Famous Nazi, the Red Skull. Famous, Famous Nazi. Notorious Nazi Red Skull. Wow. The notorious N-A-Z-I. Congratulations, Very good. Kyle, for knowing your endgame quotes. Congratulations. It's true. It's like there are two hot dog quotes in two different movies. That right? shouldn't all, have hot dogs. Called quotes. Endgame. Yes. Yeah. They both also start, like that hot dog scene opens Avengers yep. Endgame. Like, does that's it really? Yeah, it does. Yeah. So two hot dog movies <laughs> called Endgame. Well, then game. Love Great. That. I love it. Uh, Eamon, you won the uh, the catalog game earlier. So why don't you give us a quick uh, rundown of what you're, how you're feeling about this movie? How do you think it might resolve at this point? Any of that stuff? I don't know. Kick so us I'm off. like, I'm like, uh, Duncan's kidnapped. I don't know by who. I'm confused oh, right. about that. I'm like, why isn't Mythos here? I'm thinking maybe Mythos is going to get on, on the action. Mm. Uh, that's what I'm hoping for. I'm thinking these these henchmen all suck, and I don't like them except for maybe Donnie Yen. <laughs> <laughs> right? Yeah. Like, that's an interesting thing to to bring up. Like that Mythos could be like a ringer in this, right? Like, oh yeah. no, like we, we got to bring up the big guns, the five thousand year old dude that like he's like the secret weapon. I mm -hmm. don't know. A new challenger approaches. Yeah. Yeah. Mythos. Interesting. Yeah, I think at this point, I am assuming that the big that the big showdown, because it's been tied up here, as Keith has mentioned, is between Donnie Yen and Duncan. They're like, Donnie Yen is Duncan's guy. Right. In this whole equation. Right. And like, I am looking forward to the next time they finish, when they finish their fight. Exactly. That that's part of happen? it. It's like, they didn't finish the fight. Like, that's that's what's right. like satisfying. Like, we got to see mm -hmm. a taste of it. And they even, like, bow at each other. It's like, this isn't done yet, right? Yeah. I don't know. This yeah. isn't so Don, I, Donnie yet. Uh, yeah, I, I think my <laughs> I think my biggest expectation in this moment is that that fight will continue. Cool. Guess what? Guess what? It doesn't. It doesn't. No, but Jeez. this, yeah, this sets you up to like Connor will come and get Kel and Duncan will be, re Connor will rescue Duncan and then right. 
like Duncan will fight Jin K. Yeah. yeah, that would be like an interesting twist. Like we, we expect Duncan has seemingly been captured. So it's like, well, yeah. who's going to rescue Duncan is going to is a thing we're probably all thinking, right? How's mm-hmm. Duncan going to get out of this pickle? And why doesn't Kate fight anybody? And I don't know. What's up? What's up with this? Well, you have to wait until next time to find out. <laughs> we That's continue right. our coverage. Ex- oh. Excellent. I'm like, eh. <laughs> whatever. Ex- of <laughs> Highlander. Is, we've been doing this for five plus hours now. This is a long day. Anyway. Highlander uh, edge game. <laughs> all right. I should not Love be laughing. Ay, ay, ay. All right. We're uh, sober too. We uh, are. Yeah. This is crazy. Like most of our podcasting now has been, uh, for me at least, has been done sober these yeah. past during agreed. quarantine because we're doing it early in the day. So I don't know yeah. why about I say that. Agreed. Agreed. <laughs> yes, me too. Agreed. Yeah. Very good. Well, if you want to write us in, send us an email at highlyrewatch at gmail.com. Did I just mumble? Highly rewatch. Highlander rewatch. You know what this show's called. You can just put mm-hmm. it at gmail at the end of it and com and all that stuff. Uh, but send us what you think of uh, what we've been talking about so far. And uh, we'll be back next week with another exciting uh, episode. Who knows how many of these there's going to be? It's a lot. Uh, Wow. Anyway, we've been your rewatchers. I'm Keith. This is Kyle. This is Eamon. Bye. Bye. They're not supposed to interfere. Unfortunately, our role has changed somewhat. Why? Because the rules have been broken. One of your kind has gone renegade. In doing so, he's gained himself a sizable advantage, one that'll be impossible to overcome. Nobody's unbeatable. Oh, yes, Duncan. He is. It's a bit like handicapping horses. Welcome to the Highlander Rewatch podcast, the podcast where each and every week we talk about another facet of the Highlander universe. I'm one of your rewatchers. I'm Keith. This is Kyle. This is Eamon. So I don't know much about horse racing. Is that when you just like hit a horse with a pipe or something? Yeah, that's, that's, right. what, it, that's mm-hmm. what it yeah. sounds like. That's what they, I assume. They handicap horses, don't they? Surely they do. Surely they do. Ooh. Well, <laughs> welcome to episode six of our Highlander Endgame coverage. I can't uh, believe we're already on six. I am already so wrong based on our initial estimation. Well, actually, technically this is only episode five of the actual movie coverage. Six if you can ooh. count the trailer. So I I'm count not a, it. Yeah, but uh, I count it. a lot of episodes for this mother. That's right. 
That's uh, true. Endogame. That's right. And uh, as a result of uh, our deep analysis into this, we've been getting a lot of reader mail, more so this week than we have in previous weeks. So we're not going to read as many emails. Uh, we'll probably do like a full reader mail episode coming up. Uh, but Kyle, why don't you read uh, an email that got uh, we got uh, just this week about, uh, I guess, one of the scenes we talked about. Yes, and this email comes from, I apologize, I'm going to say this wrong, but your name seems very cool, and it's Padraig, perhaps? I don't know, but it's a cool name. Hey there, rewatchers. I discovered your podcast when I started watching the series on Prime during lockdown, Ooh. having only seen the films beforehand. So first, I would like to say the thanks for being that water cooler conversation moment during COVID, as none of my friends like anything about this series. <laughs> Ouch. That's yeah. funny. When it comes to the sanctuary from Endgame, though, and this is, of course, why we're reading the message. We weren't just doing it to brag. Uh, when it comes to the sanctuary from Endgame and its uneasy status of being holy ground or not, depending on what version you're watching, I think I have a solution. Surely Jacob Kell, a man who is at least training to be a Catholic priest, if he wasn't already ordained during the time of his first death, which side note, team, do we think, are we supposed to think he's like, already ordained at this point i assumed yes sure so did i like i don't know what connor had to speak for him for if it wasn't for the whole kit and caboodle but right i, yep. I don't really know much about 1600 you know or 1500s <laughs> uh you know priest, priest hearings and priest mm -hmm. yes uh but in any case at least training to keep the uh, Catholic priest or ordained by the time of his first death could have performed a rite of desecration on the area to unmake it holy ground. If this was Jacob, uh, or this way Jacob can get around the rule and establish himself as a dangerous immortal who isn't afraid of really thinking outside the box. Mm. At any rate, this film is a series of unfortunate mistakes in what <laughs> could have been a great Highlander film. Take care. Thank you. New friend of the show. Yeah. Well, first off, we're glad we could be there for you in lockdown. But this is an interesting point of, you know, why make him a priest if you're not going to do anything with it? This could be a thing that you did with it. Right. And maybe he's not changing the rules so much as he's found, like, a loophole. Yeah. He's bending the rules. That's right. Yeah. A rule bender. <laughs> Avatar. The last rule bender. That's not a bad idea. I mean, it's certainly a way to work around the... <laughs> seemingly inconsistent uh, narrative of this movie, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean, it w it's not my preferred solution, but I like the idea that it's getting like creative and actually uses some of the ingredients that the film has put on the board in a way the film did not. Yeah. It'd be funny if like Duncan brought an immortal priest to the fight with Kel and they had like a consecrate and deconsecrate like battle. Right, <laughs> that would be good. It's yeah, it's very boring. It's just someone. It's just yeah. two dudes pouring out like canisters of holy water the yeah. whole time. Just and then Kel sweep, sweeps it up. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Got it. Or it could be like a very uh, Looney Tunes Bugs Bunny sort of thing. Like mm. I consecrate it. I deconsecrate it. I mm -hmm. consecrate it. I deconsecrate <sighs> it. I deconsecrate it. I consecrate it. No. <laughs> no. Anybody? It's like yeah, Daffy. I'm into it. Yeah, Daffy like, and Bugs. Daffy and Bugs. Right. Being a real wascally wabbit about this whole thing. Mm. Wabbit season. 
That's right. Well, speaking of rabbit season, this is a non-segue, but I just repeated it like it was. Uh, let's play a round of the catalog game before we jump into things. Uh, so Ooh. the way the catalog game works is I'm going to read a item description out of the Highlander catalog, uh, and Kyle and Amy are going to do their best to guess within 20% uh, what the actual retail price was. Uh, whoever gets it closest uh, will get to give their opinion first at the end of the episode, and of course, gains my respect, which is you know worth its the price. The greatest prize of all. Gold, right? Yes. That's the prize in the game. That's yeah, right. it's specifically Keith's respect. Mm -hmm. That's right. That's right. Kel, uh, Jacob Kel, I need Keith's respect. Speaking of Jacob Kel, well, no, I don't even want to ask about it, Eamon. You're, you look great, though. But um, Thank you. Yes. I do. I do look great. <laughs> are you guys ready to play? Let's do it. Okay, so this week we are reading out of the 1996 catalog. This is, uh, again, a catalog we haven't read too much out of. So uh, it's been a treat to go back. Here we go. This is the product that we're going to be talking about. Ooh. Are we just pricing a lizard? <laughs> I know, right? Check out that lizard up front, right? Again, <laughs> this entire catalog's cost? aesthetic is this, like, I don't know, beachy, gecko-ridden sort of thing. I don't know. It's very strange. In interesting. Yes, is interesting. That, is that a, a gecko or an, an iguana of some kind? That looks like an iguana. I, I'm sorry. I yeah, and it's not trying to sell me car insurance. So that's, yeah. that's good evidence. Oh, man. Wouldn't that have been great? Highlander car insurance? Mm. Do, Something do else? immortals even need car insurance? That's true. They do, because when they yeah. hit other people. I would love if that was an item in the catalog. Okay. Uh, so today we're going to be talking about item number 115. This item's name is just The Cloth. <laughs> what? Highlander, The Cloth. Okay. Very good. Okay. Uh, wow. The description reads, a, a piece of cloth was once a marvelous thing to wipe what? the brow or bondage a wound, bondage bandage a wound to wrap. Peace. What's uh, going on? <laughs> uh, to wrap small bounty or dry a damsel's tears. This bandana fills the need in 100% cotton, a bold red square filled with the Highlander logo and a Celtic. Why did they just call it a bandana to start? It's the cloth, Kyle. It's, it's like they it's even the acknowledge cloth. later that it's just a fucking bandana. Why didn't they? Why didn't they lead with that? A cloth is a hell of a drug. Yeah, a cloth used to be something special. Yep. Yeah. Now it's just a piece of shit bandana. <laughs> <laughs> I'm surprised. I mean, this thing says you can use it to wipe away damsel's tears, uh, wrap up small bounty, whatever that is. Bandage I assume wound. it's like a little snack. A little any any snack. other uses? Would you guys use this for any other stuff? Yes, no. Like a good, good, no? All right. These I are the only approved uses. Use uh, it for the, you the stray the from these at your own peril. Yep. Yeah. That voids the warranty on the cloth. Yeah. Very Maybe good. I'd wrap it around my head like Al Pacino in his 90s period. Yeah, that's a look, right? Yeah. <laughs> okay. Oh, I want to talk to you about Richard III. You ever see that movie, Looking for Richard? No. Where it's just him talking to people on the street. He's like, what do you think of Shakespeare? What do you think of Shakespeare? Oh. What? And is he himself or is like he Like a documentary? A He's himself. Yeah, it's a Whoa. documentary. But then it's intercut with like scenes from Richard III. Is he in it at all? Like what is his connection to Shakespeare? He's just like saying Shakespeare rules. It's basically like. Right, man? Yeah, it's basically like a two hour like. Like when your teacher's like, if you like rap, well, Shakespeare was the first rapper. Right. <laughs> it's really weird. But then there's like, cool. 
like movie-esque scenes of like them doing Richard the Third with Al Pacino. Oh, as, as Richard. No, that I Actually. would like to see. Yeah. So this is all a vanity project to get him to be Richard the Third, basically. Basi- basically. Yeah. yeah. I mean, this is like the Shatner album when when he does like Shakespeare like mm. sonnets and like scenes, right? Yeah. And oh. a, an amazing co- cover of Lucy in the Sky with Diamonds. Incredible. And okay. Tambourine Man. Kyle, how much would you pay for Highlander the cloth? All right. This should be four dollars. Okay. I'm gonna guess, <laughs> but I am gonna guess that it's ten dollars or nine ninety nine is my Ooh. actual guess. Nine ninety nine, okay. Good guess, good guess. Eamon, what is your guess for item one fifteen? Highlander the cloth. I also agree this should be like le- a less than five dollar right item. I, I don't know, man. I'm going to say $14.99. $14.99 and, for a bandana. And, yeah. and and frankly, from looking at this, like this does not look like the product in some way to me. Like this almost looks like it's just like printed on paper or something. Yeah, it looks weird. Yeah, yeah. it does look weird. I also, I don't think I like the placement of the logo. Like Kyle, you mentioned, or, or Eamon, you mentioned like putting this around your head. Like... Mm-hmm. I don't know. You can only wear this, I guess, in one particular way, like as a band, mm. like as a, a, a band, right? If you want to display the Highlander logo, or I don't know how it. well this would just dis- like if you put this like over your head, I don't think it would display well. So I mean, you'd I'm have Highlander on that. top of your head. if that's what you're <laughs> yeah. for. Like a bonnet, right? Yeah. Okay. Like when you go to wipe the tears, you could just do it with the Highlander part. <laughs> yeah. Very good. So how okay. much is this mother? Uh, I'm sad to report you both lost. What? <laughs> That's right. Uh, it is five ninety five. Wow! Whoa. I know, uh, like a I'm reasonably priced item. That. Yeah, I-, I like that we were both like this should be five dollars, <laughs> and neither of us guessed it. Well, although today this would cost nine dollars and ninety two cents, so it's, oh, that that's is what confused that's me. That's still like an mm. expensive bandana, right? Yeah, yeah. I don't know how much like a regular bandana would cost from a from a local Target or. They're like super cheap. It's like two dollars for like a pack. Yeah, wow. I bet you could get a pack of like three for five bucks or something. Yeah. Does it have the Highlander logo though? No. <laughs> no. <laughs> Can you imagine going to stores and asking if they had stuff that had like the Highlander logo? That'd be great. That would be great. Yeah. You got any of these uh, home STD kits with Highlander <laughs> on it? That's right. Yeah. Is that even a thing? It could be. It should be. Let's get rid of this. It could be. (laughs) Okay. Uh, So before we hop into this episode, why don't we do a recap of everything that has taken place up to now? Uh, And then I've got a special clip I'm going to play. In history? Yeah, in history. And contextualize Mm. it within Highlander. In the beginning. The Lindbergh baby kidnapping. That's where it all started. Yeah, that's where it all started. (laughs) Yeah. And then he became a Nazi. Mm. Um, <laughs> Charles Lindbergh. Is okay, that so Dunk- Duncan and yeah. Connor eat a, eat a hot dog, right? Then yes, Rachel with ketchup. with ketchup. Then Rachel gets blown up, mm-hmm. and Connor retreats to the sanctuary, which is on holy ground slash not on holy ground for ten mm. years. Yeah, and which he's strapped to a machine and like held <laughs> comatose, and yeah, can mm-hmm. only relive his worst memories. Apparently, yeah, it sounds great. And what, they an have es- a, what an escape. They have a box behind each chair for the doo-doo. Right. Yes, we, we established that, that firmly last uh-huh. time. Mm-hmm. Then uh, we got a flashback in which 
we discover that Connor's mother was burned to death by Jacob Kell, uh, at which point Connor had a freak out, accidentally burned down his village, and accidentally on purpose killed Jacob Kell's father, an unarmed priest. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And kills Jacob Kell. Jacob Kell. That's right, triggering Kell's immortality, correct. Yes. Triggered. <laughs> uh, in the future, Duncan goes see goes to see Mythos for help locating Connor. That's right. Uh, goes to the silver room in Connor's antique store and is jumped by the who's who of yep. Jacob Kell's goons. Yeah. I guess we should say Jacob Kell wiped out the sanctuary and let and uh, and seemingly killed everyone there. Yeah. Including Connor McLeod? Question, uh, question mark? mark. No, he didn't. He didn't get. <laughs> yeah. So Duncan uh, uh, doesn't really escape. He gets shot out of the second story window, uh, and is taken away by who knows who. That was like our cliffhanger last episode. Uh, yeah. And then we see our first quickening of the movie. Right? Kel takes uh, what's his name? Damon Dash's head. Damon Dash's head. Damon yeah, Dash's Carlos. Head. Carlos. Carlos. <laughs> Who has like a, a Wolverine claw. Right. A great tool to chop off someone's head. As we talked he about, none of these weapons sword. make any sense. He does have a sword. That's, that's true. true. And a gun. He's like. And a gun. He's a, he's, he's a walking armory. Yeah. <laughs> he's loaded for bear. Right. Oh, but we did get another flashback, didn't we? Oh, we did. We did. Connor and Duncan riding little horsies and they, they come across a carriage. And they rescue a damsel that's right she is in distress and they pay her toll for her and, mm -hmm. and then beat up goons uh yeah, including wwe's edge not the edge edge right edge edge uh so um i did i do have a clip to play for you guys uh last week or was it last week that we watched clip the the edge have uh sex in the ring which was great I everyone loved so. how long we played that for it was uh, very erotic that's right um but it was very edge erotic <laughs> uh as part of the promotion of this movie like it definitely like this having the edge included in this movie was to you know edge just edge just I'm, I'm it's really hard to say it i don't know it's not like a real name sorry my father's the edge just call yeah. me edge that's right um anyway they wanted to promote the movie through WWE. So Entertainment Tonight did a whole feature on oh <laughs> Edge being in this movie. Uh, so this is like a minute and a half long. Uh, so we'll play it here. Uh, and I'll also post it on our Facebook page. Also a reminder, everybody out there who's listening to this as a podcast, uh, since the pandemic started, we've been doing video episodes. Uh, so kudos to you if you're still listening to the podcast. Uh, but honestly, you're maybe missing a bunch of uh, like now visual stuff that we do on the podcast. We're playing a lot more clips and talking about stuff in the frame and all that sort of stuff. Uh, so head on over to our Facebook page or all this stuff is on YouTube as well. If you want to watch the video episodes, look at that, Eamon. You're directing the scene. I love it. Stuff in the frame. <laughs> That's right. Stuff in the frame. Mm, I'm stuffing the frame, baby. Oh boy. Here we go. Let's play this. Hell <laughs> did not like that. <laughs> All right. Here we go. Let's play this clip. Let's stuff the frame. I'll stuff. <laughs> Ooh. I, love, right? I, I, I love it. The most watched. WF is no match for the that. immortals of Highlander in a new movie, but Ed showed the stars he's the Lord of the Ring when it comes to wrestling. Oh my God. Cuckoo. <laughs> oh, looks heavy, huh? Hi. Looks like you lost your edge, lad. Uh -huh. WWF star wrestler Edge makes his movie debut in Highlander Endgame, the fourth installment of the cult hit franchise. 
So he invited the film stars Adrian Paul, Christopher Lambert, and Lisa oh. Barbusia to see him at his real profession. Wow. <laughs> was impressed by the reality of Edge's job. I'm kind of surprised, actually, one thing, when I was talking to Edge Whoa. earlier on, how real they actually do stuff here. It's real chairs, it's real tables, you know, it's no props. Baby, I'm a star. Yeah, star power rules. Before Edge and his partner Christian had their match, they gave their preview what? of next year's Oscars, when Highlander Endgame will be eligible for awards. Ladies and gentlemen, the Oscar goes to... Edge! The film hits theaters this Friday, and Edge told us he's glad <laughs> oh, to have his co-stars come out and support it. Yes. It's fun, um, because I got to see what they do, what they do best, so now they can see what I do best. Um, and uh, get an up-close personal view, because there's nothing like seeing it live. <laughs> Yeah, Edge. Oh. <laughs> Edge is a renaissance man. His recipe for cocktail meatballs can be found in a new cookbook that's out in what? October by the WWF wrestlers called Can You Take the Heat? Ah, <laughs> <laughs> oh, the way wow. that music cuts out is fantastic. All right. Oh, that was amazing. That is a treat. Yeah, did, did you also, find that on the internet? I did find that on the internet. What amazing asshole edited that? <laughs> like for Entertainment Tonight to say, like, now they get to see what I do best and then cut to a man headbutting him in the dick. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, like they could have put in anything there. That right. was a choice. I like when they give Edge the Oscar. That's very yeah. funny and in, yeah. in uh, good humor, which is good. Uh, and they predicted it. And they did predict yeah, they it. They nailed it. Yeah. <laughs> He 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 took home that golden statue. That's right. The, the, ha the hallowed halls, mm. film history. Okay, let's talk about Highlander Endgame. Game, let's End do it. Game. So when last we saw our hero, he was being cut off some rebar, right, and mm -hmm. shoved into a black van. Yeah, that's that's actually a good cliffhanger. I mean, it's the middle of a movie, so not quite, but you know yeah. what I mean. Yeah, but it's okay. I mean, like, Duncan kind of, you know, uh, I guess encounters the bad guy for the first time in a way, but doesn't yeah. fight him, but... Jacob, no, yeah. he's too busy with his boy, Jin K. <laughs> That's right. Uh, so this scene opens up, I guess, like, his a visor is, like, or a bag is taken off his head, and, like, uh-oh, where are we? In, like, a dirty basement, and Duncan is there with that, like, head watcher guy. We don't know who this guy really is, right? I mean... He's like yeah, the sanctuary he, watcher guy. I don't know. Yeah. yeah. He's just a bad dude who has but, like, his voice is 80 yard, right? Uh, yeah. yeah. Uh, it's yeah. worth noting that at some point they stripped him down and put him in one of those space miner outfits because mm -hmm. he is wearing the same garb that Connor was wearing. Yep. Like a, like a fake Wolverine onesie. <laughs> yes. So I, where, do you, where uh, are they? Where do you think this is? Like, is this, this is, is this like the sanctuary? sanctuary this is Sanctuary 2.0. I don't so think we're supposed in, to know oh, where it is. Okay, so it's just some weird, dirty basement. Yeah, like, mm -hmm. I can't imagine like in they the go back to the same place where they murdered it. <laughs> right. It, visually, it reminds me of some of the spaces we see in, uh, like, not One Minute to Midnight, the, the trial scenes with uh, Joe. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. The yeah, name yeah. of which is escaping me at the end of that season. That all looks familiar to me. Mm -hmm. So I think that's what they're going for here. 
Yeah, that would make sense. Yeah. So yeah. what's going on here is they've kidnapped Duncan because this watcher's like, oh, we don't watch anymore or whatever. Like the rules have changed. So like everybody's just changing the rules. We got Kel changing rules. We got the watchers changing the rules. Like, and they're like, we, we need to keep the game going. And all our volunteers have been murdered. So like, we just need you. Like, I don't, I don't understand. Like what's the rush guys, right? Haven't you heard Keith? It's a whole new ball game. I guess so. Yeah. So they're like, all right, you're our new guy. Uh, so they then, they, they, he's like, Kel is unbeatable. So I'm going to give you a, a, a shot of Kool-Aid into your nostril. <laughs> yeah. Which is crazy. This is nuts. What, is, what does this do? What is this? Yeah, also he just woke up. Does that mean that they'd been injecting him with this shit all along right? too? I don't know, but just like, it, it made my skin crawl watching it's it. It's gross. Yeah. Uh, very weird. Uh, <laughs> all right. So this like puts Duncan to sleep and then we get a flashback, right? Yeah. And uh, it just makes me think, does this blue soup induce flashbacks? Because Connor is strapped into this machine when we see the other flashbacks. So anyway. Maybe uh, that's it. So Mac remembers like a bloody woman. And then, like, you see him wake up on a battlefield in 1623. Wait, 1623? That's what my notes say. Oh, interesting. I have 1625 written down. Is it a typo? Or did they change in the versions? Did they change the date a little bit? They might have. Oh, how about that? Isn't that crazy? If only there was a way to find out. (laughs) Which I I will endeavor to do while you keep talking. Okay, well, so Duncan wakes up and everybody's like dead on this battlefield, right? Yeah, it's everyone. Ever, right, everyone, Amen. Uh, and in the distance, there's a silhouette. And who is it? It is Connor and a voiceover. Like, this you is- You have better things to do than lie there on your ass. <laughs> <laughs> this is so crazy. Uh, I mean, I guess they're trying to mirror Ramirez. He's very, yeah, he's very ramirez He's in a very un-Connor flamboyant, outfit right he's got like a huge feather his like he's got these like puffy shorts on right Mm -hmm. or whatever that's Uh, that's a thousand percent accurate amen that's a that is exactly what they're doing they're trying Mm -hmm. to make a a ramirez callback with him yeah Uh, i mean it is this is cool though this is like the first meeting right of our boys donkey and connie (laughs) yes and connie donkey and connie but like nothing happens though uh excuse me <laughs> sorry i'm <laughs> sorry he says who are you and he says i know more about you than you know about yourself uh-huh. which isn't true does connor know what duncan's favorite color is that's true you're right his favorite smell his favorite breakfast his favorite turtle dove i don't know are you still looking for this answer kyle what's that i think he is yes i am okay well very good there we go i mean i wish there was just a little bit more substance to this first meeting like i like that we see the first meeting but like i guess i don't know we're we're then treated to the like the only training montage we get with them is like seemingly much later in italy Uh, Mm -hmm. i don't know it's just it's just the scene like it's cool like oh they meet here but like there's nothing to it though uh it's quick right yeah, it's great. But I, I, it's quite I think quick. That's okay. It's it's not like in Highlander one with the Ramirez and the Connor. Like that's a very obviously extended. Yeah, and that helps like explain all the bit. rules of the universe, right? 
I guess we don't need Connor to do that. I mean, I guess, yeah. I guess, yeah. Like it would have been nicer to see more of them, like bonding and right. But like that it, up. I like at least that this scene takes place outside. Outside, <laughs> yeah. yes. There's that is there's nice. people in costumes that like mm-hmm. look cool. Like this looks like a movie, so yeah. that's a good thing. Yeah, those are all. I I like my movies to look like movies. That is true. Mm-hmm. Okay, mm-hmm. so now we cut back to the sanctuary. Matt gets he wakes up right, uh, and yeah, Joe's how, there. How very fast that all was. How, yeah. uh boy. <laughs> well, all right. There's Joe some... takes off the 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 visor. Right. These visors suck. I don't understand the visors. Like, if they're asleep, why don't they need their eyes covered? Like, whatever. But it's like a a metal sleep mask. It's not good. Uh, yeah. I. One thing I didn't I didn't talk about what in the scene where like they kill all the immortals in the sanctuary, like their eyes are like opening under the metal like masks a lot. And I'm oh. like, aren't they supposed to be asleep? Like <laughs> they they wake up that easily. I guess so. These yeah. are weak drugs, man. Yeah. I know. Interesting. Uh so, so Joe I says believe it is 1625, by the way. Oh, oh okay. Got it. That's okay. I'm sorry. I didn't mean to call that out. It would just been interesting. No, that's fine. They had actually. I, uh, I I was worried. I wrote the wrong date too. So. 1625. That's right. Okay. Uh, so Joe says, "Mac, you look like shit." Uh, now I have a question. Mm-hmm. Um, there's not much cursing in this movie, is there? Surprisingly, because I think it is rated R, or is it PG-13? It must be this director's cut or producer's cut has to be R because yes, it, is it is steamy. But according uh, to my DVD, it's rated R. R. Okay. Uh, I was going to ask you guys, like, how do you feel about TV characters? Like, how do you feel about there being like cursing in this movie? This is a weird thing. Like, uh, I don't know. Like, I feel so- like, like when you have the TV show, like where there's no cursing and then mm-hmm. you move to the movie, suddenly like characters start picking up new words, but it's like, oh, that doesn't, to me, sometimes it doesn't feel like the character because they don't speak. We're not used to them speaking that way. Uh, the one that got me is when somebody ro- rides the motorcycle through the the shop, and Duncan goes like, "Oh shit!" Right. Yeah. That surprised me, and maybe it's because that ripped the bandaid off. It doesn't surprise mm-hmm. me when Joe says, "You look right. like shit." Also, I feel like maybe it's just a, a feature of his voice. Like, I feel like Joe's a character who tells people in that voice that they look like they shit. look like shit, right? Yeah. Like, it feels much more natural here than I think when Duncan does it. And I don't sure. know if it's just because it's first, or I just really don't associate. Like Mac, in my mind, Duncan McCloud is not someone who swears liberally. Right. Yeah. Totally. Like I don't know what it is. Maybe it's just because he's such a voice about or something. Like, yeah. That's fine. Yeah. I I don't mind Joe saying it here either. I don't think it's like completely out of character, but I just wanted to bring up that topic because that's something that does happen in these sort of movies. Uh. So, how when do you think this takes place? Like, how long has Duncan been asleep? Well, we only got a two-second flashback, so... Yeah, it doesn't seem like it's been very long. No, right? No, but, doesn't. like, they just, like, bust in, and there he is. Like, I don't know. Is there, is there security? <laughs> like, well, I get, I get Joe's oh, allowed to be there. Right. But they, they, they hint later that there was security and that they, they took care of it. They murdered them? Yeah, yeah. they do imply <laughs> right. that later. Yeah. There's a weird thing that's that's in this and cut from the flashback. This is so strange. So did anyone think it was weird that Mac falls down like when he gets out? I was like, what? Like, what's the tone of this? Yeah. Is this supposed to it, be funny? It looks funny? very silly. It, it's like a yeah. weird comedy looking beat where he steps out and passes out on like a 
plastic pipe. Right. Mm-hmm. So in the flashback, there were it was in a, in I, I don't even think it's in the uh, the rough cut because uh, mm-hmm. I, I don't think it made it to that either. Uh, but when Connor met duncan on the battlefield duncan gets up and he's like oh connor and he trips and he falls on his own sword and he kills himself again and then wakes up what and they were like it just kept reading as slapstick which because of course it does uh but to me him falling out of the chair is supposed to be like oh he just had a flashback of falling down and then he falls down Mm. weird right yeah it's it's very silly it's like poetry it's like poetry it It is A gung, a gungan. All right, so they get out, get outside. Who do they meet? They meet us. And he's like, "Here's your sword. It's it's dirty because I killed people with it." I don't know what <laughs> yeah. that voice is. It's it's not that far off. <laughs> uh, this whole scene makes me so mad that we're about to see. <laughs> So Joe and Mythos are driving away with Mac in the back seat. <laughs> and apropos of nothing, they're just driving. And all of a sudden, Mac just goes, stop the car. Stop the car. <laughs> and like, just goes to storm off in the middle of nowhere. Yeah, like, what's he doing? What's he doing? Where is he going? Why is he going? Why does he seem mad at them? Yeah. Yeah. Like, he seems like put upon by his two best friends, who, by the way, just saved him from a watcher torture jail. <laughs> and, and he's like, stop the car! Yeah. It's nuts. Ba-da-ba. Ba-da-ba. <laughs> yeah. I, I have no read on what the scene, like why this interaction goes this way. Yep. I don't either. It's, it's weird. really weird. Uh, I have other, these are other weird questions that uh, I'm an insane person. So I was wondering, uh, I was like, well, how does Mithos get the sword? Because Mac does not have it when he falls out the window. So like they had to like go and get it or just Kel's people. What did they just leave it there? They're like, oh, look at this beautiful sword. Just leave it. Now, I assume that they left and the watchers collected it. Probably. And Mithos got it from the watcher, mm, the, like, okay. the watcher lost and found. Uh, and then used it to like kill. <laughs> The watchers. <laughs> that is the implication. Yeah. Because there's blood on it. Yeah. That's nuts. Also, I love that he like he's driving down a busy street and he's like, hold on, let me just like, and he's got this big metal thing. Like, why does he have to hand it to Mac like right this second? And why is it like in the front seat? It's crazy. In case Mythos needs it for a drive-by sorting. Yep. Yeah. Gotta move the movie along. Uh Highlander style. That's right. Highlander style. So um, in, in, in classic Duncan style, he just goes to storm off. Right. Yeah. Like a dunk hole. All right. So this is this is a big point in the movie, right? This like almost the whole plot like pivots on this scene to a degree, right? So this is like Highlander Ball, ball Z. Z. Yeah. <laughs> like. Yeah. Jacob Kell is over nine thousand. Should we watch this clip and what? talk about it? But- Yes, we, right. we, yeah. I guess we have to. All right. I, I, I kind of wanted to not watch this, but I think it's too critical. <laughs> that makes me too, too mad. Critical. <laughs> what? 9,000? What? Uh, 9,000? Break Scouter. Yeah. Good old Virgita. All right, here we go, guys. It's, oh, no, I'm skipping around on the video. I apologize to all our listeners for the delay. Here we go. All Let's do it. Listeners. All, all two listeners for the delay. Sorry. McLeod, tell me something. Mac. McLeod. Hear him out. Mac, will you tell me something? Now, how many quickenings have you had? 
<laughs> How many heads have you taken? I don't keep score. Don't but we do. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> this computer animation. This sound. <laughs> What's that? The watcher's version of a resume. What? Resume. Two hundred and sixty-two confirmed immortal. Like handicap and horses. Confirmed. I know. It's part of the gig. All right. The cloud. Duncan. One hundred and seventy-four confirmed immortal kills. Oh. Seventy-four confirmed immortal kill. Sound about right? Switch your points. <laughs> Here's the gentleman you met in Connor's loft. Uh oh. Kel, Jacob, six hundred and sixty-one confirmed immortal kills. Oh. Six hundred and sixty-one confirmed immortal kills. Welcome to your worst nightmare. <laughs> Sanctuary wasn't shit, pal. This guy is way out of your league. Out of your league, man. Oh boy, man! Duncan did it now. I want to see wow. Connor McLeod's body. What are you fucking talking about? I want to see Connor McLeod's body. Yeah, what a weird, non what a weird non sequitur to all that. Yeah, so can we just like pause for a second on the inset? Well, first off, the number of immortals being killed in Australia I know. is entirely <laughs> too It's hot. a lot. It's like, a it is, lot. It is too many. Uh, is the first thing but secondly like australia mate i am not clear on something based on the way those dots appear is that the cumulative total of quickenings you've absorbed or the number of physical heads that you've removed and regardless which yeah. stat actually matters uh, i don't know like they alternately seem to frame it as both. Like, how many heads? How many heads have you taken? It's like right. that number is obviously going to be smaller than, you know, the if you factor in all the heads of the people you've taken, have taken, and so on right. and so forth. So, anyway, so that the numbers are small enough that that's clearly, I, I, I would think that that number is only the literal number of heads. Yeah. Right. right? I guess so. So it'd be far more than that seemingly this is also just, like it's just too much guys it's yeah. just all right so this this is this a good time to do the quickening count might as well we're talking right. we're, we're juking the stats so. i know so uh for those of you that maybe are just joining us for end game coverage uh during the course of the series, we also took note of how many quickenings uh, Duncan got in every episode uh, for purposes solely of like bringing that uh, here for this podcast because we knew it would be a big uh, part of this uh, movie. Uh, so let me share our spreadsheet here. Uh, and I hope Ooh. these are right. Uh, I'm sure somebody out there is reading this and is like, no, it's not right. I'm so sorry. Uh, so here, we'll, we'll do a quick roundup of every season. So in season one, Duncan had 12 kills, uh, but 14 quickenings. Because we also were Ooh. wondering how to count them. Uh, and so if we could confirm a kill in an episode, we counted that quickening, right? Uh, Correct. That another person had. So uh, let's see. And then in season two, Mac had 11 kills and 13 quickenings. Um, so this next... is like, we are just in the 90s right now. And he's yeah. already got like what ten percent of his total kills in the nineties, and we're mm -hmm. we're not even through season three yet. Right. So uh, there's nine. Uh, in... So wait, if we go up, how? Do we, I don't. Did we count all of Callus's kills here? Um. Let's see here. 
that this appears is to be missing. Three shadows. Total quickenings. Those are here. Oh, I don't have that over here, I guess, right? Yeah, because Callus will have killed. Hugh. I apologize, everyone. Yeah. I'm so sorry. Callus, Harry Callus. 10. Oh. Uh, nice. He'll have, he'll have killed. Callus uh, will have killed Hugh, the brother Gregory, Gregorian Gregory. chant guy, who he kills to start the. Oh, the right. Arc yeah. Off. Brother Timon and Pumbaa. That's right. Mm. Um, my note, it says the Alex kills the very sexy Sharon in the flashback, guys. <laughs> Naturally. <laughs> I feel like there's more than those three. There could Alex, be more, so. but I, I don't know if that's going to be that relevant. Okay. I'm sorry that there's some errors. Uh, season four, we got 13. Uh, season five, we have 10. And then season six, there are only two quickenings in season six for Duncan. Great. <laughs> Great. So that makes Duncan's series total 57. Uh, Duncan got six of those just from Richie, which is sad. Uh, grand total for the series would be 63. 15 of them were his friends. <laughs> <laughs> and then I also ranked uh, the episodes. So uh, the one with the most kills was season four, 13. How about that? Wow. Yeah. That's crazy. Yeah. Isn't that crazy? What a monster. <laughs> <laughs> All right. He's... So the number we're kind of working with is approximately 63, we'll say, right? I and mean, we yeah. can go up. We could say it's even 70. Mm-hmm. There we go. I think it is closer then, to 70. All right. And somehow Connor has killed a lot more. <laughs> yes. All right. So what do you think of this? It's... Connor's 262 and Duncan is 174. So it's worth noting that in the 90s, Duncan got one third, roughly, of his, more <laughs> than one third of his total kills That's in the insane. 90s. That's uh, insane. Real dry spell out there for a while, I guess. I guess. Uh, He's out of the game for a little bit. That's right. Yeah, that's true. But <laughs> 262, uh, oddly enough, is the number of my uh, graduating class from high school. Look at that. All Fascinating. right. Fascinating. It was meant to be. Now you'll always remember that number. Right. You can you can hold that. Uh, yeah, I can never I can remember it for because of endgame. Right. Yes. Uh, so I have a question. At some point, uh Joe says, I think, um, in this scene, like it's hard to like know all the numbers. Like we think maybe somebody killed more. It's hard to like ID the bodies or something. I'm like, mm. how do you ID the bodies anyway? Like, I was like, does Kel take these heads like with him? Like, what? I don't know. And then I just started wondering, like, how do they know who's who unless they're watching them constantly? Uh, I don't know. I don't know. I but, imagine they know what most of these people look job, like. Baby. I don't know. Uh, so, yeah. Well, let's go down that road for a moment because okay. that is something that comes up here. They're like, oh, like, they caught off all their heads. How do we know? It's like, these people were in your custody for so long. How do you not know who they are? I'm like... Can you not match the right. heads with the bodies? Right. Or more specifically, can you not count the bodies and know that there is one missing? <laughs> right. Like that's even easier. You don't even need to know their names. You just need to go like process of elimination. We're missing a person. There were only like six of them. <laughs> yeah. Like it's 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 not like an accounting error where it's like, oh, we lost one of the fifty thousand. It's six people in a room. Oh, are uh, we talking Superman three where he has that plan <laughs> where he takes like one cent? <laughs> from every dollar or whatever. 
uh, that's also the plot of Office Space. And yeah, that's true. <laughs> um, <laughs> but in any case, this is all very awkward. And after getting this like weird quickening math, like Doug is like, I want to cut out God's body. And like, <laughs> I want to be your friend again. And I'm going to get back in your car and demand yeah. a ride. Like, also, Joe just continues to get treated like shit. Yeah. Yeah. Can, Wait, we, so, sw can we swing by the 7 Eleven? I, I just want to pick something up. I'll, I'll pay extra. <laughs> uh, I'll double what I'm paying you. Yeah. All right. So, do we have any idea why Duncan wants to see Connor's body at all? Just well, to I, make sure he's alive or dead? Not alive. Like, make I, sure I, he's dead? Like, what is he saying? Yeah, I guess the theory is that he's he thinks that maybe Connor's still alive. Why? I don't know make him think that or does he just want to say his goodbyes yeah maybe you know you know, know what you know if i want to say goodbye to like a relative that is buried in the ground i don't say like i want to see their body. i want to see their body i'm like can we go to the cemetery like Jesus, amen. Uh, well, well, when he says it, I was surprised to discover that the next place they were going was a cemetery. Right. I was like, yeah. oh, does, are they like going to a morgue or something? And then, uh, then, it, then he rolls up to the cemetery. I was like, wait, what? <laughs> like, what? Yeah. How, uh, <laughs> this is crazy. Can we just yeah. talk about like the, 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 I don't remember in the series, and I could be wrong here, like, the, like, the like power level thing of like oh he's taking this many quickening so this means he's like right this powerful so i i don't know whether to blame the producers for this or blame the fans honestly mm -hmm. because this and i i will i'll stick by this because there is a weird obsession it's not even weird i get it like it's interesting like there's this big question mark around the concept of like what you get out of a quickening and like mm -hmm. it giving you power. And like, if you if you see what, the way fans talk about this stuff, there is a real fascination with it. Like people are talking mm -hmm. about it all the time. And I bet that this was like some nod to that, to like giving the people what they want. But mm -hmm. the thing is like, there's a reason they didn't do it before because when you do it, it looks like this and this looks silly. Yeah. Like, but also, it's still a non-answer. Like you're like, let's explain what it gives you. They didn't explain anything. They, they, they just, just applied they just, a number to they it. They just applied a number to it. Yeah. But then right. they said like, and because the number is bigger, he is very strong. Right. Like I don't know if they're yeah. stronger, smarter. They heal. Like whatever. It doesn't. Also, it's yeah. I think better to have it be nebulous. Like who gives a shit? That's like the fun of this. Uh, also, I think that's right. why people talk about it because it's like it's ripe for uh, your imagination, right? Like mm -hmm. I don't yeah. Know. But the thing that's also so confounding is that like Duncan, like you never get the impression that Duncan is so strong because like he took a bunch of heads. It's no, he's fucking doing CrossFit in the gym and shit. Yeah, yeah. it's because like all he's, day. <laughs> he's a jacked martial arts master. Yeah. Like, <laughs> like that's he's doing that rope, that yeah. rope thing. Yeah. Like, I don't know. This almost would seem to posit like if I was a mortal as like the, this doughy stooge that I am. And like, I decapitated Jacob Kell out of luck. Like, am I the new God King of immortals? Because I did that? Like, no, like Duncan McLeod can obviously still kill me. What if, what if Dolman Ross took Kell's head? Yeah, is, yeah, is Dolman Ross like yeah. the new badass on the block? Mm -hmm. No, clearly not. <laughs> Ross, Dolman Ross. He knew it. He knew yeah. it. They knew it. Anyway. Anyway, so, that's good. 
they hopped back in that car, baby. Right. Uh, oh my God. Why did he get out of the car? I mean, like, oh, yeah, yeah. It's like they just don't know what to do with the scene, right? Like, I'm curious, like, when this was written in the script, was this scene just somewhere else, like in Duncan's apartment, right? Yeah. And they're like, no, well, let's just put it in a car. We need something. And then, like, oh, yeah, yeah. All right. So then there's like a little driving montage after this. Like, this is how we get out of this scene. Like, so there's some footage from Highlander One. We see the Silver Cup building. Yes. Nice. Which and, I was like, yeah, Silver Cup building. Sure. Uh, and then we see what Jacob Kell playing the harmonica next to a cross. Yeah, playing mm -hmm. what? And One I was harmonica. like, he's playing Bonnie, Bonnie Portmore. Portmore. I, like, I have a lot of problems with this, guys. A lot of problems. Yeah. Was your first problem that this looks like a scene that uh, Bruce Willis demanded be in a movie or something? <laughs> <laughs> right. Also, he's got the bald head. He's got like a Bruce Willis kind of look. Yeah, just get him a pork pie hat. He's set. Uh, yeah, I was just like, is this just Hudson Hawk 2? Um, the Return of Bruno? <laughs> so was anyone else just like, where are we? Like, I think I'm always asking that question in this movie. Like, they just cut to this, like, construction site that has a cross. I'm like, wait, are we in Europe again? Like, I, I never know where we really are. And also, I didn't even think Kel looks like. I was like, who is who is that? Oh, it's, it's the ma main character. Uh, yeah. Okay. This is just confusing. Also, I think it's... Hearing Bonnie Portmore on the harmonica, I don't say is weird, but I feel like they don't set it up. Like, why is it interesting to hear that song? Why is it interesting yeah. that Jacob Kell plays that song? Like, wouldn't it be cool if that song was in the past, right? Somebody sang it. Maybe, I don't know, whatever it was. Like, uh, and then for some reason, he's playing that now on a modern instrument in America. Like, oh, it's like, he still remembers something about like, who, like there's something to be said about that, right? Maybe, am I, I don't know. The, this, the clip of it is just a little baffling. So there's like two <laughs> real questions. It's like, why are they showing us this? And I agree that that's just like a shrug. As like a visual and as a sound clip, like just totally in a vacuum, I kind of like it. Oh, I, like, I dig oh, having like- The, the villain's Scottish... from the same place. Yeah. He's playing this like minored version of Bonnie Portmore on like a sad sounding instrument. Like, <laughs> I like that it's like, okay, Dark Mac. Like oh, is dark kind Mac. of what it, dark Mac is kind of what Mac. it invokes, sort of, but shrug. Like I don't know. <laughs> I, I just viewed it as like okay, here's just a effectively like a a visual piece, and we're moving on. Right. Dark Mac two. Dark Mac three. Okay. What's <laughs> okay. what's Dark Man three called? Oh, I don't remember. That is the weed no. <laughs> Sorry, it's like has got to look it up. It's okay, like, like the revenge of. Porky McGee or something. Oh, uh, the, the last thing I'll say about this scene is like, again, I tried to think of how would I view this the very first time? And I wrote at the end of the scene, do Mythos and Joe know each other? I guess yeah, they do, what? right? I mean, like, who are these people? Right. Yeah, like, who like, is no Joe? Yeah, there's no introduction to Joe. Right? Is Joe a watcher? I don't, I mean, like, obviously we know when he opens up the computer and all that sort of stuff, but like, the show hasn't even really told us who the watchers or the movie hasn't told us like who the watchers are. Yeah, like this entire sequence just made it clear. It's like, okay, you are failing to split the baby. <laughs> like you're not actually setting the table for people who aren't familiar with the show. So it was like, right. it's a waste for you to do so. Like yeah. instead you're just making a bunch of scenes worse. 
<laughs> because like you're never gonna catch someone who hasn't seen the show up enough like it's just not in the, with the scenes as presented it's never gonna happen yeah so instead you just like torture us with some of this exposition uh it's just weird <laughs> it is weird so we drive by a sign that says welcome to connecticut and my yeah. brain Ooh. exploded i was like <laughs> we're in connecticut like where is I this just, movie like I okay this made me assume the sanctuary is in connecticut it made me think yeah. that too and i'm i guess okay all right fine fair uh, enough but they took know. them from connecticut to new york and like the dark man 2 is called dark man 2 the return of durant okay <laughs> fair enough what a title just to talk about this for one quick second. Sure. Like sure. who's like who's like wow, Darkman two, the Durant's back. <laughs> <laughs> I Thank gotta God. get back in the theaters mm -hmm. and see Durant. How can you not see Durant? Durant. Mm -hmm. Durant. Durant. Right. Dark. Dark Mac. The Return of Durmac. <laughs> Bless you. So, my favorite thing about this scene uh -huh. that we're about to see, and this is perhaps. This is perhaps the most important scene in the movie in sure. terms of setting the table for everything that's about to happen. Sure, sure. We're the in way the it end starts now. <laughs> is, yeah. The way it starts is they let him out of the car and he says, time for you to go, Joe. And like, he dismisses them. <laughs> yep. After Joe had just said, we're in the middle of nowhere. <laughs> yeah, it's like, what? So he sends his ride home away. Like, <laughs> how does Mac get back from here? Does he walk back to civilization? Does he have a cell phone to call a cab? What? And also, why, why not have them here? Why not have them wait around and witness some of this stuff? Yeah, why right. does he send them away? Oh, because they couldn't have them in. They weren't there for the, the shooting that day. Right? Yeah. That's what it is. That's yeah. really what it is. It's like this day yeah. we can film you getting dropped off and Matt gets out of the car. But then on another day when you're not available and we can't pay you any money, we have to do the rest of the scene. Yeah. No, this time it's personal. Oh boy. <laughs> yeah. So good Mac, question. Now, Mac now goes into the graveyard. And again, the two most beloved characters from the TV show don't get to participate in the most crucial scene, scene in the movie. So sad. So a couple things. I do like that to connect this with the Highlander TV show and Mac's like kind of just regular character he's late for the funeral again, yeah. <laughs> which is good. Like he can't yes. show up on time ever yeah. for a funeral. But like when Joe gets out of the car, he's like, oh, like we give him a nice Christian burial and said all the right words and stuff. And it's like, oh, okay. Except you cool. didn't call his best friend and like your buddy and like, what? Right. You're like, you had time to bury him and like say words, but not call Duncan and say. Also, Joe knows what Connor McLeod looks like. <laughs> we just saw he has a, picture of him on his computer <laughs> but so that's the what head that, on like, kyle yeah but like do, do they not have the heads like of all the people dunk joe should know whether or not they buried connor yeah and they didn't it's insane uh, anyway. yeah also, where are the I, heads i also again wonder how when, when did this take place is this three days after like i don't know how sequentially like the time scale of this movie is this like two months later like they had time to bury these people. Also, do the watchers bury immortals? Is that a thing? In like 
Apparently. I guess they do. I mean, it would make no. sense. They I don't mean, just throw them in not. the trash. But like, yeah. I mean, these ones were fat, were like in their custody. Like they were, the watchers were in possession of these bodies. Possession so, of the bodies. Yeah. They were. I mean, they, they was like, they like went down to their sanctuary basement and said, oh shit, look at all these corpses. So like, yeah, you know. It's fine if they only buried these bodies. Too. Sure. Uh, Joe also says, sorry, I got to point out these weird lines. He says, with all the unexplained corpses, we had to take it off the beaten track. And I'm like, huh? What? What does that mean? What are you talking about? Anybody? I guess just, I guess just bury, like they bury them in like unmarked graves. So like. <laughs> what, but like who's, who's looking for the corpses? It's crazy. Well, I, I guess it means like you couldn't just call the morgue or you couldn't just call oh, like 911 right. and say, I have six yeah. bodies in my basement. Like, or you, or you can't show up to the cemetery and just be like, well, here are six bodies we got to bury. <laughs> I guess. Yeah. But so, they like, had to just, dig a bunch of holes. I don't know. The whole thing is so weird. And it's just like, I don't understand the line. Well, buh, buh, buh. Sorry, it's weird. All it's right. weird. Well, it's not as weird as what's about to happen because what happens? Duncan goes and just. Connor appears. Connor's just there. I guess he's been scouting out his own grave, like yep. Huckleberry this one Finn out. style, like Tom Sawyer style. He's been just watching to see if someone <laughs> shows up at his grave. Like, <laughs> what is this? Yeah, why Why is he there? Yeah, it's so... And how long odd. has he been there for? Again, like, what's the time scale of this movie? Days and or weeks, he's been just sitting there. Sitting in the cold? To see if his friend Duncan, whose phone number I'm sure he has, <laughs> right, will show up. Yeah, Not and good. he's like, and again, like Connor apparently knows Mythos. He couldn't call him either. Right. None I, of these guys can talk to each other. They're not good friends. It's terrible. I just don't understand what happens. I also don't understand why of all the the haircuts in the world. Connor emerges from like a torture dungeon and gets a bowl cut. This haircut <laughs> is incredible. It looks nuts. And here, I'll throw a picture look... of it here. Tell, tell, talk to us about what you think of this haircut, Kyle. It just makes him look so old. <laughs> like, yeah, he does not look like a well man with this haircut. He does not look like a well man. All right, very good. I'm going to show everybody this haircut. Uh, it is fantastic. This didn't take off. This didn't become like a fashion thing, did it? There we <laughs> oh, go. No. There like, we go. I don't know what the deal is. Not good. He looks like an old Victorian child. <laughs> <laughs> you could put like a sailor's hat and give him a, a big lollipop. I was <laughs> it, oh, it would it. look good. Yeah, he would look great. Yeah. Interesting. Okay. Duncan. So, uh, so Connor shows up and he speaks in Gaelic to Connor. I thought that was cool. Yeah, why not? Yeah. yeah, that is cool. I like it. But like Connor's like, are you here looking for something or someone? And I'm like, what are you talking about? These lot, no one speaks this way. It's so yeah. weird. Well, like so Connor, like, you're alive. Wow, good to see you. Yes, yeah. good to see you too, Duncan. It's only been yep. ten years, and you thought I was dead, but yeah. oh boy, should we play this like clip this, of them <laughs> talking? Does, sure. Does Connor think like? There's a plot and Duncan's involved or something. I'm like, I do. What 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 do they say that's interesting here? My notes have nothing. But okay, then let's not play it. Let's move on. Yeah, uh, because something else is big that's about to happen, which is that we get more immortals showing up. <laughs> that's true. So who comes here? 
We, we get Kate. Kate and Kel, they both show up. Yeah, and her this fashion is, is bananas. Yeah, and this is where we truly get to the heart of Eamon's question on our first slash second episode, which was, is Bruce Payne a good <laughs> actor? Right. And he goes on a monologue here that might be worth playing. Uh, sure. Uh, is this when he fights... Uh... This is before that when he explains what he's been up to for the past 400 years. Oh, yes, yes. Uh, let's see. Um, ba -ba -ba. I've got the alt. Yeah, I think this is it. Okay, here we go. Uh, and then there's also like an alt cut of this, which we can take a look at. So, ooh, ooh exciting. All right, here we go. Bruce Payne. Well, organ music. Look at also the wood the, and the wooden the, crosses. The, yeah, the wooden crosses. I was going to say cardboard. <laughs> Look at her fur. Coat. Isn't that the coat that Duncan wears in the source? I know, it right? Is. Also, is. this is crazy. They do that flashback dissolve, but like, Dang I thought the cow. point of the shoes was to tell us who he was. They don't right. even think that's enough, I guess, at this point. Nope. Oops, sorry, guys. Jacob Faith. <laughs> But it's also revealed Kel let Connor win. So yes. Yes. Both immortal. Missed the signs, didn't we? But we were both so new at the game. <laughs> Connor, what a glorious sight. Just look, Connor. Look back at the endless travesties of your life and you'll see me always there waiting in the shadows. It's like what a velvet coat. When lovers are wiped from your sight, I'm there. When those you cherish die abruptly and for no reason, I'm there for you. And when your cellmates in their so-called sanctuary are lecturing like headless chickens, oh boy that was the main part i wanted to share Very good. there we go and so then he talks about how Your sanctuary connor killed his dad and duncan's like oh what 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 uh but i did want to play in the rough cut of this uh jacob talks about the other people he killed so in this he mentions like oh i killed i don't know who are the people he killed rachel and his mother is that it well like he doesn't kill his mother right he yeah. doesn't take credit for killing his mother he takes credit for killing those six headless goons like dudes in the basement that i can't imagine connor had a relationship <laughs> that's with. right that's right that's right dudes in the basement they were slumber buddies right i don't know all right so uh but th this the montage is pretty good in this uh no lovely french actress she was a good saddle Oh. oh! Rachel Ellenstein, who, if I'm not mistaken, you raised as your own daughter. Tell me, tell me, tell me. 
Do they even begin to equal the devastation of an entire village and the murder of a man of God who raised me as his own son? All right. Yes? I don't that know. Does, that does well, such a... I mean, I, I will say, I don't love this as a device in general. Like, this concept of, like, oh, all these bad things were me all along. Like, that's generally not super effective as a device, I find. And it's even right. less effective when you don't see it. Like, when you yeah. don't... You don't actually see these bad things happen. So it's both, like, you're informed that bad things happened and he's responsible at the same time. It just, like, doesn't land. Right. But that is a far better version of it. Like, that is out and away superior. Yeah. And like at least they and the the Brenda getting pancaked is very funny. Yeah, <laughs> right. But like that's like the great question. It's like, well, what happened to the love interest in the first movie? Right. Like, yeah, she this dies off this, screen again. I this guess should, maybe this should have this should have been in the movie. Why wasn't yeah. this in the yeah. movie? Well, I think it's it because that this also alludes to Connor burning the village down, but. In right. this context, it does make sense because, like, at least it ups the stakes enough. Like, you're right. Me cartoonishly does... murdering everyone in your whole family just because of my dad is, like, out of line. But he's like, no, you burned an entire village. Like, but, you ruined says, everybody's life. Yeah. He even says the devastation of the village, which happens. Like, we even yeah. in the, the cut that comes through, that does happen. Like, maybe right. he didn't do it on purpose. But, it, but he, like, it's burning. It occurs. Like, Kel, <laughs> Kel could, like, be holding... Connor responsible, even if they don't do the thing where Connor literally, like himself, burns the village down, like they wanted. Yeah, to. and and not altogether improperly will he hold him responsible. Right. It's like... Yeah. But in in like the movie version that we all see, the movie version, the like the the released versions we see, like it just like this is the problem we had is like Kel's motivation just seems like insane, like. <laughs> He, he, he just but like he's so over the toply evil it's like it's weird I'm like they don't yeah. really explain why he turned in the flashback to the village like he seems remorseful like he doesn't really want to be doing this but he right. is yeah I'm like there's a version of this that's just so much cleaner like this isn't a 400 year revenge plot like it's a much more yeah. modern revenge plot. It's like something happened that made Jacob Kell realize that Connor is still out there and alive. Right. And he goes, oh, shit. Like, this guy ruined my life. Yeah. Or for that matter, maybe he even... Side note, Kate is with Jacob Kell for reasons that are a little unknown. But we will come to find out that Kate abhors being immortal. Right. Maybe that's Jacob Kell's deal. Because Connor also delivered him his first death, thus making him immortal. Like, that could be what they bombed over. Is yeah, that, like, that would make sense. been involuntarily made immortal by McLeod. Mm. And that upsets them. That would make so sense. No. Anyway. So they fight here, so we should talk about that briefly. Yes. Well, we, we have to talk about this line that comes back in the movie. <laughs> All right. Where Jacob Kell, before they fight, he says, the thought of giving up your essence to me, making me even stronger by it. What's wrong? Don't you want to be inside of me? <laughs> this is gross. What the F? <laughs> like, 
So that's like a weird like sex reference. Yeah, that's no yep. good. Is this like a, a, a subplot or I, like, am I supposed mm. to take anything from this or is it just like. I think it's just Kel being the creep. Yeah, another yeah. one of those just weird one-liners. Like, Headless wouldn't this be great? Chickens. Oh boy, Headless this is chickens. So I think I know my answer to the question, by the way. <laughs> <But> <laughs> Tell no. us how. Yeah, what? Is no, he's no. not a great. He's not doing a great job. No, this is not so. Uh, so they end up like fighting on holy ground. No, like they step over like a two-foot retaining wall to. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and it's like, are you not on holy ground anymore? Right. I don't know. Uh, I'm that's, fine that's with like the, wall the property being, line. Yeah, if, I'm fine with the wall being the arbitrary designation. Sure, so it, it has to be, I guess. It's just, but also, isn't it mentioned like Connor or Duncan calls it out? Like Connor, you know the rules. And it's like, yeah. oh, doesn't maybe it's in the uh, the rough cut? That's the difference. In the rough cut, Connor says to hell with the rules, which implies that they are, are about to fight on holy ground. Yeah. So like they, they obviously the producers clearly wanted to break the rules in this movie, like. For no why rules. though, I don't understand, but I don't know, it's man. The end, it's the end game, end baby. game year two thousand, right? Mm-hmm. Yep. I can't believe this movie wasn't called Highlander 2000. How great would that be? Highlander Y2K. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. The computer glitch <laughs> yeah. fucks up the rules to the game. Yeah. <laughs> oh, the watcher database is all turned off. Yeah. Oh no. Oh, our watcher information's gone. <laughs> Very good. Uh, so what happens in this fight? Connor gets his ass handed to him. Yes. How do we feel about this? That's fine. Okay. That's fine. I like. I never, like, earlier in this movie, you're not, like, blown away that he's, like, the, the amazing swordsman. Right? Sure. But, yeah. like, nor does Jacob Kell seem to do anything particularly impressive either. And, like, just by comparison, like, the Kurgan seems like a far more dangerous opponent than this man. Interesting. I like, like how, uh, I feel like Kel's very brutal. Like, he is, like, he not, he, like, he's always attacking. Like, he doesn't mm -hmm. stop much. Like, there's not a lot of, like, beats in his fights, I think. Mm -hmm. uh, I don't know. I kind of dug it. Uh, I like that they talk during the fight. Like, that he's, like, yelling at Connor. Like, that's, like, that is nice. interesting. Like, that's just that's a Return of the Jedi shit. Yeah, that's mm -hmm. good. Yeah, I, I, I like this part. Um, and it, it is interesting to see, like, your hero get pwned, as it were, right. in, the, in the parlance of the 2000s. Is that but that's, it? like, that's all we need to know, though. I mean, Connor's the, the hero of the first movie, and this guy beats yeah. him, and therefore it's like, wow, this guy must be really strong. Like, we don't need computers mm -hmm. to tell us that, like, this guy's a threat now, right? Yeah. I don't know. It's so weird. Show, don't tell. Uh so and he's he, still and just he toying pulls, with him. Yeah. He pulls out well, he beats him and he pulls out the rosary. Oh yeah. From it from his mother before she got burned at the right. stake. So I guess that like this necklace thing comes back. That's like a, a theme, weirdly. Yeah, I guess. <laughs> Strange. I can't believe that. Uh yeah, uh then he leaves, and then Kate just kind of stands there and is like, duh. And I'm like, you gotta go. Like, she, it's so weird the way this is shot. Like, she is just yeah. standing there, and like, your ride and, is leaving. Like, and what? Duncan and uh, Duncan and Kate aren't interacting during this. There's no, yeah, they're like, both why, just like kind of wallflowers. Why can't there be two scenes that happen here? Like, Kate and Duncan need to like hash out shit, right? While Connor and whatever. Uh, my other question, I don't think we really uh, hung a lantern on this. We were like, why is Connor here? Why is Kel here? Like, how did Kel know. get here? I just assume that Kel is 
I just assumed Kel always had eyes on Connor. And when <laughs> Duncan shows up, he like makes oh, his okay. I don't know. That's crazy. I really don't know. That's a fair, it's a great question though. Like why are all these people here? Like the people just show up. I mean, that's like yeah. half this movie is people just show up and then they have a scene together. Yeah. Yikes. <laughs> it's like the, the good old days of Highlander, the series. Yeah, it's true. All right, guys. Well, before uh, we move on, I think it's time to play a game. Yeah. Okay, guys. So we are going to play a very uh, different sort of Highlander trivia game this time. And this trivia game uh, comes to us courtesy of the Highlander Endgame Producers Cut DVD. Nice. So... I was only able to rip some of the uh, some of the video off of the DVD because I think this is like some sort of it's not flash I don't know exactly what it is but uh, I could not rip all the questions so I had to take pictures of the screen uh, which was fun like not all the videos would come off um, but the uh, it is set up in three rounds so we're only going to play the first round today and it's a round of sixteen questions uh, and Kyle sixteen and- <laughs> wow I okay. know right. Uh, and so I'm going to read the question and I'm going to read all three answers. There's three multiple choice answers. Uh, and once I name the third multiple choice answer, you can buzz in. Does that make sense? Like Jeopardy style. You have to wait till the, the question's asked. Sure. Buzz in with your name. I will call on mm-hmm. you and then you can answer. Uh, and you'll get two points for each question. Uh, and if you get it wrong, you can steal for a point. Does that sound okay? Yes, Sounds sir. Good. Let's All do right. it. And to get the full immersive experience uh, of this DVD, I'm going to play the intro video for you, which is great. <laughs> Ooh, there can be only one. The game where only knowledge and strength will triumph. How do you test your strength here? You will yeah. attempt to defeat the most evil of immortals, Jacob Kell. This task will not be easy. You must answer all 16 questions correctly to win. One wrong answer, and you lose. Wow. Please. (laughs) Great. Okay. Wow. Love it. Pretty good. That's amazing. It is good. All right. So let me see here. One right. wrong answer, and you lose. Is, is there that- like a victory video we get to see? Uh, you bet there is. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> okay, so here we go. We're playing level one. Ready? Yep. Uh-oh. Why can't I make the thing move? Here we go. Ooh. What was Connor's? No, that's not the right question. Uh-oh. <laughs> Hold on. Hold Uh-oh. on, everybody. Uh-oh. I might have grabbed, put the wrong one up. That might be the next week's round of questions. I bet I, I screwed up, guys. I apologize profusely. It's all my fault. Bunny port That's right. Can I get it again on a harmonica? Oh, God, I hate that shit so much. It's unbelievable. There we go. All right. Question uh. one. What actor plays Connor McLeod? A, Christopher Lambert. B, Sean Connery. C, Adrian Paul. Buzz. Oh, yeah, it's Christopher Lambert. You buzz in there with you your go. name? Oh, Kyle, Christopher Lambert. Hey, oh, my God. Oh, my God. <laughs> Kyle, what? you have, don't have a good track record with these games so like so far, so we're, we're watching here with the cheating. How, how do you buzz figure? in? With... <laughs> All right, Kyle, you get two points. Very good. Damn straight. Next. What was Rachel's relationship to Connor? A, older sister. B, confidant. C, lover. Amen. Kyle. Amen. Confidant? 
That is correct. Weird. <laughs> it's pronounced confidante. Confidante. Islander <laughs> confidante. Um, what does Connor's mother do when she is asked to renounce her son? A, renounce Connor. <laughs> B, renounce the clan. Or C, renounce God. Kyle. Kyle. She renounces God. Yes, that is correct. Wow. That wow. is an intense interpretation of her of her actions. Yeah, it is. All right. Question number four. Why does Connor kill Father Rainey? A, he attacked Connor. B, to avenge his mother's death. And C, he surprised Connor. Amen. Kyle. Kyle. I mean, Eamon. I'm sorry. Eamon did get it in. I'm sorry. He did. Yeah. C, he surprised Connor. No, Kyle for the steal. Really? Interesting. I'm I gonna, know. I, I guess I'm going to say B then to avenge his mother's death. All right, you get one point for what that. F. Uh, yeah, I think I agree with Eamon, but I'll take I, that point. I had to play also, just to let everybody know, on this DVD, if you get one question wrong, it's like you lose and you have to do all of the questions again. Uh, yeah. I got that one wrong because I, I don't agree with the answers in this trivia game. All right, yeah. there we go. That's messed up. It is. Number five, what does Jacob Kell do when he finds Connor in the sanctuary? A, sets him free. B, kills him. Or C, tortures him. Kyle. Kyle? Sets him free. That would Ooh. be correct for two points. All right. Like the genie in Aladdin. Ah. Yeah. All right, question the sixth. How does Connor escape from his prison guards in Glenfinnan? A, he breaks through the window bars on the window. B, he crawls through a secret passage. And C, he kills the prison guard. Kyle. Kyle. He kills those guards, baby. He does. That one I thought was tricky too. Yeah. I don't it's, know. It's true he's, that he breaks through the bars on the window, but then he just resorts to good old murder. That's right. These questions are like weird <laughs> yeah they're very weird uh where does connor teach duncan the master sword move that duncan eventually uses to take connor's head a Spoilies. venice b ravina and c florence amen amen b ravina that is correct or right. ravenna or whatever yeah i don't know how to, i i'm not familiar with that city uh i apologize uh highlander ravenna how dare you <laughs> I, yeah right highlander the ravenna uh <laughs> all right that's <laughs> okay <laughs> um next up number eight what has connor lost in his life a faith b strength c hope kyle. kyle he's lost that hope baby you are correct he has lost all hope connor what have you lost in life you're halfway there who does connor's mother say he is when connor first returns home a kyle. the water horse oh, sorry. b bandits c father rainy amen amen the water horse. That's right. I heard you trying to get an answer in before the time was allotted, Kyle. Eyes are all over you. <laughs> I, I forgot the rule. Okay. You're like Endgame. That's right. Yeah, all the I, don't rules are about the rules. I don't care about the rules. I don't right care now. about the game. For Also, uh, for a guy who doesn't care about the game, he's like killing a million people a second. Yeah. Right, why not just <laughs> like, Why is he killing all those people if he doesn't care about the game? Because it's stupid. What is the name of Connor's first wife? A, Clan. B, Deborah. What? And C, Heather. Kyle. Kyle. It's Heather. Also, strong yes. move naming that Deborah. <laughs> Sorry. Deborah. All right. Uh, next up. 
What does Connor say is the most essential element of sword fighting? A, strength, B, speed of movement, and C, manipulation of the mind. Amen. Amen. C, manipulation of the mind. Yes, that's correct. I don't remember him saying that's the most essential part of, is it? Yes. Does he really say that's the most essential part? (laughs) That's insane. I think he says sword play is not about strength. It's about Manipulation. manipulation of the mind of the mind like a That's jedi crazy yeah. okay okay <laughs> all right uh, how long is connor in the sanctuary before jacob Kell comes looking for him a five years b 10 years and c 15 years kyle kyle 10 years 10 years is correct 10 uh, years okay uh only four more to go very good. Also, every time on the DVD when you get an answer right, like it just plays a really quick clip of like Duncan like roundhouse kicking Kel. It's <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> I'm into it. Yeah. Okay. Here we go. Uh, next, well, where was Connor's body supposedly buried? A. New York. B. London. C. Connecticut. Amen. Oh. Amen. Connecticut. I don't know about that. Wow. Oh, really, Kyle? Well, there must be a delay on your internet connection. Amy got that. See, Connecticut is correct. And it was also actually buried there, not just supposedly. Um, yeah. Next. There's only two more. This is it. Will you guys defeat Jacob Kell? Let's hope so. Yeah. What does Connor use to mark Heather's grave? A, a cairn. B, a flower. C, a sword. Kyle. Kyle. A sword. That is correct for two points. And the final question, in what year do we first see Connor in Scotland? A, 1712, B, 1555, and C, present day. Kyle. Kyle. 1555. That is correct. Who do you think won? Kyle. (laughs) Kyle, you won. Kyle won. Congratulations. That is 19 to 10. Uh, Yeah, and now we got to play the video. I can't wait. Here we go. This is your victory video. I'm going to savor it. You've stopped Jacob Kell, and the prize is yours. Congratulations. <laughs> wow. Only one. <laughs> oh, boy. Oh, oh boy. God. Oh, boy. Wow. These are some spoilies. Wow. Yikes. So the prize is, is is yours like duncan doesn't win the prize who knows man it's a whole there's there's a couple different uh highlander universes the trivia game is like its own highlander, highlander universe. universe yeah this is this like, is canon this is canon yeah. this is canon right that was like insanely violent and also like this game seems like it's for children like right, it does <laughs> it's not yeah, this is this is nuts. All right, so that brings us to the end of uh, chapter six of our Islander coverage. How do what do we think uh, about the couple scenes we watched? Like, how how are you digging these characters? Do you think have you learned more about Connor? Like, is this giving you like interesting Connor backstory? Like, I don't know. Do you do you do you feel like you enjoy Duncan as the uh, the guy taking up the mantle in the Highlander movie? If this was like your first Duncan. introduction to Duncan. Duncan, Duncan does nothing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, Duncan does fuck all in these two scenes. It's, and like, but somehow it like, he finds Connor somehow. 
Mm-hmm. He doesn't even look like it's crazy that that's not the the MacGuffin of the story. Is that like find yeah. Connor? We have to get clues to find Connor. No, he's Ooh. just there. It's oh, mm-hmm. yikes! Weird. He's just there. Duncan just is mean to his friends, but it all works out. And then we get like a math problem in the middle of it. I don't know. <laughs> like, there are some aspects of this that are good though that we should focus on. Like, yeah. I at least I guess that. You know, it's cool that we finally see the plot crystallize of like why Kale is involved and things like that. And I do think that they had ways to make that a more sympathetic story than they do. Mm-hmm. Um, but otherwise, like just not a lot ends up happening. Sure. It's cool to see Connor get housed though, I guess. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, like I guess that, that's like a good moment. I enjoy this fight. Like I, yeah. I like the, the drama of it. Like I, in some ways, like, while I know we're maybe not sold on the motivation of like 400 years of revenge based on what happened, like I do think that this sort of revenge story is perfect for Highlander. Like, I mean, this Kel is kind of a callous, cl- I don't want to say clone, but like, you know, we've seen this sort of character before to a degree, right? Yeah. And callous does have the aspect of like he's messing with your friends and family right. as part of his yeah. revenge. That was all just more like, you know, localized in contemporary present day uh, where this mm-hmm. is like over time. But also like Highlander, The Search for Vengeance is kind of the same story. Uh, so right. I think obviously people that worked on the show, David Abramowitz, Gillian Horvath, were like, you know, keen keen on this, like this notion of revenge, which I think is fine. Uh, yeah. Mm. Yeah. And like they're also keen on this concept of like, redemption for for characters that like okay you've done something bad in the past like they're how and what do you have to do to get over it right um the problem is they just don't adequately set up connor's crime such that those dynamics play out right um but you know there's a version of this where he's committed real real wrongs that are worthy of redress mm-hmm. um you know perhaps not the way it's depicted here but you know, him killing a priest is like arguably decent fodder. Yeah. Uh, I have a question. Do you guys like uh, Jacob Kell's sword? Yeah, I like it. I, I I don't know. It looks it looks rather heavy. Uh, but it's like, I don't know. It's all metal. It like I don't know something about it doesn't necessarily feel elegant. Like it's not mm. like a thin blade. It's I don't know. Uh, I just wondered like because the Kurgan's weapon is so like iconic in yeah. Highlander and they're, one. They're, they're trying to go more in that direction, clearly. Right. I don't know. Yeah, I was just kind of curious. Two swords. That's right. At some point. At some point. Mm-hmm. He's that little pizza pizza scoop. Is, is yeah. he ever going to use them against our heroes, though? Mm. No. Probably not. Oh, boy. <laughs> oh, well. Oh, boy. Interesting. All right. Do you have anything else to say about these two, the, these couple scenes? I feel like we'd said a lot of it in media res or whatever. I think I'm just like frustrated. Like this is, I mean, I guess we've just covered two very uh, like exposition heavy scenes, right? Like yes, what's going on? Like what happened with Connor and who is the villain in relation? Like we finally, this is our first time, I guess, finding out the motivation of the villain, right? Yeah. So that's significant. Yeah, this both explains what we've already seen and sets the table for the entire remainder of the film. Right. And we get to so, know that they have all these power levels. And that's that's yeah. pretty much it, uh, which I don't think is necessary at all in this film. So ridiculous. Yeah. And it is worth one one plot thing that happens at the end of the scene that we didn't notice is is Jacob Keller delivers some line indicating that like Duncan is in. Oh, yes. 
that you know because of this vendetta against connor he's not going to kill connor but duncan watch your neck yep 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 Protect very good your neck duncan Protect your neck all right all right well thanks everybody for joining us this week uh i'm sure you know uh, uh we had some hot takes on on this movie uh so write us some emails at highlanderrewatch at gmail.com uh we're probably going to be doing a big reader mail episode towards the end of our coverage uh because we've been getting a lot of it so that'll be fun uh and tune in next week uh for another exciting episode of highlander and game we've been your rewatchers i'm keith this is kyle this is amen bye bye Would you have really understood? Which part? The endless numbing sameness of it all? Or never bothering to love someone? Because whole lifetimes tick by so fast they don't even count anymore. Then why did you come? To see if I could feel again. anyone with such a capacity for hate except me welcome to highlander rewatch the podcast where each and every week we talk about another facet of the highlander universe i'm one of your rewatchers i'm keith this is kyle this is amen and amen that line was originally written about you that's right that's right. yeah is the the the, the, the noted volcano of hate that is amen <laughs> i'm just a rageful monster mm. it's true well, welcome everybody uh, back to our Endgame coverage. We are now in episode seven of our continuing Endgame coverage. This is uh, remarkable. This is now longer than our movie podcast, uh, the original motion pictures. So how about that? Oh, if you count the trailer though, we're not quite longer yet. All right. That was still, we got in depth with that trailer, man. We did. We did. Let's we not did. sell ourselves short. Uh, I don't know. <laughs> Um, so welcome to the show. If you haven't checked out our other Endgame episodes, make sure to head back uh, and check out the other ones before listening to this. And if you dig what you're hearing here for Highlander Endgame, uh, check out uh, our podcast where we cover the whole series and all the movies and there's interviews with the, the cast and the crew of the, the films and TV show. Uh, it's pretty great. So, But before we jump into episode seven, uh, Eamon, can you do some reader mail for us? That's right. So we have some Highlander Endgame reader mail from... Josie G, I hope I'm pronouncing that right, or maybe it's Jossie. I'm not sure. All right. Hi, guys. It's pronounced Joiki. Joiki. <laughs> Joiki G. Hi, guys. I just wanted you to know that you are not alone in regards to your feelings on Endgame. Upon first seeing the movie, I found it cring cringeworthy and frustratingly inconsistent with the storylines of the TV show. They had six years to fall back on. Why create this? And there's like... <laughs> 70 exclamation points and question marks <laughs> that being said i still enjoyed endgame because well it's highlander upon seeing the source i found myself looking back upon endgame with such fondness that it became okay in comparison 
That being said, I love the Highlander franchise and love listening to this podcast. Thank you. I await your rewatch of The Source with bated breath. The three of you are a joy to listen to even when you're not talking Highlander. That is hey. <laughs> That's frequent. <laughs> and then there's a postscript. Mm. This is my hot take on the movies of the franchise. The first Highlander movie and five and a half seasons of the show were so good that I just kept coming back for more in the hopes that it would regain that level of quality. I feel like it's a bad relationship that I keep coming back to. Oh, no. I should know better. Maybe this time it will be different. (laughs) (laughs) This is the only aspect in my life that I do this with, thank God. But I know I will come back every time. Do what you want with the postscript. Oh, I just read it. You guys are the best. <laughs> there we go. Yay. Thank you. Great. Jossie, awesome. Josie. Uh, that was a nice email. Very nice. Yeah. And uh, I agree uh, with, with that. Definitely. Um, just going off of that, I mean, you know, I watched this movie digitally a few times, but I did buy the buy the two-disc DVD. Look at that. Amazon. Um, and then I bought a Highlander 2 DVD, uh, and it turned out to be a bootleg. <laughs> <laughs> yeah and it's so, from it's from gary's trading post i don't know if you can see that <laughs> very good wow gary's trading company operated by lucky flash investments limited <laughs> so uh is how's the movie quality on it have you looked at it i didn't like... i didn't check out the disc yet oh, but okay i'll, I'll update it's you just guys. porn yeah <laughs> oh right even steamier scenes it's just the scene yeah <laughs> Oh, and on the Highlander 2 DVD, it's or on the Highlander Endgame DVD, it says, more action, more steamy scenes, all new ending. <laughs> all oh, new boy. ending. Oh, boy. More steamy scenes. Man. I like that. I Great. It's great. Uh, all right. So um, before we get into our review, we're going to play the catalog game. Uh, so in this game, Kyle and Eamon are going to go head to head and try to guess the actual retail price uh, of an item from the Highlander catalog after I read a description and show them a picture of the item. Uh, if they guess within 20% or more, higher or lower, uh, they win and they gain my respect for the rest of the episode and they get to give their opinion first. Uh, isn't that wonderful? Are you guys ready to play? We are ready. Let's do it. Okay. So, um, again, I'm reading out of the 1996 catalog. This is an early Highlander catalog. Uh, And here we go. This is going to be item 116. Check out that bad boy. Oh, boy. I know it's not uh, not the best picture, but it's a small uh, photograph in the... uh, in the magazine here in the magazine but the gecko is inside it, it right yes that's yeah. right it's hidden in there yeah. and i like that the bandana is tied around it highlander the claw what? look at that highlander the claw <laughs> that's right okay here we go uh, uh the description reads tote bags have appeared in one form or another since the dawn of reason Bill dawn Ar- of reason <laughs> yeah reason only reason yeah they didn't have Only-re- a need to carry things uh before that there was no need um Fill our contemporary Highlander version made of durable black canvas with anything you need to get from time to time. What? From time to time. <laughs> wow, that's weird. What an yeah. awkward way of expressing that bags have been around. Right. Uh, and there you go. You Highlander to Toad, right? From time to time. Yeah. Our famous watch is now emblazoned on a tote bag, right? Yep. <laughs> oh, boy. All right. 
Kyle, so, I think you guessed first last time. Uh, Amen, what, talk to me. What do you got? I just, I just want to say something about this. Sure. So this design was on the wristwatch that we talked about recently. Mm-hmm. Yes, and the, a t-shirt and a bunch yeah. of other things. Yeah. So this wristwatch design or whatever, this sword design actually has 12 swords on it, unlike the watch. Mm. So on the watch. Missing one. They replaced one of the swords with the word Highlander. <laughs> Interesting. Yeah. That's a huh? good catch. Why? This is insane to me. <laughs> well, I guess maybe they thought that the the needles, are you calling them needles? What do you call them on a, a watch? The, the watch hands. 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 The hands. The needles. In my family, we call them the needles. <laughs> the needles. <laughs> what? <right. laughs> uh, yeah. Is it because like they attach to the center of the, the graphics so they'd cover up Highlander? Maybe. And they want to make sure that, like, you got to see Highlander, baby. That's the money. That's what you're paying for. <laughs> yeah, that's where the... Interesting. I don't know, huh? I mean, it's a fun design. I wish it was a little bigger on this tote, right? It seems a little small. It seems very small. Oh, all right, Eamon. Well, why don't you uh, take a guess uh, what you think the the carrier is called? It's not called a tote. It's called the carrier. The carrier. The, cloth, the carrier. And the barrier. Uh, $9.99. $9.99. All right. Eamon is not out of his mind. Kyle. Uh, I'm going to see the cloth has really thrown me off, but I'm going to say $14.99 on this one. The cloth was so cheap, though, that maybe maybe we're barking up the wrong tree. Kyle. (laughs) Congratulations. Actual retail price is $15. Wow. Wow. You were right on the money. Yeah. I do do what I can. So this would cost $25 today. $25 for a thing that is given away if you like Basically, if you call any business on the phone, they <laughs> will send you a tote bag. Yes. <laughs> Very good. Sounds about right. And this was $15. $15. Is but there again, any item That's not that so is... bad with other Highlander stuff. It's no that's chess true. set. It's no yeah. chess set. Carry you your carry $800 chess set, dollar chess set yeah. in there, right? In the tote bag. Yep. Bludgeon somebody to death with it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, very good um okay so uh since we're about to hop into episode seven why don't we do a quick recap of everything that has happened thus far hit hit me with it uh hot dog in new york dunker and connor dunker dunker yeah dunker and connor <laughs> rachel explodes connor runs away but comes imprisoned in an x-men chamber has fever dreams about his dead mom Jacob Kell maybe participated in burning her a little bit, kind of, sort of. Duncan kills him. Cut to the present. Kell kills everybody in the sanctuary. Somebody take it over. Uh, uh, bad watchers are not cops. They're watchers. Right. Uh, Duncan flies to New York, uh, inv- like meets up with what? I don't know. He, he finds Connor's grave. Uh, we learn how he met his girlfriend slash ex-wife, Kate. Because he paid WWE superstar Edge, right? Because uh, he paid some uh, a bridge toll or whatever for her uh, troll toll. Troll toll. Yeah. Uh, what else happened? Connor teaches Duncan a secret move, right? In Italy, that's unstoppable. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Connor. Connor is revealed to be alive. Jacob Kell didn't kill him, right? Uh, and Duncan gets beat up by like the gang, uh, the the Kell gang. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then gets like kidnapped by rogue watchers and forced into sanctuary, right? That's like, yeah, good. forced into sanctuary. Oh, and then they uh, we get the Highlander Ball Z stats, right? And mm-hmm. so yes. we know that Kel has like 600 and some kills, and 
Duncan and Connor don't have nearly that many, right? So they're, they're they don't sauce. even have half. <laughs> right. I'm gonna I'm gonna go ahead and say this was our worst recap yet. <laughs> oh, really? <laughs> yeah. But we got the job done. I think sure. we covered everything. Okay. Uh, well, um, this episode is gonna feature, uh, I guess, Lisa B a bit more. Uh, and as we Ooh. mentioned, our very first episode or second episode, uh, that she was also a pop star uh, in the early '90s. Um, so we played some of her music uh, the first go around, uh, but we haven't played her music in a little bit. So I thought it'd be good to share. Uh, another one of her music videos real quick, since we're going to be uh, seeing a bit more of her in this episode. All right, here we go. Lisa B. Uh, Lisa and this song, I forget what the name of the song is called. You and me or something like that. Here we go. Perfect. You and B. happening <laughs> what is this ding what wow. this is crazy is this supposed to be like sound of music what is she wearing Oh my god so this is like a very like madonna uh -huh, very like a prayer thing yep what an intro right like Skip ahead a little bit. <laughs> Is this just a Christian pop song? Is she singing about Jesus? That's the question I'm positive having to see. Ballet. All right, great. Wow, what a the star. Yeah, I think I think that song's called You and Me. Uh yes, or yes, or yeah, I think it's you and me. Sorry, guys. <laughs> there it is. Lisa B starting Lisa the episode B. off with some chart she's she's great topping tunes. I don't know. What a what a talent. What a talent. All right. Ready to hop into this? Yeah, let's we, do it. We start with the flashback. So after the cemetery where uh Connor gets schooled by Kale. uh we get a flashback. There's no uh title card on this flashback for some reason, right? Uh, not that I have written down. Yeah, which is, I, I don't know, I guess that doesn't matter too much. Uh, but it's sometime after 1712, because that's when he met Kate in her carriage. Uh, yes. And so we're in some sort of like inn, right? A pub or whatever. And this is a wedding, right? Everyone's oh. dancing. And there's some drunk guy named Dave. Dave is there. Fat, fucking Dave. Max, like college roommate Dave is there. Look at Dave. Behave yourself, Duncan. I don't Dave. Know. I don't get this. I don't get this. I don't get this. Look is at all the gettable? friends. They have so many friends. Yeah. Um, yeah. Sure. Uh, well, so there's this line. So there's this like poem that said, like, what is it? Uh, May all your hardships fade away. It's the night becomes morn. Let love remain to guide your way. 
and then they finish it and say, till the day we are reborn. Uh, I was trying to find, I Googled that phrase. It's like, oh, mm-hmm. is this like a poem? Like that they, they, I could not find any reference to this anywhere. So, mm-hmm. but what do you guys think of this? Like this seems thematic in some way, right? This till the day we are reborn thing. And I'm like, what's that about? Guess what? It doesn't mean anything. <laughs> yeah, I don't, it's, I don't think that the Highlander universe posits any kind of reincarnation unless you're reincarnated and the person who ate you. <laughs> <laughs> well, Highlander 3 kind of messed around with that. Like they had the, the same actress play the two love interests, which I didn't mind too much. And I suppose, yeah. you know, I, I could see in some version of a Highlander movie that sort of thing, like love carries yeah. out through time, right? Or whatever. Like, I don't know. Uh, Are but you here re- it is. you're reborn as your immortal self? There's yes. the old you, oh, and the new you when you are immortal. <laughs> I am immortal. Yeah, I think that's a pretty good way to read this. Actually, is that the rebirth yeah. is about her immortal or mortal death, right? Huh? Yeah. All right. Interesting. I, I think it's the only. I think it's the only thing you can graft onto this that makes much <laughs> sense. Wow. Uh, and then Connor comes in. He does. And he's yes. like, hey, it's me. Right, life of the it's party. It's your Connor, here to rain on your parade. <laughs> so, like, I have a weird question about this. So, is, th- is this, like, a wedding at, like, or no, Duncan's immortal already, so never mind. So, this isn't, like, a, a McLeod wedding, like... <laughs> no not oh, really i see okay yeah yeah i was just like oh okay <laughs> like i was thinking for a second like Connor was like i'm back hey <laughs> uh so they're speaking on this dock and i guess again this scene kind of mirrors the market scene in the original highlander where ramirez yes. is like yo bro like you know you must leave her brother right that's a thousand percent what this is and so connor's like look man like i know what it's like to like love a mortal person and like it's going to be really rough and maybe just don't do this right uh, yeah and then just, we get this have flashback. your fun and move on <laughs> should we yeah. like talk about this like flashback at all uh let me see here so i have it with heather like cutting her tell, tell us this about is, what, what we this see is here so strange he's like Heather, me being aging was like very hard for Heather. And one day I came home and she was cutting her hair. Yeah. Which was like, huh? And then she gave it to me because she's like, this is something that won't age. So like, here you go. Right. It's very bizarre. And there's this kind of like upsetting image of her like crying and cutting her hair. And it's like, what? But isn't yeah, it like- This bloody? is very upsetting. <laughs> here we go. Let's hear it. We'll watch this little part. I found Heather in front of their house. She had a knife in when I asked her why she had done such a thing to herself, she said it was the one part of her that would never age. Like, why did she cut her head? Right, like, that's, right? That's, like, my, that's my main question. About like, this it's thing. insane. Like, you can what, just cut your hair off and it doesn't yeah. hurt. Yeah. Like, it's notably painless. It's you, your guy, you guys don't get like horribly cut every time you get your hair cut. I had to go to a new person. Oh, okay, that's good. That, that's why my shirt's red. This is my, <laughs> okay. my hair. She recently shirt. got a haircut. Yeah, just soaks in. That's like a creepy, and she's like huddled on like the the steps. It like looks like yeah, she's like she's like, having a breakdown. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I have a question. So 
at this point it's revealed that like Connor is like, oh, she's got like the seeds of immortality. Like he's mm-hmm. felt it. And this is the first time I think Duncan's like coming to terms with it. Like, oh, I felt that too. I wasn't sure what it meant, but like, mm-hmm. I know now. Uh, yeah. But like, wh- I have a question. What do you think Connor's even trying to tell Duncan? Like, he's like, I've watched a, a woman die before. And then it just, and it's like, so are you saying I should leave her or kill her? Like, I, I, I think Connor very clearly says like, you should have, you should like, enjoy your moment and move on oh that's right so, he says so yeah. connor is explicitly saying don't you know he's not advocating for right, Con- right, right. duncan to do what he ultimately does but i think it's fair to say that duncan may take the wrong lesson from connor's advice mm, yeah okay uh, interesting I, I was i was confused about this and he does like say that but then it just it's weird i wish this scene was like clearer or something sure now do we want to talk about uh, have we talked about in previous episodes the whole deal with like connor getting or duncan being married before do we bring we that did up dis- we did bring up how in the episode the darkness right okay prophesized that he will never ever marry right uh and, and duncan just- seems to think he is cursed this way and then in this episode again i was actually married already right. yeah <laughs> maybe that's the technicality that's the loophole he was married before the curse yeah, that so doesn't count. There you go. Right? Maybe. I don't know. Maybe that's yeah. a dub. Um, that, that's weird. This is weird. Yeah. And I'm also like, this never came up. <laughs> so uh, he gives you know Kate I mean? a necklace and it says forever on it, like a little locket or something, right? Okay, fine. Uh, to me, I'm just like, this is like a different movie. Like whatever mm. this Kate plot is, is like its own thing, right? Yeah, yep. well, like... They don't really set it up, but I think the idea, part of the idea is, is that there, there's supposed to be two revenge stories going on. Right, okay. Right? There's like a Kate revenge story against Duncan and a Kel revenge story against Connor, and they, they're kind of intertwined. And I think they're trying to draw a contrast that like Connor is able to try to mend this bridge because he still is hopeful, whereas like Connor can only fight because he's like hopeless or something. Right. I, I think that makes sense. Again, it's like not in the movie enough, right? It's like we we do all that work. Uh, and also, I never get the impression that Kate's trying to take revenge on Mac. He, she did kick him through a door. But like that to me, like is she like I don't feel like the motivation was that the the motivation was I guess this. Uh, I guess it's not spelled out that way. Like I'm like, oh, is she a goon for Cal? Like that doesn't. But no, you're right. Like it's her own. Uh, I don't know. It also makes it muddies the water because, like, she wants revenge on Duncan, but Kel also wants Duncan to get revenge on Connor. Like, so in some ways, it's weird because they, their targets are the same, right? I don't know. Yeah, that's a fair point. Like, I guess it's it's hard for me to separate the two goals. Uh, I don't know. Sorry, guys. <laughs> she she's using Kel to like get to Duncan and vice yes. versa. I guess, I guess so. I yeah. Yeah. Wow. Uh, so then the transition out of this is like a crazy set of like flyovers that are like super sped up over like the Highlands and then in New York and the music is like bananas, right? Like mm-hmm. it's really intense, like opera singing. Uh, and then where do we go? We go to Faith's, uh, Kate goes by Faith now and we go to like her show. Ooh. Her cool like, fashion show. That's right. Yeah. Where there's sure to get some gratuitous shots of women changing for oh, some they reason. sure do and i love the set dressing on this balcony oh look at those lips oh, which is lips. like i'm like where did they fucking film this like a dark hallway 
uh, <laughs> or like in front of a curtain, like they just threw up a tree and it's like covered in like glitter and like like Christmas tree decorations. It's tinsel, it's Christmas, and then, baby. Yeah, tinsel. And then there's these like lips. I'm just like, That's I so hate weird. it so much. So weird. So also strange. just look at Adrian <laughs> Paul's expression for a moment. Yeah. He's he, like does, a he does not look happy. <laughs> no, not at all. Very good. Um, okay, so yeah, we get all the shots of these these women changing, which is no good. Um, so what happens here? Well, Mac decides it's time to try to bury the hatchet, <laughs> mend these old wounds. Yeah, and we don't we don't really know what happened yet. Yeah. Right, yeah, that's not been revealed, right? Yeah, and this is where we get the line, a line that you busted out, Keith, which is, Duncan's like, why are you with Kel? And she's <laughs> like, he, I've never, this is like some more Return of the, the Jedi shit, like, your hate makes you powerful, you focus, makes you strong. <laughs> like, he's, she's like, I've never known someone with a greater capacity for hate than me. And I'm just like, what like why would you look for that in a person (laughs) you know i'd really like to meet like the most miserable hateful piece of shit i can meet like that would be great but duncan duncan says like i've tried to talk to you a thousand times you have really not that hard though yeah good like he didn't even recognize her when he saw her (laughs) like you're right like he hasn't tried this century yeah 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 so he, he's given up recently. He, yeah, he most, other... most of these efforts were in the 1800s. So yeah, whatever. <laughs> but he's uh, like, I was wrong. We don't know what he did, but he did something. Oh, also, here's th- these non sequitur lines really stick out to me and bug me so much. Like, so when Faith is like, oh, like he has the capacity to, for hate or whatever. Max responds to her. He says, "Fine, go home, Faith. Take care of what's important." And I'm like. What what are you talking about? What, what is important? What is, that that makes no sense. I don't know what you're saying. Is the hate important? But it's hate about Mac, so he's, she's in the right place, right? Like, yeah, right. I don't know. In front of Mac, hating. Yeah, him. dish it out, baby. Yeah. Is he like, yeah, you go, you go, hate, you fine. Yeah. That's yeah. You <laughs> it's so strange. These lines don't make any sense. Okay, so that's pretty much the scene, right? Yeah. And then and it's we get this, very like, fashionable and cool. It is very fashionable and cool. Uh, so then they they there's this like montage of them like walking around the city or like it's like Duncan is like laying in bed in a hotel. She's walking around in the rough cut. There's much more like Christmas footage. I don't know if you guys check that yeah, out. Yeah, because like, this is a Christmas movie. Well, that's the thing. It's like I we'll talk about that kind of at the end. But like I think it is, is important to note that like there are. They're, they're intentionally were Christmas things in this movie. Like that's part of it for some reason. And in the uh, the rough cut, uh, they got a lot more of those Christmas shots. Uh, so she rolls Merry into Christmas. like this church place, right? That's the last place we see her going into. Yeah, and I was like, where does she live? Yeah. Oh boy. All right. So this is like, these scenes are all different, I guess, in the, the rough cut and all that stuff. Uh, this is definitely all reordered and re-put together. Oh, yeah. In very um, strange ways. But the way this reveal is fucking incredible. This is like the greatest way to be like, where's Kel? Right here. This is not a joke. This is mind-blowing. Ooh, sewing machines. <laughs> hey! <laughs> like, what? are you talking about 
<laughs> and, and this Are feels crazy. This scene feels like it should happen two scenes from now. Like this mm -hmm. feels like it's been reordered to be in this way. Right. This is supposed to happen after the love scene, right? You're saying? Yeah, yeah I agree. He, she is returning home from having just been with Duncan for sure. Right. right. But in this Would version, it happens first for some reason. I, mm -hmm. I don't know why they yep. edited it this way. This is rough. Um, I hate this scene. <laughs> yeah, I don't. Should we play this? Scene? This is like, there's a lot to. Ah, man, I I do hate this scene too. Uh, all right, Kyle, but, we're gonna play it because uh, we hate it so much. Yeah, let's uh, because there's a lot of like bad stuff to talk about here, and mm -hmm. I think we should and point it out. So here we go. You were with him. A woman is a temple built on a sewer. Stop. Can we just pause for one Stop. second? <laughs> Stop. Go on, Kyle. Well, I'm not gonna say the obvious thing which is, that's obviously hella sexist. But I'll just point out, aren't all temples built over sewers? <laughs> I guess everything's but, built over a All sewer. churches have indoor plumbing, <laughs> which necessitates that they be positioned over sewers. So like, this analogy is fundamentally flawed. <laughs> sure. It was not that, was that not the thing that you have a problem with? <laughs> oh my God. Uh, this movie, I don't. I don't know if this is where, better where or does worse than other from? films. Yeah. Uh, uh, an hour and three minutes it takes this movie to get into hardcore Highlander misogyny. Yeah. Here it is, like <laughs> the hallmark of every Highlander movie is some bullshit like this, and I don't get it. It doesn't need to be here, and it's trash that it is. So fuck nope. this scene, right? Mm -hmm. Yep. I agree. You were a whore. <laughs> okay. <laughs> also, later, let's let listen to a little more here. Remember what you were when I first found you. What? A whore. Now look at you. A liberated whore. Fuck you. Oh, we'll get to that place. This is disgusting. But in the interim, be grateful I don't take your pretty little face off. <laughs> this is fucking crazy. It hurts, doesn't it? That there's something you actually can't have. Hmm. I can have anything I want. Except me. I've already had you. Fucking that's crazy. Ugh. Not really. Not really. Cool. What? That's that's that classic not really burn. Yeah. Also, this this, this seems like <laughs> way too much longer than it needs to be. It's it's, it's, like, it's like what do we what do we get out of the scene? Besides what yeah. I'm about to show you next, because it's my favorite part that they decide to commit the film. Uh, Jacob Carroll. Jacob Carroll. And then this scene ends with this. By the way, this is on film. I this love this. Is ew. Piccolo. <laughs> what the fuck? Stop it, movie. Stop it. Did they, uh, did they get that from Spinal Tap? Smell the glove. Smell the smell glove. The glove. This is crazy. All right. You're a, you're a whore. <laughs> All right. What do we think about this? Uh, I hate it. It's bad. It. Yeah, it's I don't bad. It. It's... I don't understand why it's in the movie. 
this doesn't need to be in the movie. <laughs> yeah, yeah, not I, at all. I just, I just don't understand what it purports to be doing. Like, there's what it does and what it's trying to do. I don't even know what it's trying to do. So is it like uh, trying to be like she owes Kel because like he saved her from being a whore? I guess. And like, I how think... long have they been rolling together? Like, what? What happened yeah. to her? I mean, yikes. Yeah, like, we don't actually see anything related to them. And there doesn't appear to be any warmth between the two of them. No. no. He it's just like, really it's weird. like, well, I peed on you, so you belong to me. So, yeah. like, that <laughs> appears to be it. This is like and, a weird movie trope, though. Like, the when I found you line, you oh, were like, yeah. this yeah. or you were that. You know, Unemployed? <laughs> In yeah. Greenland, inconceivable. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but, yeah, the uh, the other thing that's nuts about this is they reorder this so that all she has done to this point is have a conversation with Duncan McLeod. They had right. a conversation in which she was like, "I fucking hate you. <laughs> right." Yeah, but you've that been is, with him. Yeah, like that is her betrayal at this point. Is she see this guy? She sees this guy and is like, "I hate your guts." It's so it's baffling even in context. What do you think they did it for? Do you think they wanted her motivation to sleep with Duncan? Spoiler that's about to happen to be like some like that Kel was horrible to her, and so yeah. she's like, you know what? Fuck you. I'm gonna go like hate fuck my ex. Yeah, I guess like that does change the motivation a bit having it here, right? It does, but I don't think that's for the better either. Like, really, yeah. Uh, I don't just, like it. Also, this is a character who, like, none of this matters. This character goes on to show no agency uh, or anything <laughs> yeah. like that as a result of these, of this interaction or the interactions to follow. Like, right. it, it spurs no action. It causes no change. It's, yeah, this... just, it's all just very odd. Uh, so yeah. I'd like to, this is like a point in the movie where there are, I think, a lot of changes that happened, right? So there's an alternate, it's not an alternate take of this scene. It's just an alternate scene that's like not in the movie. I shouldn't say alternate scene. It's a scene they decided to cut that presumably maybe went here, uh, I mm. think. Uh, so Kel and Kate have this whole conversation. Uh, and I think it's important because I, I know I've mentioned, I think there's some interesting symbolism they were going for in this film. Uh, so this scene is important to that symbolism, uh, but we'll talk about that more later. So here we go. There's Kate going home. So we're at, yep, at the church. Right. Take me to church. And Kel's there. How did your shoot go? I take it you were a success as usual. Slayed him. What's the matter? Nothing, I'm just tired. Not tonight, Jacob. Come. Ew. Here. It's um, so cold. Yeah. Look how slowly. Oh my god. <laughs> wow. It's like a uh, processional. I thought you could use a little perspective, a little clarity. So what are you going to do when you finished creating this temple? You tell me. Knowing you, when it's full, build another. When's it going to stop? It doesn't stop. Aren't you after the prize? There can be only one. What fun would that be? I choose when the game's over, Faith. Why do you think I've taken all these lives? 
I choose who's to live and who's to die. Connor will live for now. Life is a revolving door for you. You can't go backwards, only forwards. And this, this is least. When you kill an immortal, you digest someone's soul. What? They're very mm. cold. Their live essence. Those that can <laughs> your face go. do. I just Those don't understand why this is all happening. Judge. War is raw. Do you know what live is backwards? Lived would be. What? Wow. All right. So he teleports at the end. Uh, is he the devil? <laughs> oh, yeah. Live backwards is evil, but lived is. Burr, burr, burr. What the what is that? Huh? It's so bizarre. And also, he's building that temple exactly. and he's trying to fill it. Yeah. With what? For All right, whom? so maybe we should mention now, like this is this is a whole thing that was like cut out of the original, and that like Jacob is like still on a mission from God to erect like insane religious megachurches like around, uh, and like I don't a Joel Osteen type. <laughs> it's like a Joel. He is like a Joel Osteen type. Um, the other thing that we didn't mention child. is that like <laughs> he he has he has six hundred and sixty one kills. Oh yeah, we're gonna get there. And then After like the supper. When he when he gets all the kills, it adds up to six six six. Oh the devil. Mm-hmm. And they just dropped that plot line. Yep. So <laughs> there's the stuff, movie. it's all like here. It's so strange. Uh so the way this was ordered. I didn't even the, notice that. That's <laughs> uh the way they ordered this in the rough cut is after this, then we get the transition to the flashback where we see Kate getting uh oh no, after here, this is when we find out that uh mac meets kate on the road or whatever that's the the flashback mm-hmm. it gets put all the way here which is crazy mm-hmm. well that waits a while yeah uh but the transition they do out of the flashback is one of my favorite things uh in the rough cut uh so i'm gonna play these few seconds because it is hysterical <laughs> here we go so here we go kate's riding away Oh boy. Also, the smile she's giving is like she's in a hostage situation. Right? Uh, And someone was like, smile for the camera. Like a funny, (laughs) someone told a terrible joke. I probably told a terrible joke. And that's the face I would get. Um, That's amazing. (laughs) Okay. I'm smiling. Please don't hurt me. Okay, so now what happens? Now we're really into the meat of it if we, we know what we're talking about here, right? Oh, yeah, maybe. Hey, Kate, Kate sneaks so, in Duncan's room. Does he get yeah. the buzz? No. I, yeah. <laughs> and, and Mac is like sleeping on a futon with his shirt, wearing like a dress shirt that's open. Mac's relationship with shirts, I didn't mention this earlier. When Joe and Mythos break him out of the new sanctuary, the very first thing he does is button his shirt up to the top. And it's like, you were like chained on a metal gurney for who knows how long. And you're like, you will be more com- comfortable now to like really restrict this. Also, yeah. isn't that a fashion faux pas buttoning your... <laughs> I'm always going on about this. People do it. And people did it then. It's even it more style, popular. man. It's even more popular now, I feel like. Really? No way. It, it, 
in many circles. Interesting. Uh, I mm. hate it. Wow, look at that. I don't right. like it. My neck's too fat. <laughs> okay. Uh, all right, so Mac then like picks up his katana on the ground, and then when he realizes it's Kate, he puts it down. But they don't film him putting it down. It's like the footage is reversed of him like picking it up. And <laughs> I it didn't notice down. that. Yeah, it's so good. Um, so I, I like the way this is like intercut. I kind of suppose. So we're gonna mm-hmm. get two sex scenes. This is the steamy, the extra two steamy the price, Two for the price of one. That's right. Uh, and this is really the only time they do this in this movie where they like really bend, blend present and past, right. which I think mm-hmm. is like a, a, as a as a mechanism. I think is generally pretty effective. Yeah. Uh, and what was also interesting is because this is an intimate sex scene, they built, you know, it's like a closed set, but they built these two sets together, which I think was kind of cool. Hmm. Uh, and That's so in, smart. The, in the rough cut, they actually, there's some, there's some different pans, uh, because they'll like be filming like a cast iron, a skillet, yeah, a skillet, <laughs> right. And a nice nonstick thing for eggs. Uh, yeah. but they'll be filming like maybe body doubles, for instance, in the hotel. And then the camera will just pan over and it'll be the 1700s with Mac and Kate. Uh, but there's like no split in it, like because it's actually mm. the same room. Uh, that's kind of cool. But all that, that edit, cool. all that work they did to build them together is all thrown out the window because they don't edit it that way. Uh, in the that's unfortunate. Yeah. Uh, so uh, let's talk about what they get. What they what do they do? What's happening? So they're d- d- doing it, and then in the in the flashback, <laughs> Duncan is going to kill his wife. That's right. So they they get down to business. Uh, and then she falls asleep and he takes like a knife. This is crazy. And he just like shoves it in her heart. Just stabs her right in the heart, which is legitimately shocking, honestly. This is crazy. I mean, we've talked about this on the show. You can't have a conversation about this. Why? Yeah, well, I guess they have a whole conversation with Connor that like, if you told her she wouldn't believe you, blah, blah, blah. Which is like weird because like they've both obviously had this conversation with people before. Yeah. Um, yeah. Maybe not the conversation of I'm gonna kill you now. Right. But this is just crazy. Just to stab someone in their sleep. My yeah. God. But hold on. I I, I, I don't do want to actually... go past the sex part, guys. We gotta talk about yeah. this is nuts. I mean, hold on, right? Like is it? this is How so graphic. Is this is so graphic, guys. Like this you can see like up her butthole like it is, <laughs> i'm sorry what is, this is why is this in this movie this is nuts there's no this need is the extra, titillate people this, this is titillate people this is the extra how titillated were you oh uh, i was i was like whatever the opposite of that <laughs> see it's not working see if you go too far it's just too much and you become creeped yeah. out right I mean, I presume everyone on this Zoom call has witnessed pornography. <laughs> <laughs> but that's pornography, not a, a, a Highlander movie. Yeah, and, and bef- before the prevalence of certain websites, like that was more rare. Like you, there was much true. more of a blending between these two things. <laughs> that is very true. Highlander uh, 3, the sexiest movie of whatever. It had to outdo it, right? It sets, yeah. it, this Highlander set in the bar every time it re- releases a movie. <laughs> I don't know. Like, I don't want to. Like, I I didn't find any. Like, I agree. It's like fairly graphic. Is it more graphic than like the Brenda nipple suck? Not really. <laughs> but I don't think that necessarily needs to be there either. Maybe it doesn't. But like, we sh- this is not categorically different from other things we've seen from this franchise. 
Oh, it isn't. No, there's plenty. All right, Kyle, what of, of your favorite franchises, which one do you think would be better by including like a full on buns out, like <laughs> grinding sex scene? A Star Wars. Yeah, we got to get some Padme action. I don't know. <laughs> See, it's this is this shouldn't be in the movie. If we're going to criticize other dumb lines for being in the movie, this gets thrown out. Yeah, throw it out. But it's very sexy very sexy i mean there's nothing wrong with the love scene it's like but like hold on. this is like we've talked about the shortcut thing before like yeah. uh, i think in our very last episode of the series we wondered why they had duncan and amanda have sex and we thought that might have been a shortcut to remind us that like no they've got a thing together like to me this is trying to do heavy lifting being like see there's a connection it's like no like character development would be preferable to this not like mm -hmm. just throw them in a room and make them have sex like uh, yep. And also, this can be accomplished just with kissing or whatever. Like, it doesn't need to be what it is. And it's like, it feels cheap. And I'll say it, uh, exploitative of the actress, I feel. So, yeah. well, so instead, in the, in the uh, rough cut, Duncan just gives her a promise ring, right? <laughs> yeah. That's, yeah. That's what happens here. Very good. Uh, the, the, like, they never tell us how, like, Connor and Heather met, right? That's never been established. No. No. So it's like, how did it work for you, Connor? Maybe. Yeah, and how, and how did they have sex? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and how did they, yeah. Right, I want to see it. Yeah. Don't just tell me about it. Like, maybe Connor could help a little more <laughs> in the uh, breaking the news department than just like, well, she wouldn't believe you, so you might as well not try. <laughs> right. <laughs> and you should murder her. <laughs> right. Uh, like, we, I, oh. I, I do like this decision just in the sense that it's such an obvious blunder. And oh yeah. Duncan realizes it as soon as he does it. Like I think all of that is fairly effective. Like mm -hmm. it's a big mistake. I like that it gives her a very good reason to be very upset with him. Yeah. Like that's yeah. not to say that he doesn't have like there's some facially plausible reasons for doing it, but it's like a, a clearly bad decision. Right. Uh so you know, that's the seeds of good good storytelling, right? Uh, sure. A, a villain with good reason to hate your hero. <laughs> right, right. Yeah um also it's, it's like a pretty harrowing <laughs> scene like yeah it's pretty harrowing yeah i i like some of the i like when duncan's like recoiled in the corner and he has like blood all over his hands he's like what have i done like that all feels right to me that he yeah. perhaps would even have that uh reaction right that's good yeah yeah. yeah, I think that's all pretty effective. Uh, I just, I, I noticed the time codes. I just want to point this out on the sex scene. Uh, this sex scene goes from one minute, uh, one hour, five and 18 seconds to one, seven, 18. So it's like two entire minutes of this film are dedicated to just like buns and tits and stuff. Uh, that is 2% of the movie. 2% of oh. Highlander Endgame uh, is dedicated to like nipples and like, grinding uh so i don't Aiden's know favorite two percent of the movie also his favorite <laughs> kind of milk it's my favorite two percent right. of highlander endgame and that's that's what i pour on my wheaties yep <laughs> it all comes together uh, i have my box of wheaties with duncan mcleod on the on the box right i'd eat those wheaties so mm. after they have this encounter kate is like she kind of storms out of max hotel uh and this was the clip at the 
top of the episode. Uh, and she's like, I came back here just because I wanted to like, it's very emo. Like see if I, I wanted to see if you could just feel anything. And it's like, okay. You, I, I, I just noticed that you are basically camouflaged with your sofa right now. Oh yeah, I am. <laughs> because of your sweater. <laughs> yeah. Uh, it's like you've green screened yourself into this viewing. Mm -hmm. But second, it is a little funny that like she recoils and wakes up and storms off at the end of that flashback as though she's the one having the flashback. Mm -hmm. Oh, interesting. Right. Which I just thought was like, oh, huh. Like yeah. who like whose memories are we seeing? Like in context, I think we're supposed to think it's hers. Oh, how about in that? In this instance, because it directly translates into her next action. I really like there's a good bit of editing here too, where like Duncan runs his hand like down her chest and gets to like where her heart was. And yeah. that's like a beat to to switch or whatever. And it's like, oh, that like triggers like, oh, that's where you stab me. I think that's like good storytelling. That's that's yeah. solid. Uh that's a that's a good edit. Right. And so uh, how about we uh, end this off with uh, playing the clip at the very end where Duncan, I guess, sees her off uh, the elevator. Right. And mm -hmm. now I guess we get to see some differences between Connor and Duncan. Right. Like there's at yeah, least which, like a glimmer of philosophy here. <laughs> yes. Which is weird because Duncan calls it out. <laughs> right. Right. Yes. There we go. You're missing the point, Kate. The difference between Connor and I is that as long as you're still alive, there's a chance that one day I might be forgiven. It may take years. Centuries even. But at least I can carry that hope inside me. That's one blessing of immortality. There's always tomorrow. Even for us. All right, mm. there we go. And I guess she's supposed to have finally felt something there at the end. Huh. Yeah, uh, right, maybe? Maybe. Sounds like uh, Max should have this conversation with Connor as well. Yes, like yeah. it's weird that this posits some dispute over this has already taken place. Right. That like we're supposed to understand that Connor is truly hopeless as part of this, but like that conversation hasn't happened yet. Yeah, so and that's it. Ah, yeah. So before we get too much further, are we uh, playing a game? Let's play a game. Game time. All right, guys, we are going to play another round of trivia from the Highlander Endgame Producers Cut DVD. So are you guys ready? Yeah. Are there ready. different clips this time or are we just sticking to the trivia? Uh, it is just the trivia. Uh, and so don't be surprised if some of these questions were from the first round. They've included them in the second round as well. Uh, so the way this is going to work cool. is, <laughs> I know, right? So really get on uh, your buzzers for that one. Uh, so anyway, the way this is going to work is I'm going to read the question and three multiple choice answers. When I'm done reading, you can buzz in using your name. I don't want to hear any, there should be no flim flammery or anything with these games. These rules Joe Biden. should be respected. Anyway, and uh, you get two points for a correct answer. If you get it wrong, uh, your opponent gets to steal for one point. Are you guys ready to play? I'm ready. Here. End All game. Right. End game. Here we go. So this is going to be level two trivia. You know it's going to be hard. I don't know. Uh, some of it will be. Uh, what was Connor's wife's name in 1555? A. Oh, I keep forgetting. A Sorry. Heather, you already called out out of turn. You lose. A, Heather, B, Kate, C, Clan, Eamon, it goes to, no, it goes to Eamon. Heather. A, Heather, how about that? 
I like that they just reversed the order of the question. Yeah. <laughs> oh, you're right. They did to trick you. Uh, great job, great job following the rules as well, Eamon. Maybe oh, a bonus point you, uh, will be in store for you later. Um, here we go. Next one. What does Connor's wife beg him not to do in 1555? A, go back to Glenfinnan. B, kill Jacob Kell. Or C, sell the forge. Kyle. Kyle. Go back to Glenfinnan. Also, like, who are these trivia questions for? Just someone who never saw the movie? Yeah. I don't know. Don't sell the forge. Right? Yeah. I have to. Connor was in the sanctuary for how long? A, three years. B, 10 years. C, seven years. Amen. Amen. 10 years. That's correct for two points. Question oh. the fourth. What does Connor say to Duncan as he asks Duncan to kill him? Uh, uh, God damn it. A, there can be only one. B, one of us must die. C, I have no reason to live. Amen. <laughs> B, one of us must die? That is correct. B. Oh. Another great job following the rules. Amen. <laughs> I love the rules. I love it. I love that you love it. Uh, what clan do Duncan and Connor belong you, to? Are you kidding me? A, <laughs> McDonough. Uh, McDonough. <laughs> Wait, how do you say that? McDonough. Yeah, McDonough. McDonough. <laughs> I'm so sorry. I'm an idiot. B, McLean, Mr. McLean, and C, McLeod. Amen. Amen. C, McLeod. Great job. What if I got it wrong? <laughs> like John, John is this supposed to be harder than the first one? I think it is. <laughs> Here we go. Where were Duncan and Connor born? A. Glen. This has Rudin, been answered B, in this trivia. Glenfinnan, C. Scottish Highlands. Kyle. Glenfinnan. Hello. I am sorry. That is incorrect. It is C. Scottish Highlands. Oh, I'm what? sorry. I didn't give you a chance to steal. I'm sorry, Eamon. But too late. That's okay. I'm sorry. Uh, I got that one wrong when I was doing uh, writing these answers down as well. I was like, wait a minute. And nope, they consider the answer C. Sorry. That's wow. so dumb. <laughs> it is so dumb. Uh, question the seventh. Name the actor who played Connor's mentor, A, Sean Connery, B, Jeremy Nor uh, Northam, and C, Adrian Paul. Amen. Amen. Sean Connery. That's correct. It's weird that this is the first question that isn't answered in this film. Yeah. I guess so, right? Yeah, you just need to see in the original movie. But. <laughs> All right. Number eight. What was Connor McLeod's alias in 1986? A, Todd Murphy. B, John Landis. And John C, Landis. Russell Nash. Kyle. Russell Nash. That's correct. John All right. Landis. You are now if we were playing the DVD thing, a video would come on and be like, you are now halfway there, Highlander. Ooh. So here we go. What does Mytho say to Duncan as he enters the graveyard? A, <laughs> good luck, friend. B, don't be a fool. Let's get out of here. And C, did I mention about this all coming to a bad end? Kyle. Kyle. It's C. It is C. Great job. I don't remember that. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, it just kind of. that's why you didn't get it right. Yep. <laughs> also, uh, oh, you didn't remember that very memorable line? Yeah, yeah. from that character that's going to show up in the movie again. <clears throat> uh, why does Connor <laughs> force Duncan to fight with him? A, there can be only one. B, Duncan needs Connor's life force to fight Kale. And C, Connor doesn't want to live anymore. Amen. Amen. B. B, you're correct. The life force. Also, the life. C is like also sort of true. I know, yeah. right? Yeah. <laughs> also, uh, A is true. Yep. <laughs> Technically. All three of these are true. All uh, yep. right. 
Uh, what does Duncan do on his wedding night that changes his life forever? <laughs> a, he lies to Kate. B, he kills his wife. And C, he becomes immortal. Kyle. Kyle. He kills his wife. It's also worth noting that the way this is worded applies that his wife is not Kate, but yeah. Uh, yeah, right. Uh, okay. Also, the top two are kind of true in a way, right? Yep. Who does Duncan go to see about his nightmares? A, Dawson. <laughs> B, Ramirez. C, Mythos. Amen. Scott. Amen. C, Mythos. That is correct. C, Mythos. C, Mythos. All right, this is the final four. Can you guys defeat Jacob Cal? We'll see. I hope so. Who is the oldest living immortal? A, Mythos. B, Connor McLeod. And C, Jacob Cal. Amen. Scott. Amen. A, Mythos. That is correct. Good work. Thank you, sir. You don't learn that in the movie either, by the way. You won't. You learn that he is five thousand years old, but that's it. Um, moving on. Uh, what does Duncan say about uh, that? Connor taught him about life. A. That in time everything can be forgiven. B. That there can be only one. And C. That Kel could not be beaten by one immortal alone. Kyle. Kyle. That in time everything can be forgiven. You are correct. Wonderful. Everything. All right. Get ready for these. What business was Connor in before antiques? A, orange juice, B, what? clothing, and C, furniture. I'm sorry, what? Uh, Amen. Is... Amen. Clothing? I am sorry, that is not correct. Kyle, for the I... steal, one point. Furniture? That is incorrect. It is A, orange juice. I don't understand. I don't uh, remember. What is the origin of this answer? What are the oranges? <laughs> yeah. What? That is the question. Was this, was this said? I don't know. I don't remember where this comes from or what. Oranges. Hot deals. Yeah, I had to play this whole fucking game again and it takes forever. With Do all we the have little to play this whole game again? Uh, here we go. Oh, I'm sorry, Kyle. All right. And the final question is what pattern is on Connor's boxers? A, Paisley's, B, polka dots, or C, stripes? I'm sorry, what? Yeah. Amen. Amen. Paisley's. I am sorry. Kyle, uh, for the steal. I'm going to guess stripes. Also wrong. B, it's polka, polka dots. dots. Polka dots. When do we see his underwear? So this is strangely, I guess, I mean, I guess you can see it, I think. Uh, but this is like trivia for the DVD. In the special features, they reveal when uh, Connor's knocked back, when his like mother's cross or whatever comes mm -hmm. down, that like when he falls, his like kilt goes up and he can see his underwear. Um, I, I How about that? I totally missed that. Mm -hmm. That's amazing. There we go. Uh, so Eamon, you win with a total of 16 points and Kyle, you Oh my goodness. Amen. Thank you. So next next time we'll we'll. I've I, I just googled Connor McLeod orange juice with a mandatory it must include orange, <laughs> and I cannot find a single reference to this. Interesting. Well, did we miss something, or, or did I play this... it wrong? I thought I clicked orange juice. That was like the last wow. one I picked. Because why would I think orange juice? Orange juice. Oh, gosh. <laughs> That's right. Wow. Great. Great job, everybody. So that brings us wow. to the end of episode seven. Uh, Kyle, I think you you got almost dead on on our I did get game. Dead so on. What, what's your what's your take on things thus far? Well, Help us wrap at least up. things are hurtling toward a conclusion like very fast. Like if you look at how this is a very short movie. And if you look at how much like this movie is 
not have much time left. We are hurtling towards the end. Uh, but I like that we get like some more character stuff with Duncan finally. He really hasn't done much in the movie up to now. And at least at this point, he's the one driving the action. Uh, so that's a plus. Um, one thing I don't think we talked about that much is there is a little bit of discussion about the uh, the killing of Jacob Kell's father does take place in that graveyard very subtly. The game is actually what reminded me of that. Oh, okay. Uh, that a little bit of that dialogue does take place in the graveyard, where like they seem to be laying a little bit of foundation of conflict between the two of them. Where Connor's like, "Is that true?" Or Duncan's like, "Is that true? Did you?" Killing on our men or whatever. Right. Um, and I guess that's good. Like a conflict between our heroes is good fodder. Will it matter? No. But like yeah. that's dramatic stakes. Yeah. It's funny you mentioned, Kyle, that like, oh, we learned a bit more about Duncan. And I didn't really think about that. But like, have we learned anything about Duncan up until like just this episode? Like, he does Tai Chi. Yeah. I guess it, like I mean like if you didn't know who Duncan was how would how would if if you talk to somebody like hey tell me about the character of Duncan McLeod what would they be able to tell you based on this movie like hardly anything right nothing yeah he's not a, a goofball not a goddamn thing he's a goofball in that one flashback where he takes the money oh that's yeah. right yeah As I don't know like, it's just yeah I, I don't know uh, I feel like we don't really learn too much about Duncan like the, the movie relies a lot on the audience bringing the series with them uh, yes so. Cause he's just, he just seems like a pawn and all like, he's just from scene to scene, like there, like, I don't know what he's doing. The queen's gambit. Mm -hmm. This is me holding pawns. <laughs> yeah. Sounds about right. All right. Yeah. I Interesting. Don't... We get some buns. That man, I can't, <laughs> I can't even get over it. Like, did we met? I mean, like you also well, see. I know you can't get too. over it. Cause your anaconda don't want none unless she got buns. <laughs> but, <hun>. yeah, like, <laughs> There is just Adrian's butt, just like it's it's crazy how much nudity is in this movie. It's butts that barely counts. I'm not trying to be prude about this. Like it's not about that. It's just like, what is this doing? Like it's not. It doesn't need to be here. It's steamy, baby. That's that's what I mean. This is like steamy Cinemax nonsense from the late '90s, right? Like I don't know. It's you know I'm curious. Dad'll watch this I'm, when all the kids have gone to bed and like or. Yeah. I I have a counter theory on that. Is it about her or is it about Adrian? Ooh. Is it about his bonds? Is oh, I mean, I think that's why they're there. I mean, that I who this is for. We get both buns. Both buns are there's four buns. Are they four buns? Do you how do you count them? Are they pair? Are they paired? Do yeah, you see two buns or four buns? Four buns. Four buns. Okay. I mean, I agree. So yeah, this is to get the ladies, the ladies. Yeah. The ladies right. Like I I think this sex scene. If I if I deposit who they did this for is it for random men who want to see this random pop star that nobody's heard of but her <laughs> butt or is it like all the horny ladies of highlander do they want to see so a piece but <laughs> i think i think both can be true both it's, are true it's number both. two I no think. it's both they're both. like we can finally unleash then why do they include all the boobies and stuff like they would have just cut that they'd be like this is just about showing off adrian's ripped fucking core and his grinding <laughs> booty and like his ripped fucking core yeah. i don't know and the horny ladies of highland <laughs> can, we, can that be a shirt yes <laughs> it should be 
Uh, oh, I, I, I will say like, uh, I, again, I remember watching this in like, I guess I must've been in middle school when this came out, like maybe eighth grade. Like I watched this with my family. Like we, we had to watch this together. Like, nah, that's not fun. Like that was very I mean, uncomfortable. It, it, or is this just a scathing indictment of our puritanical society? Like we're like, <laughs> oh my God, these butts burn it to the ground. I don't know. I saw I saw the Matrix two with my mom in theaters and that like giant oh, yeah. orgy scene. I was like I was sweating. I was so uncomfortable. <laughs> it was awesome. Awful. Uh, it was awesome. awesome. <laughs> That's your thing. It was awesome. Yeah. yeah. Very it's good. It's like a like a Ted Cruz like right. tweet like. <laughs> Fair Very enough. Good. All right. Well, thanks everybody for joining us uh, now through seven episodes. Uh, how many more do you think at this point we're going to have? That's a good question. Two? Kyle says I think, two. I think we yeah. can knock it out in two. Which, All right. If you don't count the trailer episode, we'll make it one long. We are counting the trailer episode. Let's not futz around with the rule. The rules are not made the to be rules. broken. It's episode See, one Highlander we, Endgame trailer reaction. Episode yeah, one. But we, but we didn't do a trailer reaction for the first movie, which we could have. There was no was need to do a trailer reaction for the first one. I don't Kyle's, know if that's true. Kyle's but, the Jacob, <laughs> Jacob Kell. Our format has evolved. It yeah, includes the trailer reaction now. Anyway, <laughs> sorry, this is what we're upset about. Like, the cataloging of the show. Look, guys, it couldn't go. It's, it couldn't be bonus episode six dash whatever. Let's get into yeah, the, the, the nitty gritty here. Like, that's it. All right. We've been your <laughs> That's right. Uh, we'll join us next week. Make sure to write us uh, at HighlanderRewatch at gmail.com if you've got any questions, comments, or thoughts you'd like to share. And make sure to head on over to iTunes and leave us a review if we you like what we're doing. I haven't said if we <laughs> like what we're doing. And the answer is no, I don't. Uh, but whatever. We plug on. Uh, I'm just kidding, everyone. Uh, we've been your rewatchers. I'm Keith. This is Kyle. This is Eamon. Bye. 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 Remember how you first found me? Sitting in that bloody bog, scared out of my mind? You taught me how to live, Connor. You taught me why we live. Have you forgotten all of that? No. Our bonds are all that hold us in this world. Don't break this one. Please, Connor. I'm begging you. It's too late. It sings like an angel. Just listen. Welcome to the Highlander Rewatch Podcast, where each and every week we talk about another facet of the Highlander universe. I'm one of your rewatchers. I'm Keith. This is Kyle. This is Eamon. 
Keith, for the Ooh. last time, it is not Eamon's preferred pronoun. You got to stop it. Well, yeah. the compliment stands. You sing like an angel. Aww. Thank you. Would you care to grace us with... Uh, so how about you sing the theme song to Highlander Endgame for us? Endgame. It's the Endgame. This is beautiful. It's, great. Wow. it's like I'm in the cinema again. I haven't I been know, in the movie right? theater in uh, a year, and uh, I feel like I'm there. What's the last movie you saw in the cinema? Oh, geez. 1917? Was that the name of it? Yeah, I think that might be the same for me. Wow, yeah. how about that? It's I can't remember. Weird I feel like I'm, I'm ready to say like Spider-Man into the Spider-Verse, and that movie is like three years old. I must have seen something after that. Sure, must have. But Cats. maybe not. Did you see Keith, the Cats? last movie you were supposed oh, to I see? Oh, I did see Cats. Theater. Cats was Cats was you the last Cats movie the I saw in the theater. What a choice. It was great. Made. I was mean, it wasn't great. It was hysterical, but I, I feel like the, the last episode you were supposed to see in the theater, I think we were supposed to see Sonic the Hedgehog, but then yeah, <laughs> and then something oh. fell through. Yep. What a what a last hurrah that would have been. Yeah, another ridiculous looking movie. Very good. Well, here we are. Welcome to episode eight of our Endgame coverage. We managed to spend, I don't know, 10 hours talking about an hour and a half movie so far, but it's not over yet, which is, not, I guess, uh, great. Man. Yeah. And we had, you know, I'm, I'm sure by now everyone has heard our 35th anniversary uh, video with some of our friends. If you haven't, you should go check it out. Right. Yeah, the contest is now over. Uh, so thanks everybody uh, for uh, playing, playing, I guess. I don't know. Uh, and yeah. congratulations to whoever the winner was. Uh, we're recording this before we pick the winner uh, with our number generator or whatever. Uh, so congratulations to them. But it was really fun to do that with everybody and celebrate 35 years of Highlander. The original motion picture. The original. Do you guys, do, would you guys like to, would you consider getting together for a podcast reunion for the 35th anniversary of Highlander Endgame? No. Only if it was a fist fight between us and the other people in attendance. Oh, interesting. Uh, metaphorical or literal. Huh. Because I feel like other people may not agree with our our approach to this particular film. Oh. Don't quote me on that, but uh, that is the sense I get. Many well, don't, but many do. Many That's do. True. It is a, a, a fandom divided, yes. Much like Endgame itself. That's right. Brother against brother. Clansman oh. against Clansman. Duncan! There we go. Gal! Take him, Gal! Well, how about Gal. we uh, kick it off? We're, well, we're not going to do any reader mail this time. We're going to save that for the end. We've gotten a bunch of reader mail, of course, about Highlander Endgame. Uh, so we're going to do our own episode on that. I'm like our own episode. They're all our own episode, right? I this is true. Is well, it? maybe maybe they're all God's episode. That's right. I guess that? everything does belong to uh, that dude. The big boy. The big boy. Very good. All right. But we guys want to play a game? You guys want to play a catalog it. game? Yeah, let's play the catalog game. Yeah, okay. So. Hey, I'm just trying to tell us all about the big Jesus. Okay. Something else to get us emails about, huh? <laughs> hey. All right. If they want to email us about Jesus. Right. Keep them coming. This is baby. not an invitation for emails about Jesus. I want that to be perfectly clear. Send them to Matt Getz of Florida. At, 
Yes, do What's, that. Okay, very good. All right, yeah. so we're gonna play the catalog game. So the way this works is I'm gonna read an item description out of the Highlander catalog, and Eamon and Kyle are gonna do their best to guess the actual retail price at the time of that item um, within 20%. If you get within the closest within 20%, you get to give your opinion first at the end of the episode, which doesn't really like count for all that much uh, ever usually, but even less so in this scenario, in this format, but whatever. And you do everything. get my respect though. So don't forget it, guys. Don't that's right. Okay. So are you guys ready? I'm ready. Let's do it. All right. So let me bring up the old catalog uh, picture here. It's going to be fantastic, obviously. Here we Mr. go. Mr. Fantastic. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Boom. You guys getting a, a peek of that? Yeah. Yeah. All right. So we're reading today out of, uh, we're continuing to read out of the 1996 Highlander catalog. Uh, and this particular item, there's actually two, so I'll show another picture as well. Uh, let me get the page open here. This is the denim jacket. Or rebar. Or rebar. So here, here's the one. Uh, I'll read the description and then I show you the other. Rebar. How's that sound? Yeah, let's do it. Great. Denim jackets. A denim jacket is basic adventure outwear, built to weather any situation and structured to look good after the most outrageous encounters. Strong to look good. Yeah, you know how they structure clothes? Yeah. What? Yeah. Strong, clothes soft. Do have structure. Oh, boy. You know. Sure, they do. I mean, everything has structure. What, what are you? Uh, Remember what? that clothes store structure? That's right. Mm. Mm. Please write right. us in if you've ever shopped at structure. Is that a real store? And about Jesus. Yeah, there's one at the Liberty Place Mall in Philadelphia. That's a place I don't go. I go there every day. No. Yeah, Bad okay. things happen in Philadelphia, baby. All right. That's right. All right. Uh, very good. Strong, soft, and enhanced with superior quality embroidered Highlander logo. Available in stonewashed or black with royal sleeves. Uh, they're the same price. So here's the first one. Uh, here's the other denim jacket. These are oh, both. Yeah. That's denim. Yeah. This is the right one, there. right? Are those like mouse turds at the bottom? What are those? Oh, <laughs> yeah, they, they do look like, uh, like I think rabbit, that is like pellets? lava lava rock. And that uh, I don't know if you can see my mouse. There's that there's that lizard up at the top here lurking Ooh, lurking by the jackets. And there's I some rebar like, here on the the upper left hand corner. Give me some of that acid. Wash. I feel like and a net. This this progression here needs to be like the magneto meme that goes around. Like show me the real. <laughs> <laughs> Such like, show me the real Highlander jacket, and then it's Ooh. this one. It's perfection. It is. It is perfection. Uh, there can yep. be only one. Yeah, this is the true. If you want the Highlander Canadian tuxedo, this is like the truest form of Highlander cosplay right here. Mm -hmm. It is. You could be like Mac. You could be like Mac. Be like Mac. The, the star of Highlander and Game. Yeah, and in this one here, like the net has gotten all the rocks. Mission accomplished. Rocks captured. Nice. Very Is good. That All right. Like a burlap net. Yeah, that's it. Amen. Why don't you kick us off? How much do you think item the, J301 costs? Ooh. So are both these J3s the same price? Is that what you're saying? They are both me? the same yes. price. Is that what you're trying to tell me? It is what I'm trying to tell you. It's actually what I'm telling you. It's like, you actually already me? told you. Hmm? Shall we tell me these are both the same price? Kyle, how much do you think the Highlander denim jacket costs? I'm going to guess that these are $59.99. $59.99, okay. 60 clams for these bad boys. All right. Amen. How much is item J03 or J302? 
I'll say forty nine ninety nine. Forty nine ninety nine. Wow. Okay. Both spread. Both of you lose. I'm. I regret to say this actually costs ninety dollars. What? Right. And no. No eighty nine ninety nine. What a surprise. Just ninety dollars. Ninety dollars today. Today this uh, jacket would cost one hundred and fifty dollars. Mm, same amount as my original Pokemon. Yeah. How much uh, denim do you think's in this jacket? Like, if you converted the jacket jacket to pants, do you think you're getting one jacket out of it, or one pair of pants, two pairs 1. of pants, five pants? Yeah. Probably. Wow. I don't know. I don't know enough about clothing machining to know what makes a jacket cost more than a pair of jeans. But maybe it's embroidery. I don't know. Or the buttons. Button work write, pockets. Write us in. Write, write us in. Tell us all about this. What was the other one I wanted people to write in about? Structure. Jesus? Structure and Jesus. Jesus. So good. Great. Hey, structure and Jesus. Jesus was a carpenter. He made You know, structure. no one's going to argue there. Circle. It's true. Very good. All right. Well, uh, before we hop into this episode, how about we do a quick recap of what has happened so far, like lightning round as fast as we can. Kyle. Kick us off, T to B, top to bottom, go. All right, uh, Duck of a Clown meets up with Connor McCloud. They have a nonsensical conversation, at which point uh, Connor goes to the antique store. It blows up. Rachel is dead, killed by a guy with cross shoes. Flashback, we find out that Connor McCloud was uh, blamed for a plague. Some goons come, get his mother. Connor goes to rescue them. She gets burned to death. Turns out Jacob Kell is the one responsible for this. He kills Jacob Kell and Jacob Kell's father. This sets off a 400-year... Uh, vengeance quest involving something called the Sanctuary where Connor is put in a weird like sex dungeon uh, in a minor outfit and uh, then Kel comes, kills everybody except for Connor lets him go. Duncan thinks Connor is dead gets jumped by Kel's goons when he goes to investigate after visiting Mythos who does nothing to advance the plot then they find out about the Sanctuary Duncan is captured, put into the Sanctuary he's rescued by Joe and Mythos who uh, maybe kill a bunch of people to make this happen Duncan bullies them into driving them to a random cemetery after they explain immortal power levels to him, at which point uh, Jacob Kell discovers Connor McCloud, who's just lurking around his own grave, like Huckleberry Finn or some shit, and then they fight <laughs> on holy ground for some reason. Connor gets housed. Uh, Duncan meets up with his old wife, Kate, who he murdered to make immortal against Connor's better judgment, or maybe acting on Connor's judgment, not really clear. They get back together again. Jacob Kell's a total sex pervert. He tells us that Liv spells backwards is evil. And <laughs> here we are. Wow. Yeah, I guess so. Was that lightning Good enough job. for you? That was great. I bet people wish our podcast series was that long. That's it. <laughs> uh, I didn't do a lot of breathing on that one, so I may have lost oxygen to my brain. Wow. Kyle, is that a bowling pin behind your head? Yes. There it is. Look That's that. a bowling nice. pin I received. In fact, Keith, your very signature appears on it. It does? Yes, because that was from my 30th birthday. I don't remember signing at, it. <laughs> at Pep Bowl in beautiful Philadelphia. Wow, Ooh, I didn't know you got like a trophy, a pin they were trophy. Very kind. It's a used bowling pin. Well, sure. And uh, you and a, a host of others signed it. Huh. And it is now a treasured item that, that lives behind me. Looks nice. great. I love it. All right. Jesus rolls. <laughs> um, also, if I were immortal, I would use it as my weapon of choice. <laughs> very good. Uh, and very as good. promised, uh, it's been a minute since we played uh, a Lisa B song. Uh, so this is going to be the third and final Lisa B song. Because uh, she's uh, she had her big scenes, I guess, in the last episode we did. But the marriage, like there, there was a lot of Lisa B screen time. And of course, there was a, very, a lot of Lisa B screen time in that steamy scene, right? 
That's right. What that wasn't that? that wasn't gratuitous in any way. Let's watch it again. Yeah, let's watch it again. Okay, so uh, I'm just going to play a few seconds of this. Also, reminder everybody out there, uh, our show is, of course, uh, a video now on Facebook, but also on YouTube. The YouTube, uh, you know, what are they called? Copyright bots. They scroll through the videos and they try to find little music things to mute. So uh, sometimes this might be muted. I don't know. I'm, I might pause it a decent amount uh, so the, the bots don't flag it uh, as copyrighted material. There we go. Lisa B. And if we... Very cheesecakey already, but uh, also, can we bot. talk? Does it disrupt it? No, we can talk. Yeah, we can. Where no, we we does it disrupt the bots? Uh, yeah, that'll help. Yeah, there we go. Fair use, baby. We got glasses. We got fashion. Uh -oh. You think this is where the fashion thing comes from in the movie? Like they made her Maybe. like, I don't know. We got aerobics, denim. I want to play with you tonight. This is like a Levi's ad. Oh, wow. You are right. This is like a Levi's ad. Also, it's funny how much of like the bangs in this are like back. But yeah, uh, here, I'll skip ahead a little. I mean, it all looks exactly the same. So wait, here we go. I'm, it's been a while since I've just. Ooh, drum break. Madonna or anything like that. But like, I don't remember like the backing tracks feeling as sparse as all these Oh. Right, like there's just like not a lot of music. Yeah. It feels very hollow. Hollow yeah. man. There we go. So that's that's some more Lisa B dancing in the club, right? It's fine. This makes me want to play DDR or something, I guess. Or something. She does seem a very DDR artist. Yeah. I think a, it's that synth sound, right? Darius. <laughs> Okay, so are you ready to hop in? Uh, we'll see how many scenes we get through, everybody. Uh, yeah. In our That's... Highlander Endgame coverage today. So we you now- You say as though you don't know the answer. I do know, I know exactly how many episodes are left. It's all mapped out, so suck it, everybody. The Endgame. This was semi-intentional. Yep. All right, so we're now in Kel's like hideout place, right? And yes. so there's like bells tolling, it's very dramatic, and Jin K and Faith are there, and- he says, like, oh, like, men can only make, like, mend their ways after they make a mistake, correct? And it would yeah. seem that he's talking about, I guess, Duncan, because, like, he, I guess he knows that, like, Faith and Duncan had a beef, and he's like, yo, girl, like, check it out. Like, he, he messed up, but that's how you learn. And so now he's cool, right? I guess. I don't know. They have this weird heart to heart. Or is he talking about them, that they have made a mistake, and they need to mend their ways? I don't really know. I wasn't 100% sure. Yeah weird uh, uh also neither of these characters have interacted in the entire movie correct no. before this very moment they've had no interaction they were both yeah. there in the antique shop but mm -hmm. there's no direct interaction between does them. anyone think that this scene was supposed to take place before they had sex Ooh, maybe that me maybe would make more sense like that it's like hey like maybe he just made a mistake and then she's like, you know, maybe he did. I'll go visit him. And then went and was still like, no, I'm still mad. I don't know. I don't know. It's also confusing because there's more to this scene than just that exchange. Sure. Tell us more. Well, they're, they're also, Kel is, or Jin K is also like, you know, they're, we might not be useful to this guy for much longer. Right. Like he's, he's planting the seeds that like, 
Kel is going to turn on them. Right. Which, spoiler alert, he is forecasting something that's going to happen 30 seconds from now. (laughs) Yes. Right? Like, this isn't a chance for character development or growth or insight into these people. It's literally just like, here's what I'm going to show you. Now I'm showing you. (laughs) Right. odd. I do have two things I'd like to point out in this scene because I can't help it. One, so Kel is like watching them have this conversation. Like he's up mm-hmm. in some window, right? Anybody like, what the hell is he wearing? Do you guys see this? I have a picture to show you. And I'm, I like, I kept pausing and I was like, what, wait, what, what is that? What is up? What is, <laughs> what, like, what is he wearing? He's, is he's that co- an apron? He's cooking the dinner. That's, he's I think what it is. Is that what it's supposed to be? He's like baking? That, I don't know what I, that is. Honestly, that was my interpretation. Whoa. That is insane. And it's just such a quick so- shot. Like, okay. they designed this outfit for him or bought it or whatever it was. Like, Look at his hands. What? Yeah, right? Look at his hands also. Interesting. Fascinating. Uh, I Like, that does look like an apron. I don't know if it is an apron, but it looks like an apron. It's strange because, <laughs> like, right here, it doesn't look like it's a separate piece of fabric. It looks like yeah. it's a design. Yeah. But it's like a dress maybe i don't i don't like or just is it supposed to be a robe like monks robes i like the i like the idea though that like kel slaved over this dinner (laughs) i like that too that's really funny especially when we see what they end up eating because i have pictures of that later uh okay so there's that i'm glad you do oh of course i do i think about that image of kel encapsulates like the whole messed up problem with who this character is, even like his little like hand thing. And like, Mm -hmm. he's like monk robe look like he has this air to him. Like he's still supposed to be this priest, Mm -hmm. but then he also does all this like insane pervy, like Kurgan level stuff. Yeah. Yeah. And And I think also, Oh, sorry. Good. It it was like they, uh, it almost feels like they designed like, this holy man character and then somebody was like yeah you gotta kurgan him up a little bit like, i was gonna say also the way he dresses i was gonna say they like xavier st cloud him up a bit too like <laughs> i think he's like a sharp dresser in this movie like again like very unlike the kurgan who's got like this like heavy metal punk rock persona thing going on like no he's wearing like nice clothes and stuff and hats and like yeah i don't know it's and hats whatever. he's wearing the lisa b collection so <laughs> lisa b collection right. yes so of course he's very stylish is that like pork pie hat that's like over the over the that's right and a man of mystery the dome. <laughs> yeah. right. uh so the other thing i wanted to play in this scene was here i'm just gonna play it and we're gonna talk about what happens because i've i've tried to point it out every time it does uh which in, in, involves like does cal have magic powers i think yes sure Ooh. so she looks up to see cal with his apron and then she's still looking up so we know where our eye line is, and then the eye line goes back, and he's gone. We don't see him walk away, but she is still like looking, and I'm just like, "What?" So I don't know if people remember. Surely, no human could have walked away. <laughs> well, if he did, why is she just staring? But this is, I think, the third time this has happened. So the very first time we saw this was when they first visit the sh- sanctuary. Mm-hmm. Remember, and there was like that weird day for night scene, and. 
Kel just shows up out of nowhere and he like goes behind a, a pillar. But then when the camera pulls around the pillar, he's gone. And it's like, whoa, like maybe he's just super slick or something else is going on. And then we played that cut scene from the uh, the rough cut or whatever. That rough cut one, he's that's that's clearly teleportation. Like that is clearly a thing. I think so. And I think maybe the producers put these shots in there thinking like, oh, well, like you said, Kyle, like surely no human could just walk out of the room. I agree. Yeah. But the way it's shot, though, tells a different story. Like because she's still looking up there and then they just cut back. Like why cut back to an empty room? Like, for instance, Kyle, you said no human could just walk away. I agree. Why would then you why film? Just show the why again? show it? Like, I understand yeah. that people are in one well, they, room and then oftentimes go to another room or go outside or get in a car or do any number of things. Wait. And movies what? don't need to show that every single time. Yeah. I mean, I assume also all the characters have gone to the bathroom at some point, even though I haven't seen it. Like, no, but maybe don't not. Say don't say that. I don't. Okay, let's no, not think, think about that. Don't I, say that. Keith, I think there's something to what you are saying. Like, obviously, in the the cut that makes it to either the DVD or the uh, or the theater, the big screen. Uh, yeah. I don't think that's supposed to be the case. But no, it does have the look of like an artifact. Yeah, uh, I think I think this feels left over from something else. Like I think he was supposed to have some sort of supernatural powers here. Uh, well, and like strange. in a in a different movie, like she'd be distracted by something and look away real quick, yes. and then she'd look back up and he'd be gone. Right, like Batman. Like Batman. Yeah. Yes. No one thinks Batman disappears when, like, literally disappears like a magic trick when Detective mm -hmm. Gordon looks away, and then he's gone. Detective right? Gordon. Detect I'm sorry, Commissioner. Thank you, Keith. I, I'm, no, not, I'm not that far in the story. He's still a detective. He's still uh, a detective, yeah. That's fair. That's, that's right. Fair. You're, you're, on, you're on Batman Begins still. Yep, that's right. Do you remember when you, just a real quick aside, do you remember sure. when you were a kid and we thought, or maybe you didn't think this, but I thought it, and like if a superhero had a cape, he could fly. Yes, I used to think that. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I just think like that's capes weird. meant flight. Yeah. Capes meant flight, huh? Capes meant flight. Very good. All right, so that's that scene, right? So it's pretty Riveting. unconsequential, right? Like, we, what do we get out of this scene? Well, we get the seeds that Jin K is not on board with this this anymore. Right. That's yeah. about it. And like, yeah, or he just says that like, I'm not. Is he not on board, or does he just think that we're not gonna? They're not gonna be useful. Or, like, yeah, like they'll be betrayed by. Yeah, he definitely Kelly. thinks they're gonna be betrayed. Just Kelly the Berry. The insanity at the heart of this is why is Jin K here in the first place i know like that's the insane part like every other person either like faith has a grudge or like is romantically involved with kel i guess that's why they're together and the rest of these people seem like evil cartoon characters like cracker bob right. i need no justification for why he's with jacob kel like, anybody want a club sandwich that's right yeah like his facial hair is a crime against humanity <laughs> Like, obviously, he is fine with Kel. Right. But Jin K is, like, the only facts we know about him is that he's, he is, a one, a badass, and two, an honorable man. So why is he with, like, the dick dastardly of preachers? Like, there's no possible reason why this character should be there. Because the pro producers wanted Donnie Yen. <laughs> yeah, so, like, the concept that there might be a falling out is puzzling in the yep. first place. It's like, why'd you fall in? <laughs> right. Very good. All right. So Ooh. now we cut, this is the 
the Last Supper scene, right? We get so we're still inside. I, I want to say something about this yes, scene yes, real yes. quick. When I first watched this movie like years ago, like the 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 set design of this scene, like I hated it. I was like, <laughs> this looks like a TV movie. Like this doesn't look like a real movie. It's and pretty bright. It's pretty yeah it just it just really pissed me off like this scene's always stuck out in my head as like i really don't like this scene not to not to jump ahead but right, right. well it's also one of the least satisfying scenes in the movie in my opinion well yeah, let's like, talk about it all right so we're in this place which i do want to mention that like uh is where i i, I don't know if there was debate about this but like kate's apartment is like here like, I don't know if anyone saw the window on, like, yeah. the windows right. are, like, designed the same way. So, like, mm -hmm. I don't know. We were discussing, like, well, is this Kate's, Kate, like, lives in this, whatever this compound is, this, like, religious. Yeah. Is that or she lives in another weird church? <laughs> yeah. So, I'm going to go ahead and say she's here. Sure, sure. Okay, so they, they sit down for this feast, which I'll, I'll show everyone a picture of what they're going to eat, because that's what I'm interested in, right? But here we go. Everybody, everybody's sitting down uh kel spent all day baking just like entire loaves it's just bread and mm -hmm. then kate i think it's great kate is just eating a salad uh and it i guess it's like like ro romaine lettuce or iceberg lettuce it does Doesn't it look like iceberg it it looks like they went to iceberg, like right ahead <laughs> it looks like they went to the supermarket and bought like pre-made like you know just muffins and like things out of plastic containers and opened them up uh that's what's going on here look at how brown all their food is like this isn't a good like this isn't a nutritious spread it's not a nutritious also, it's all these carbs <laughs> it's all carbs also, man it's all yeah. white and brown foods all right and there's oh there's that not crazy to, window right all right sorry yeah. yeah and and not to pick nits but what else are we doing here we got it why are they at least seated on one side of the table because it's the last supper man I guess. But yeah, that like, was famously like, attended by five people. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, why? I mean, clearly, that's what it's supposed to be, but it's like a nonsensical placement. It's very weird. Uh, There's also like all this religious stuff. We we did talk about this a little bit, like with the devil thing. Eamon, you mentioned that like the six 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 number. I mean, that's mm -hmm. what's about to become important here. Like, but they've cut all this symbolism out of the movie, seemingly, or or I should say, maybe some of the symbolism is still there, but there's no story elements driving it. And I'm just like, wait, right. the Last Supper is this all religious? Huh? Like the 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 rel religiosity of this character does not, I think, come through in this film. Which Religiosity, is my favorite Denzel Washington movie. That's right. <laughs> it's okay. Mm, it's it, it's actually irksome. Yeah. Uh, so in the alt cut or the rough cut, they actually go around the table and name everyone, which is very mm. useful. This might be the only time we hear Cracker Bob's name uttered the yeah. entire time. Also, Bob. Cracker Bob has a C and a B like carved into his head, his hair in the back, which is incredible. Amazing. But uh, also, cool. if you watch the theatrical cut, he says nothing all movie. So not only do you not know his name, like he's, I don't think he ever speaks. Nope. Uh, so Cal's like, you're all part of this great journey, a 400 year quest for justice. And I'm just like, this is all about Connor. This is another problem I have. It's like, 
he enlisted all these goons, it would seem, just to screw with Connor. And now he's like, and that chapter's over. It's like, well, what about all this other, what's this other thing you're doing? Like, I feel like we need something bigger. Like, that's the, he doesn't need these, nothing he has done in this requires these people. Mm -mm. Not a thing. Like, they're just there. You are my frock. (laughs) All right, so. nourish my soul. There's other like fucking lines in this too. Like he just out of nowhere says the giver and taker of creation baptized in blood. It is the living that matters after all. He says that out of nowhere. Like it's just said. And I'm like, huh? Like, what are you talking about? But in the rough cut, it makes so much more sense. In the rough cut, he takes swords off the wall. And while he's taking them off, he says like, the this is the giver and taker of life or whatever. It's like, oh, you're talking about a sword in the, in the, the, in the regular, the producer's cut of the movie. It's just, it's just said. And it's like, there's no sword to reference. It's like, what yeah. are you talking about? Anyway, should we play this clip? Of, yeah, I think that would be, uh, I, I suspect supper? a lot of people will have not seen the rough cut. So sure. Um, here. Now this is, let's see here. This is the, ba-ba-ba-ba. all right. We'll see some of the last supper here. Delicious. That's right. The food, I mean, I know we talked about it. The food looks horrible. No, let's just keep talking. I I have in my notes, like, let's keep talking about the food, please, because I, I, like, fucking hate it so much. Anyway, here we go. I see tonight as a celebration of the spirit. To all of you who continue to stand by me, even those who might waver. Uh-oh. Naughty Ooh. boy. You. Oh, my flock. What? <laughs> you. Is he Nourish. having a sexual experience yeah. right now? It's yeah. so gross. Wet dream. You are all part of a great journey. CB. 400-year quest. For Camelot. For justice. Okay. Yeah, 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 yeah. The for lighting justice. is different here. Ooh, what instrument of that justice? That makes sense. Oh, I guess so. Maybe I didn't see that little bit of a taker of creation. Oh, okay. So you we barely see the sword in the I'll pause real quick. See this box on the wall? I think that's where he pulls the sword out of, right? Mm. In the other version. I don't know. So there's just that real quick insert shot of the handle of the sword. It's less I, I just don't understand why they cut some of this stuff out. It really is weird to me. It definitely would have been more clear the other way. That matters. After all. Awkward. Oh, Jinkei. Yep. I can age. Okay. Look at his earrings. It's nuts. Oh. Jinkei. What? What? All right. Can we pause too? I I want to talk about, like, what do we think of Jinkei's sword too? It's, it's like a, a single-handed, like, English broadsword. Why? Yeah, it's, yep. it's, a, it's an odd choice for this character. Right. I also, guess he just couldn't fit his spear under the under the chair. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's probably true. But, uh, like, also, he's about to get decapitated. Sure. Like, he could have taken one step back and been out of range. But, like, this guy who, who just went toe-to-toe with Duncan and is supposed to be this badass goes out, like, such an... <laughs> 
Like, yep. it just gets housed. And, like, side note, of course, then there's going to be a quickening. If any one of these people just, like, took a step back or did a single thing to resist, like, he would get his quickening and then they could kill him. Sure. Yep. But, like, he's able to just slaughter all five of these people in a row right yeah. now with no resistance whatsoever. Nope. Using these swords that will never come back again, even yeah. though he just declared them to be the instruments of his justice. It's this is crazy. Also, it's it's another reason why that motivation needs there needs to be more motivation to these goons. Like, like you said, Kyle, why why do they do this? Why don't they just take a step back? Like, why why don't they build into the story element like what like again he's building some weird religious thing which again really isn't part of the story like we're, we're kind of cobbling that together from what we know about the script and some behind the scenes stuff and, but like why not make their sacrifice it. part of that goal like i want to be part of like your vision of the future so kill me right but like this isn't about that nope. no he just he just seemingly betrays and murders them yeah and they're cool with it for no reason yeah, they all right, let's keep watching they don't resist i don't get it Oh, oh, boop. Duncan having his Jedi visions again. Yep. Oh, uh, all over oh, the wheat loaf, man. man. Not the wheat loaf. These shots of like the hotel. Uh, just like, uh, look at all the blood. And he smiles. This guy is cool with it. Yeah. This is bananas. Okay. Okay. <laughs> What? <gasps> oh. What are all the beads? Where'd the beads come from? All right, so, all right, all right. All right. <laughs> this, this isn't going to make sense later, but we'll talk about that later. Also, yeah, they're just eating carbs. Look at that. Bread, 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 bread. Bread, 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 bread. bread. Yep. And alcohol. This is not helping. Course, because he knew this was yeah. coming, so he just yeah. gave him the apps. And I yeah. think so, that's also supposed to be a. a a Last Supper thing, like a, this is my body broken for you. Got it. Think of this as I murder you. That's yeah, this that is this right. is your body broken for me. Like for that's me. Yeah. <laughs> right. Uh, There's also yeah. like a, an appetizer sampler there with like the mozzarella sticks and the onion rings and the. the oh poppers. man, that would have been great. Why wasn't that know. the Last Supper, huh? Mm. It would have been great. This, this is my cheesy garlic bread broken for you. Yeah, Judas would have been like whatever. Yeah. yeah, man. Who it's needs okay. silver when you've got cheesy garlic bread? Yeah. <laughs> um, okay, so also this seems to imply like Duncan is sensing this again. Mm -hmm. So I do think the repetition of, and we can talk about now that this is edited together differently here than it is in the theatrical cut. In the theatrical cut, this whole Last Supper sequence is like fused with the Connor Duncan showdown, which we're going to see in a minute, mm -hmm. which I think is pretty solid editing that both of these like forces kind of come to a head and there's like a, a big power up for, I guess, both of the, the main characters, right? That's that is seemingly what it is like a power yeah. up, right? But uh, I also introducing more questions of how that works because. Jin K is at least as strong as Duncan, right? Sure. Yeah. And like, if we're being invited to think of things in that way, he just like absorbed at least one Duncan's worth of ability. I'm sure that's not supposed to be how this works, but like they invite you to do that kind of absurd math. So, yep. I don't get it. 
doesn't make any sense. Uh, but the way this mm -hmm. is re-edited now makes it seem like Duncan is sensing the deaths of these people, which like awakens him. Uh, yes. Where in the 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 rough cut, Duncan just gets the buzz and is like, "Wait, what's going on? I got to investigate." And that's why he's like flip flipping out in the hallway or whatever. Uh, yeah. So it's weird because like through re-editing the sequence in this way, it has like again implied there's a new ability in this movie. Uh, that it, it's actually beyond like I was I was willing to believe it's like, well, it's because Connor and Duncan have a special connection, right? They're kinsmen. It does go beyond that as far as the movie tells us. Right. It would seem maybe. So. But then I guess we're supposed to think that he could just be getting the buzz because we're about to find out that Connor is on the roof. Yes. But I agree that the way they edit it does make it weirdly ambiguous. And this movie does seem to posit, again, like Jedi powers for these people. So yes. All right, let's finish watching uh, this little quickening here. There we go, a little float. Look at that. Look at this. All right. All that bread. How do you guys think uh, about the way they visualize the quickening here? Do we like the quickenings? Do we like the floating? Floating's cool. Floating's cool. Okay. I like I the don't floating. Love the floating. I don't think they love do the floating. it. I, I think they do it to to mirror the last quickening in the original film, where he has like the lightning suspenders and like does basically the same arm gesture. You know, you're right. Uh, also, did anyone catch? It's a quick shot uh, when he's getting the quickening, but here there's a little freeze frame of like the look at what's happening in the corner over here. Like, <laughs> like this dummy head is just like <laughs> fucking here, right? And then like it. there's another one. Jin K is all the Ooh, way there. Back. He is. There he is. And like, what happened to this body? Like, they did Kel also break his ankles? And like, <laughs> like what the hell is happening? So, so that's great. There's another version of this. I'm going to play it. Oh, okay. Is that what you're talking about? Where Jin K takes his own head? Yep. Hey, hey here we go. See it. All right. So yes, there's a different version of this, which I guess they wanted to play into the, like the honor of Jin K, right? That he will not be killed by Jacob. He will take his own head. Uh, all right. And let, let's watch that. How that goes. Uh, I like, I like this better. Interesting. Do you like the way it looks? No. Okay. Which is why just, they didn't use I, it. I like the idea better. Yeah. Oh. I like those blood sounds. Yeah. Like this is cooler so far. I yeah, think. it is cooler. Just like additional shots. It's like mm -hmm. tense. This is nuts. Whoa. Whoa. Look at that. That is kind of amazing. Also, the way that's edited makes so much more sense. Cause it, wow. <laughs> and I believe that's also closer to how the theatrical, at least that sequencing is closer to what the theatrical cut looked like. Where yeah. I believe he starts taking heads, Jin K takes a posture to resist. Whereas here, I think this posits that the only person resisting still goes out in one shot like a, yeah, you know, like a yeah. punk. Like a punk. Very good. Well, there's uh, the end of Jin K, huh? Like that idea. And I, they should have kept that in the new film, even though it looks horrible.
Well, it does look horrible, which is too bad, but yeah. it is an okay idea. Like, again, it tells us something at least about characters and like, mm -hmm. it's it's just, it's more. It's, it's, it's so weird how much substance they took out of the movie. Yeah, like the, the only thing that the way the version they shot it, the only thing it tells us is that Jin K is actually pretty shitty at this. Sure. Yeah. That like, oh, actually no, like he's not very talented. Sure. Uh, and Kyle, you mentioned like, where do the beads come from? What's going on here? So again, the way this is edited, so how do we think this ends? Who's the last person who dies? Kate, Lisa right? Lisa B, baby. Yeah. So, and I, I can't imagine in any way, like what, what is he just cut her necklace off? That's nonsense. So he cuts her head off and all the beads fall to the ground. It would be implied, correct? Yes. For reasons. Yes, thanks. Okay, great. For reasons. Uh, <laughs> Will this be relevant later? Yes. Uh, yeah, and finally, uh, I know we're, I guess we're spending a lot of time on this here, but um, you know, we've talked a lot about Cracker Bob. Uh, there is an entire Cracker Bob, and th now that Cracker Bob's out of the movie, RIP, uh, do we want to talk about like he has an entire um, extra scene? Uh, maybe we should just play this because I'm sure a lot of people haven't seen this. Sure. Uh, yeah, all right, sure, yeah, sure, sure. CB radio, <laughs> Cracker right. Bob, radio. Cracker Bob radio. <laughs> What? Gross. That's right. What is going on here? Look at these chains. Uh-oh. Off the chain. And what? Is Mac Duncan? is smoking a cigar? Smoking a cigar. Have we ever seen him smoke a cigar? No. When exactly is this slotted in? I don't know. It's weird. This is I forget. Bananas. But yeah, they use this footage here to play Bonnie Portmore. There's so much more stuff that makes sense here. Uh, <laughs> like, look at the budget that, like, how much money did they spend on this and they cut it? And they cut it all, right? Just money on the they floor. Do whatever that was for some reason. Right. Also, so, the way he was just playing the harmonica, like, sounds like what it would sound like if I played the harmonica. <laughs> yeah, right. I guess it's all like the original sound, like, right? Yeah. <laughs> it's so good. He's like like that little clown on The Simpsons that plays for nickels. Yeah. <laughs> this cigar smoking, I still can't get over that. Like, if there's one thing I know, it's uh -oh. that Duncan doesn't smoke. <laughs> really yeah yeah it doesn't seem like yeah. the thing mac would casually do especially at like a weird club all right yeah. and so there's so cracker like, bob with like his a sword in his chest that looks like and why didn't he kill him shish kebab oh shish kebab uh, and he winks is that connor's sword yeah it is connor's sword Oh, and the cross. And this is an interesting callback. To, uh... This harmonica plan is fucking bananas in this. Yeah. That he's doing it during, like, during this the scene. Like, whatever. All right. That's that. Like, what do we think of that? I don't know. I... Well, first off, I don't understand why he doesn't take Cracker Bob's head, like... Yep. Right, and I like the idea that's like, oh, you were sending your goons after me. Like you're trying to mess with Connor. Like I can do that to you. Like yep. I can take out one of your people, but he doesn't actually take him out. Yeah, this is really strange. Uh, I I like kind of the mystery it adds too. I mean, like this is like like you said, Eamon. Like, wait, is that Connor's sword? It's like, oh shit! Like something 
is afoot here, right? Like, I don't know. Like that that seems more interesting than just like Connor shows up. Like, yep. yeah. Yikes. And that was Cracker Bob's big scene, I said, where he has like one line and Duncan just looks at him. And I'm like, okay, like what? Whatever. And Duncan smokes a cigar. Sometimes a cigar is just a cigar. That's right. <laughs> All right. Are we're we ready to hop to the next here. scene? Great. We're on a rooftop on top Thank of the God. hotel or whatever, right? Cal, Jacob, Cal. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so Mac originally, the way this is edited is it's supposed to be that Mac thinks he's like, Jacob Kell has shown up at his hotel, right? And he's like, oh, yes. where is he? Turns out, fake out, it's just Connor, right? Correct. So what happens? Uh, Connor's there and he wants to throw down with our guy. Mm-hmm. And Duncan uh, will not have any part of this. No. So yeah, Connor insists that neither of them are strong enough to take on Jacob, right? Mm -hmm. Right. And they're also like, we. the thing I don't understand about this entire exchange is they're like, we have to follow the rules. We can't fight them together. And I don't understand why that's the case. Like Connor literally, or Duncan literally just fought six immortals at once. Like, right. 20 minutes ago there's more than that now right. five episodes of our show ago he fought he fought these guys like this this movie clearly posits that like the rules are not applying anymore right. and i don't understand why our heroes have like unilaterally disarmed about this without having a conversation about yeah it. they don't talk about like well we can break the rules and mac doesn't do like well that's not the honorable thing to do and i've got a code of honor and then it's like oh i guess i get it right but like they just ignore it it's like okay yeah, and also, like, even though Duncan is that character in some ways, like, do you ever get the impression that Connor is that character? Like, I guess, you know, he knows what Ramirez taught him. Yeah. But, no. like, is there anything about Connor's character that makes you think, like, I must only fight in a one-on-one duel? Right, especially... Any other... Uh, especially because in the script and what's in the rough cut shows when they fight in the cemetery, like Mac calls out, like they in the rough cut have that line, like, hey, this is holy ground. And Connor's like, yup. And it's like, oh, like, I think we're supposed to, like, it's implied that Connor knows he's about to break the rules too. And so in, as far as the Highlander Endgame universe goes, Connor's okay with breaking rules already. Yeah. And now it does. <laughs> I mean, maybe like Connor thinks I, I just, well, this doesn't, it doesn't make sense. I was about to say like, Maybe he thinks he'll be a liability if they team up, but then like, why would, if his power isn't good one way, why is it good the other way? You know what I mean? Like, yeah. And yeah. he also, insofar as we're supposed to care about like power levels and quickening math, the current math is that Connor is considerably stronger than Duncan. Right. Right. Mm -hmm. uh, but okay. Connor was beaten pretty badly by Jacob Kell. Right. <laughs> yeah. I, so I feel like the way this should well, I, maybe I should save this for final thoughts, and we'll and we'll sure, yeah. I mean, I, I have some thoughts too on like lessons to be learned from this, and like you know, I I I once again, I'll I'll say now, and we'll talk more in the, in our our closing remarks. But like, I find this film 
like devoid of like any sort of like true meaning, like in a weird, like to use a nebulous term, like spiritual meaning. Like when, when you say like, well, what's a movie about? Like you can say like, oh, it's about the battle between good and evil. It's about like learning to forgive yourself. It's about these things. And like, there's almost elements of those in these, in this movie, but like they don't, they, it, it like, if somebody matter. said, what's this movie about? I would say, I don't have a fucking clue. Things happen. And that's yeah. that's what this movie's about. This movie's about a sequence of events with characters we we know and maybe used to care about. <laughs> well, it's like this is a plot thread that, like, in the Highlander universe, like, never comes to fruition. Where, like, you know, it's the game, so eventually, friend will turn against friend, and like, you'll have to make some tough choices. Yeah, the whole game conversation isn't really like handled in this movie very well i don't yeah. think it just kind of falls like right flat or something mm. until this scene when yeah we're supposed to know it all <laughs> right yeah, <laughs> yeah. um I do like the the way this like fight is structured and the dialogue in it. Like, uh, yeah. I mean, while we're, while we're complaining about like perhaps like the reasoning for them doing this doesn't really add up. Like, I I like the way they like fight and talk and like I don't want to fight you while they're fighting and uh, this this has like some real dynamic stuff in it. Uh, you know, I think which this is, good. is the best part of the movie. It could be, yeah, yeah. Personally, yeah. I think this is the best part, except for in the in the. So like when they film this, for some reason, there's a big JVC sign oh in boy. the background. Oh boy. Which and they the, okay. Go on, Eamon. Go on. Tell us about it. In the in the like, I'm getting confused now about all the cuts. In like the 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 producer's cut. It's objectively confusing. Yeah. In the producer's cut, they've decided to computer blur out the JVC JVC sign. Yes. And to me, it is so distracting. Uh huh. It's really weird, and it looks horrible. And I'm like, just leave it. Just leave the sign. It's less yeah. distracting as a big JVC sign. Like in Highlander one, you had the silver cup sign. Yeah. I mean, it's a sign. Whatever. It's but, a little but weird, but th this one I think is weird. This is weirder than the silver cup sign. Like this, I don't yeah. mind the silver cup sign. One, it's like kind of a, a landmark. Like it's recognizable as part of like the cityscape, right? Like the sure. the skyline, right? Uh. Also, it doesn't feel like an ad. Like I never felt like the, the silver cup thing was an ad right. for like silver cup flower or studios at that time. Yeah. I think it was still a, a movie studio by that point. Uh but like this is an ad. This was uh, on the uh, on the producers like the 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 DVD release on the commentary. Mm -hmm. They they are there's like a weird blame game that happens on the mm -hmm. the commentary where they're like, yeah, who's responsible for this? Uh, and they're all like, somebody was. And like this wasn't like th they didn't film on a roof that had this sign on it because by the way, if they did, this is it a went, set, right? Yeah. No, it, well, it's actually a roof. They installed oh. the sign there. Because uh, if this was an ad, guess where it would face? Probably out to the public, not to the people to on the roof. roof. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> like this was intentionally placed there by whoever. I really don't know, uh, you know, who thought this would help pay some bills or who they talked to that was like, let us do this. We'll let you use our building or who knows what like circumstances led to it. Uh, mm -hmm. But it's really strange. And yeah, the blurring of it is distracting. Yeah. Don't like the blurring. No. Yeah. But like Connor, Connor's basically on the offensive in this fight, right? And Duncan's like playing defense until he kind of doesn't have a choice. Yeah, which Connor is like attacking him with the hopes of getting him to attack back. Mm -hmm. Yeah, 
and I like I like the um like I like when they do their stances and the scene in the trailer where like the sword like they kick the sword up. That's I love that beat yeah. so much. Like where Duncan yeah. throws his sword down and then Connor like flicks it back up with his foot and mm-hmm. like there's this cool like the music cuts out and it's like whap, and Duncan grabs it. It's yeah. awesome. What a cool movie moment. More of that yeah. stuff. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Let's get more good stuff like that. Yeah, there, you know what would make this movie better? Good stuff. Good stuff yeah. in this yeah, more movie good would make stuff. it more good. All right. Uh so this all comes to a head and then what happens? Uh we get the special move, right? This spe- Yep. So is there we've moved kind of quickly through this fight. Is there anything else we need to talk about? I'm not saying because I have anything special to say, but uh um, no, I mean, I think this, yeah. I, I think it's good. Eamon, you said this is the best scene in the movie. I think you're probably right. Uh, this feels like a cool sword fight. Like it doesn't feel like wishy-wash. I don't know. Like I know where I am. I know who the characters are. I at least know who these two yeah. characters are. Like from my experience watching them in these films uh, and shows, right? Like, uh, yeah. which I think helps a lot. Like, because the other characters in this movie, uh, I don't care about because they didn't spend any time <laughs> developing their characters. Uh, yeah, it's pretty good. Um, okay, so they get all the locked fights, up. And the fight's cool. Like, there's some scenes where I think Christoph is a stunt double. But that's oh, yeah, fine. for yes. sure. I think that's often the case. He's, but that's all right. Yeah, he's older. He's, yeah. Than... He is, and he also hasn't <laughs> been doing this every day for years the yeah. way Duncan has. Right. I also but think this is... looks... Oh, sorry, good. Uh, I was just going to say, there is some cool, like, stunt work and sword sword play. Yes. Yeah. It's cool. I, I think also they, they managed to, I was calling out uh, in the Jin K and Duncan fight, which was filmed in two mm-hmm. different locations that like the color timing is all off. And like, you can tell that these are done differently. Uh, hell, even mm-hmm. in the uh, the last supper scene, like there were shots of Kate and I was like, the lighting is different than the lighting before. Like it's, yeah. it's already messed up. This looks great. It was filmed in two different locations, both like either on a soundstage or just like all the close-ups were done at a different mm-hmm. time. The footage looks good. Like, uh, and like, there's nothing wrong with making movies this way. Like movies are made this way all the time. You do your big master shots and your location. Then you do, you, you schedule time later do your close-ups and all this stuff like and most movies look great doing it uh so it's good that this scene looks pretty good it doesn't look like a mess yeah all right but i think i i kind of it had been a while since i had seen this movie and i was just like okay then they do the special move and mac beats him but i was like i i do kind of wonder like psychologically what's going through most moviegoers' minds when they watch this? Because like here, Connor had taught Duncan this unstoppable move and then he puts it on him. And it's like, oh, I, I, hmm? It's so confusing. Does, does Dunk, does Connor use it on Duncan? Or does Duncan, or does <laughs> Connor, I'll pull it up, I'll pull it up. Does Connor force Duncan to use it on him? It's confusing. It's it's a little confusing. All right, here I can get it. All right, I'm like I can get it. <laughs> what am I talking about? Yeah. All right. Um. Here we'll start here. Just queuing up the old clip, guys. All right. Beep boop boop. Beep boop boop. That's right. All right. Beep boop boop. There he is. There he is. Shirt untucked, collar buttoned. <laughs> Come on, stop! Connor, stop! Duncan! Wait, hold on. All right, now I am confused too. Yeah. All right, so in the flashback, 
Connor's Connor's sword goes behind his own head, and now mm. he is in control, right? Yes. That's how that's supposed like the illusion that Duncan has won. But in this, so Connor is able to put the sword behind Max's head somehow. Yeah, so right. he is essentially forcing Duncan somehow to use the special move on him. Which it's like you just don't have to do it. I right. don't know. I don't know. Huh. Okay. I think in my head I had misunderstood this. Because I was like, uh, or misremembered, like whose sword goes behind whose head. And I was thinking, it's like, oh, the audience must think like Duncan's about to die in this scene. Like Connor's got him now. Uh, but then I'm like, well, then how does Duncan figure out how to like counter the move? But that's not what's happening here. So, okay. All right. So yeah. I guess Connor just puts himself in a no-win situation? Right. I guess, but it, it, it's like, Duncan clearly has agency. He could just not do it. Right. But, I mean, is it supposed to be implied that if Duncan doesn't do it, Connor's just going to cut his head? I, I don't know. I guess. Huh, I guess right. that's the situation. It's also just like, I don't know. I feel like a lot of the dialogue around this is somewhat muddled. Like, because Connor's like, everything we've ever done has led us to this moment because there can be only one. But it's like, that's not actually why you want to do this. Right. right? Like, Connor's basically suicide. I think we're supposed to think Connor's basically suicidal. Yes, 100%. Like, and he's just like done with this. I don't think that's set up enough, too, in this. Yeah. That like that's the real reason Connor wants to do this. Like he's given up, uh, which yes. I think would be, I mean, I mentioned earlier, like there needs to be more to this. And I feel like that, like the will to live is what helps Duncan beat Kel, not right. power levels, blah, blah, blah. You know, I don't know. Yeah. It'd be nice yeah. if they even hung a lantern on that. Maybe they set up the whole power level thing. And at the end, mm -hmm. it's like, you know what? The power level thing doesn't matter. Guess what? Cause it's like the indomitable human spirit, right? I don't know. Yeah. Who gets it's a shit? Duncan's, <laughs> but Duncan is just a badass with yeah. like a better reason to win. Yeah. Yeah. yeah no. Watch it, back. All right. Well, <laughs> before uh, we move on, uh, well, we've got to, we've got to watch the quickening, right? Because that is of like- course of everything that happens like i don't know uh as great as this uh fight looks this quickening is a little dicey maybe and we'll get to see like the sign and all this weird stuff right all right let's watch this quickening quickening all right so they fight ba -ba -ba. all right here we go ba -ba -ba. Ooh. oh what? All right, so we get this like zoom over, the fast footage. shots. Yep, right. Highlander one. Nice. I mean, I like that. I don't understand that with the weird, like digital effect it has. Watch your back. <laughs> All right. Like this has got like a blurry Vaseline look. All right. His eyeball. The blurred out. <laughs> There's the blurred out sign in the back. That just takes me right out of it. Yeah. Now it's blurred again and it's red. It almost looks There's like, like a what is like, now. look at this, like, <laughs> this is like a screensaver they put over Connor's yep. body. All right, moving on. Don't like that. Oh, JBC. Oh, JBC, it's right there. It's so big. Everybody in the apartment complex just lost their cape. Yeah. <laughs> all the all the all the direct TV 
<laughs> are done. There we go. Not a great quick thing, I gotta say. Yeah, I guess not, right? I mean, it's nothing interesting as far as like, I don't know. Uh, yeah, I must wish they played this one a little different. I like the the flashbacks with Connor, except I don't like like the weird music video aesthetic. They've like, yeah. they like digitize a bunch of them up and it's like, I'd rather it just be like a nice like tribute to the character of Connor McCloud, right? Yeah, yeah I and know. I didn't, I wasn't nuts about like the zoom into the eyeball. <laughs> okay. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's like good performances. They're, they're doing good acting. I was thinking about that this morning, actually. I was like, you know what? Like, well, we even talked about Bruce Payne a bit. Like, is he doing a good job? Like, I don't think I blame a single actor in this movie for anything that happens. Like, I think nope. Adrian Paul like gives 120% in this movie. Like actually, well, when, actually I do I agree. I think actually Adrian Paul does do well. I'm yeah, not sure like, I I'm not sure I agree on Bruce Payne, but Okay. Uh I mean Fair like enough. Bruce Payne obviously is like acting way over the top and like hamming it up and like, you know, chewing the scenery and all that sort of stuff. Adrian Paul seems like he's given all the martial arts stuff like his all. When he's got to get emotional, like he does it. Like I think Adrian Paul does a great job getting emotional and like, you know, uh yeah. Demonstrating that stuff to the camera. Uh, and I think Connor's okay too. Like, it's good to see yeah. them together. Uh, I just feel like the stuff they're talking about in the editing is just a train wreck. So, <laughs> yeah. And it, like, it, it makes it work, especially in the Connor scenes. The thing that works, I think, is like the happier interactions, like the, mm -hmm. the scenes like where a hot dog friendship work. Yeah. The, the dialogue on like the sadder scenes Watch is like that. so heavy and like <laughs> that it's like, that's hard for me right yeah hmm. wow yeah. this that that was my favorite part of the movie cool we can stop there roll the credits Ooh, there they go your credits come down Eamon? yeah Ooh. oh interesting <laughs> oh yeah i guess they go up they do go up yes. huh do they always go up yes i don't know like they never like go down no, I mean, write, write us at highlanderrewatch at gmail.com to tell us which movies have credits that go down. I'm sure there are credits that go down, but come on. <laughs> yeah. How would no, you feel yeah. about a re-edit of your favorite movies to make the credits go down? <laughs> yeah. That's that's, that's going like to be only, my, my, new, my new quest. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> to make the credits go down. What is stupid? I don't know what I'm thinking. <laughs> Just in my head, I was like, well, do they always go up? It's a great question. Like my blood pressure. Uh-oh. Always goes up. Mm -hmm. Well, um, weirdly, I should. I'm, I'm like weirdly. Guess what, everybody? That brings us to the end of this episode. Ooh. Well, not the very end. We still have to, of course, uh, play a game. Game yeah. time. Get it all fucking fuck fuck. There we go. Delete that. Open that. Great. All right, it is time to play a game. Kyle and Eamon, you're going to go to head-to-head -head, uh, in the final third round of the Highlander Endgame DVD trivia <laughs> trivia wow. game. Are you, you guys ready? Well, I'm ready. Ready as I'll ever be. I'm so, Eamon, you, run, you won the last round. So, uh, you did. This is, this is Kyle's chance to make up. Uh, I don't remember who won the first one. I don't have that written down. Uh, right I, think, I think it was me, but I could be wrong about that. Wow, so this is this is could be for all the marbles then, huh? Yeah, Eamon, I have a good feeling that this is your time. Your time Ooh, to shine. Okay, time. so the way this, this is going to work is I am going to uh, read you the question. Uh, do not 
you cannot buzz in until the question has been read and you must buzz in with your name. These are the rules. If you don't buzz in with your name, you will not be chosen. Uh, and you get two points uh, per question, right? If you get it wrong, the other person can steal for one point. Is that okay? Everyone understands the rules? Got it. Great. We're, we're good. <laughs> Here we go. I can't wait. Boom. How many confirmed immortal kills does Connor have? Kyle. Kyle. 350. That is wrong. It is 262. Oh, oh uh, amen. Would you like to steal? Nope. Sorry. Nope. Whoops. Too late. <laughs> Yikes. Well, this is going swimmingly. Very good. No points. The Very first. good. Mm, I get a point because I got it right. Um, Keith gets a point. That's right. Next. That's a hard question. Sure. Why doesn't no. Duncan use the Clan McLeod sword? Why doesn't Duncan McLeod use the Clan McLeod sword? Amen. Amen. Hideo Koto gave him a katana. That is correct for two. That is also wow. not correct. <laughs> yeah. That Wait. is definitively wrong. Oh, yeah. I guess that's not like the. Well, yeah. He doesn't have like the Clan McLeod sword on him when Hideo Koto gives him the sword, right? Yeah. The, well, so. When I hear the phrase the Clan McLeod sword, what I actually think of is Connor's sword that he uses to bury Heather. What, what, what if we're talking about uh, season four, episode one, Homeland, Kyle? Well, ooh, that's ooh. like a Claymore, but he mm. never possesses that. That His is cousin never... does at that hotel. Yeah. There you go. It's a so hotel like, sword is, now. That is also not why he uses it. Like, it doesn't belong to him, is the answer to the question. Well, I'm pretty sure that the Highlander DVD trivia game is canon, so that's right. <laughs> this is, this is insane. That's also nuts that this is now all of a sudden just being like, hey, what do you know about the series? Yeah, right. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yes. Um, lots of people, so oh, sorry, good. I was just going to say, lots of people, like whenever I talk about the podcast, like one of three things, I guess one of four things happens. Like either they don't know what Highlander is, they only know about the movie, they only know about the TV show, and then some people know about both. <laughs> those so, are those <laughs> are possible answers. I agree that yeah. that encompasses the range of possibilities. But like, like every like the Highlander movie people might just be like, "What the fuck is are these questions?" If right. like, like they never watch the tv show i do want to clarify a bit of that too because in some previous uh rounds of this there was a question about boxer shorts right that i think was a little mm -hmm. confusing yeah. for people uh and there was also a question about oranges right yeah. uh like his orange juice business now i didn't show you because they're honestly not that interesting there are five or six watcher chronicles on the dvd but they're Ooh. not like the watcher chronicles that are on the series dvds where like they're like stats like who were they when were they born who did they train with and then like gives a history these are basically just like trivia pages like hidden trivia mm. pages on the dvd and so i believe this has a corresponding watcher chronicle uh, that mentions like hey duncan got his sword from a day like so the idea is like you're supposed to explore these dvds like because these menus are like hidden you have to like click around and all of a sudden it'll highlight which Ooh. is i guess kind of fun right uh, i remember thinking it was cool uh but like if you explore all the dvds then you can you know play the game uh explore all the dvds that's right that's right all right ready next one amen you've got two points kyle you got nothing Ooh. what is on the hilt of connor's katana kyle Kyle. A, a, a dragon? No. Eamon. Wow. All right. 
Wait, really? Uh, <laughs> a lion. That is correct. Now, wow. I we understand are. the confusion about this because I've even called it a dragon. Uh, and I think it is a different s- sort of like mythical creature, right? Like the wow. lion, the lion that's on the hilt of this sword is not like a, a lion that's in a zoo or like on the Sahara. Like it's, this, it's the lion that's on an animal cracker. Um, <laughs> right. This is a like a mythical sort of like you know Japanese or Chinese dragon or something like that, right? Yeah. Or or lion, right? I, like your like your falcor, who's like a dog. Yes, falcor. Falcor, right? Put him on a sword, right? Okay, Amon, you got four points. Kyle, you're doing oh, terrible. I think he only has three points. I have three points. Whoops, Kyle. I don't want to hear another word questioning the the, the scoring, or I'll. <laughs> I'll just start giving points away. Here we go. Next. What year does Connor return to Glenfinnan to save his mother? Hmm. Mm. Amen. Amen. Fifteen twelve. No. <laughs> oh, <Okay>. Kyle. <laughs> Kyle. Yes. Fifteen fifty-five. You are correct for one yeah. point. All right, Hello. one to three. All right, we're gonna move this along. Who volunteered to double for Duncan's flip over Kel in the final fight scene? We haven't gotten to this part in the movie. Amen. No. Amen. Don Payanessa. That is correct for two points. Whoa. For two points? What? Yeah. You remember the part of the rules where if you get the question right, you get two points, and if you steal it, you get one? No, I don't remember that. What are you that, talking about? That you literally corrected me a second ago and said, no, I only get one. You only give Eamon one point for that. What are you fucking talking about? No, you just said the number of questions he got right incorrect. Well, that's because I gave him two points for the one or whatever. Fair enough. Oh, my God. Rewind the tape. Here we go. Next. Which sword did Duncan lose in a poker game? <laughs> what? Kyle, the first uh, one. You are correct. It is the... Colic Mard, which uh, we which we've read out of the Highlander catalog a few times. That's the one that's got like a design that was found later, like in a uh, some manuscripts, right? Like it's a French blade, I believe. Yeah. And they were Ooh. like, "Oh, this is a specially designed sword." Blah 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 blah. Here we what, go. What is what is this from? Where is this bit of trivia derived? It's probably somewhere on the DVDs. <laughs> yeah, like this is not a thing you could know. Who joined Connor at the bar in the deleted scene from the first Highlander movie? Hey. Kyle? It is Castagir. That is correct for two points. Are you okay not, with two points? Do you want not one for that? Sheila. <laughs> not yeah, Sheila. Not Sheila. No, Sheila did not join Connor in a bar. Next. What is Connor's mother's name? Amen. Amen. B. B is correct. Ho. All right. Kaolin. Next. What does Jin K use to fight outside the sanctuary? Kyle. Kyle. He uses his biker helmet, baby. That's that's right. Wow. I mean, like, what an insane question that what does he use to fight? Like he throws it once. Like, yeah. what? <laughs> like, I don't know. Um, You'll love to see it. Yeah. What is the last thing Duncan says to Connor? Kyle. Yeah. Kyle. I love you, Connor. I love you, it Connor. is. B is correct. I love you, Connor. Do we not talk about the bro love that he says I love you, Connor? No, we didn't. Let's talk about it right now and interrupt the game. Go. That's sweet. I don't know. It's just a, it's sweet that he says I love you. It is it sweet. Is. No, it's a good like moment. It. 
Uh, it's one of those moments that like, I feel like we as fans probably bring a lot to the scene because we're like, oh man, I've seen every fucking Highlander movie, like honestly for over 10 years. Like Connor McLeod's like a dude that's like been in my life for 10 years. And then same thing with Duncan. And we know their relationship from the show, even though it's like only in one episode, but it's mentioned and like, you feel like the, the specter of Connor exists through all of Highlander. Uh, does the this specter. movie do a good job of like, you know, uh, cementing a good friendship? No which Watch is a you bummer. You got the uh, edge so, scene, baby. That's true. I just feel like anyone who came into this movie like new to Highlander, would this would not be a big moment. It wouldn't feel like earned, really, I think. Uh, but I don't know. No. That's just me. All right, next. <laughs> Where does Jin K say that honor lies? Kyle. Kyle. In the, ma in the man. It is in the man. In the man. All right, let's do a little score recap. Kyle, you have 11 points. Eamon, you have seven. Get the shit together. Oh, shit. Next. How many times does the phone ring before the explosion in the antique store? What the hell? <laughs> Eamon. Eamon. Five. No. Oh, Kyle. Kyle. No. Seven. Seven? Seven. That's crazy. Isn't that crazy? A lot of phone ringing. Doesn't go to time. go just go to the machine, huh? Um, all right. That's a lot of rings. Yeah. What drives immortals to kill each kill one another? Kyle. Kyle. There can be only one. Uh Ooh. no. What? Amen. See the quickening. It is C the quickening. The other <laughs> the other option for those of you who can't see this is A, they hate each other. <laughs> Like, I guess that does sort of track with what Connor says, but that's that's really like a cart, like a, I don't know, chicken, I'm say chicken and egg Connor. thing. Yeah, yeah, this is this is a weird one, the way it's phrased. Just, I don't like this. I don't like this one. No. Yeah. Is, it, is it surprising that the trivia game on the Highlander 4 DVD uh, maybe has the same quality as the good. movie? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> dubious. It's a dubious. Fucking terrible. All right, next. What does I wonder Kelsh who wrote this. Oh, good question. What does Kel show Duncan during their final fight? Kyle. Kyle. Kate Lockett. Uh, that is correct. Oh. His PP was not an answer. His PP, unfortunately, is not an answer. Yeah. <laughs> it should have been great. Okay. I mean, look at this picture. It looks like it's what he's about to do right here. Yeah. So let me let me show you this. Or, let me all right. whip, whip this out. Yep. How many confirmed kills does Dawson say that Kel has? Amen. Amen. Six sixty one. Hell yeah. Shit. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. <laughs> oh. All right. Now, sadly, this uh, it, the score is thirteen to ten. So oh. you know, uh, you've already lost, Damon. I apologize, but this is for uh, your pride, I suppose. All right. Last one. Which WWF star plays one of the highwaymen in the movie? Kyle. Amen. Adam Edge Copeland. Adam Edge Copeland. All right. The Twelve crusher, to thirteen. Is Good the crap. crusher a wrestler? I don't know. Uh, I, it's I, WWF, I, not WWE at this point. When did that switch over happen? I guess that was a, right around this time. It must have been, huh? Yeah, uh the history it definitely would have been after this. But yeah, the, uh, I'm looking. The I, crusher I imagine up. this movie if it was Stone Cold Steve Austin in that scene. <laughs> yeah, that would be very good <laughs> he just smashes beer cans on his head and then <laughs> and they they still could have had like little puns like when he's got that big rock he's like oh yeah. that looks like a big 
stone or whatever. I mean, I don't are know. Are you are you cold? <laughs> <laughs> they threaten to cut off his dick anyway and say you've lost your stone. Cold. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Wow. All right. Well, congratulations, Kyle, for winning uh, this round and presumably the first round. So you've won all of the games and you won the prize, just like the DVD says you did, just like in this movie where the prize is won or whatever. Yeah. All right. Good work, Eamon. Final Thank thoughts. You. What, what work, do we Kyle. think of the, the riveting two scenes we made managed to get through? Plus a bunch of extra shit. We we talked yeah. about deleted stuff and we gave the deets, man. That's if you've right. only seen one of these cuts, you got the extra doo-doo. That's right, extra doo-doo. Yeah. Uh yeah, what what do we how do we feel about this movie? Uh Last Supper well, scene. Keith, you fan. actually have to go first. Oh, <laughs> oh good point. All right. Um there's like there's elements of this movie I like, right? Like, I mean, I'll I'll say right now I like the Connor Duncan fight. Uh, while I think the motivation for it happening isn't earned, it is a cool like. If it was earned, everything that happens on screen is cool for me. Like, you know, you just need dialogue to preempt all that to like earn it all, right? Uh, the Last Supper scene, like, I want to like that too. Like, I love I like this idea of like Supper. heaven and hell and like mm -hmm. Christ Antichrist or whatever. And again. Uh, we'll talk more. I'll, I'll save some of my comments for our final wrap up. Uh, but I, I kind of think that's neat. Um, but again, it's just like, it's so shoddily done. Uh, and the, the editing choices they make in this, the DVD cut uh, compared to the rough cut, just still baffle me. I don't, as they say, as the line in Highlander one says, what does baffled mean? <laughs> like, yeah. that's, what what, that's what I'm asking. Like, mean? I am baffled. Yeah. Uh, at so many of the choices, um, and typically runtime choices have to do with like, and it's it's not as important anymore because people, well, watch movies from their couches. Uh, but you know, like you want to be able to show, like, can you show this movie 10 times a day in a theater? Or if it's a little long, maybe we can only show it six, right? And it's like, well, hmm. that's money on the floor. Like, let's tighten it up, get more air times in uh, or show times, and then we make more money. But like that doesn't work if nobody wants to see the movie in the first place. Like, and the, and the movie is very short. Like, yeah, this this, this doesn't like uh, I don't know hurt it time wise. Like, I I just I can't figure out what really drove it. Like, did they feel like it was a, a sluggish movie? Like, nothing about this movie feels sluggish to me, including the rough cut. Um, so it's strange. It it, it constantly just feels like things are happening. I'm like <laughs> next and next and next. Like, yeah, the pace is very fast. Mm -hmm. I was just so taken aback when Kel so easily kills all his goons. Yeah. I was, I was just like, "What? They're gone? <laughs> They're gone?" Yeah, and it just it doesn't make any sense because we've already just set up that Jin K maybe knows this betrayal is coming. Right. They seem to like. They seem to like when he kills Carlos. This is not the first of his own goons he killed. He killed right, Carlos. right, right. Carlos, it's implied that they're there involuntarily in some way, mm -hmm. right? Yeah. That, like, Carlos is almost a hostage and he kills him. Right. Here, they seem to, like, welcome death. Like, that's what they've been here for the whole time. But, like, that's mm -hmm. not what we know about... What little we know about his relationship with these people is the opposite of that. Yeah. It's like, if he's going to turn on them, why aren't they all like on their feet, ready to take take them down together. Yeah. And I, I've argued about, about like some sort of like spiritual aspect, like something deeper, like philosophical to this. Like there could have even been some explanation of like, 
expanding kind of the notion of the quickening. Uh, and again, if Kel is supposed to be some quasi-religious leader, like, no, you live on in me, right? Like, be mm -hmm. part of me, and I will take you to, like, the promised land of the end of the game, right? Like, would you rather be with me or some? I, I don't know, like, that's any of those a, things. That's like, very similar to what I was going to say ah. next episode, but I'll say it now. So Con his reason for this vengeance quest, and I don't think he needs to be on a vengeance quest at all, quest at all really, to make this work, but... His reason for being on the vengeance quest is not good enough. I think we all agree. Like sure. he burns the mother to death and like the father dies, but like it just doesn't seem strong enough. There's all this talk about like what happens to your essence and your soul. Yeah. Like his beef about this should be that because Connor made him immortal, he can't get into heaven. Oh yeah. And he can't be right? reunited maybe with his mother or something or you know. Like his, like a, he's a priest. He like, where I guess we're supposed to think he takes all this very seriously. Like if you believe that someone gets a quickening and it like literally eats your soul, like that has all of these implications for the next life. And yeah. like, if you take that seriously, I could see where you might be very upset about this turn of events and like. Yeah, that's good. Yeah, I like that. And like, maybe that's why he has this flock of people is because like, he's got something akin to what you said, like this theory about how immortal souls interact with the afterlife. And that's why they're literally a flock and not, you know, his hostages or why right. they might accept death at his hand because maybe he thinks he has a way forward for them. Yeah. I don't know. It's something. There's got to be something. It's a thing that would like kind of explain this a bit. And it just doesn't work. And it just looks like he does all the, everything he does, it kind of just seems like, well, he's like a psycho, so. <laughs> yeah, he's a psycho. Yeah. Yeah, like, oh, he's a kooky, he's a kooky bad guy, so never know what he's going to do, am I right? Oh, I'm going to splatter blood all over the baked goods the I baked made. The baked goods, right? Man, it's a, a dipping shame. sauce, baby. It's a dipping mm. sauce. <laughs> That's good. I, so I'm I'm blown away by the way, like watching this again and following that through line of him disappearing is something that like kind of blew my mind. I was like, there is something here. Like they filmed this shit in a particular way to tell us something and it's strange, but. Doctor Strange, end game. It's Doctor Strange, end game, yeah. We're in the end game now. Hey. <laughs> Very good. Uh, Eamon, do you have any uh, final thoughts or anything? Nope. All right, well, I will tell all our listeners out there, uh, just because I'm sure people are ready to check out of this movie, or maybe they're enjoying it. Who knows? Uh, but we're, we've probably got two episodes left. So our next episode is going to cover, of course, the climactic uh, final battle and denouement of the movie. And we'll be giving, of course, like a pretty, I think, uh, robust final thought on Robusto. the whole movie and like how we conceive of the whole thing and what we you know think and final ratings and all that sort of stuff uh, and then we'll have kind of a bonus episode after that where we're going to be reading uh your emails and i know a lot of people have brought up some really interesting stuff some people of course disagreed with our takes on this uh so we're, we're gonna delve into all that as kind of a, a cool retrospective on our review <laughs> we're already doing a retrospective on a review of the movie but it'll, it'll be very cool yeah, yeah very cool but it'll be it'll be interesting to you know we've obviously given our takes but then we're gonna go back and you know uh deal with some of the criticisms of our takes or whatever i don't know it's gonna get nuts mm. uh so i can't wait and then uh, and then after that we're on to bigger and better things 
bigger and better things. I don't know if they're bigger or Are better. Are we? But yeah. I don't know. I don't, I don't know. But, they're things. but there will be yeah. more podcasts and more Islander. Uh, so uh, thanks everybody again uh, for joining us this week. And we'll see you next week with a new episode. We've been your rewatchers. I'm Keith. This is Kyle. This is Eamon. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye. Bye.